Hey, so on Facebook this week, I posted a little post about how we're a crappy little podcast. We record in a basement. We have no sponsors. We're just happy doing this for the love of the listener. And it's true. When me and Jake talk about the podcast, like in private, I've told him, I've said like, dude, I want this to be like MTV before it went all corporate and shit. Back when they had fucking VJs in the 80s and shit, they did it for the love of the music and they had fun doing it. You know, and that's what we're doing here. I mean, we don't have any sponsors. We're not corporate. This is not a polished podcast. And I'm not bitching about that. That's what I love about this. You know, like in the world of condiments, you know, you've got Grey Poupon and then you've got uh, pop culture leftovers. I mean, we are not your Mark Marins. We're not your, uh, you know, Kevin Smith podcasts or, or anything like that. We are the... Uh, you know, we're the crappy condiment that says salad dressing. You know, they, they can't even call this shit fucking mayonnaise. That's what we are. We are, uh, we're not big. We're nothing. You know, we are just like a, uh, a drop in the podcast pool. Pop culture leftovers is that stain on your sheet after a one night stand. You know, it's a constant reminder of, uh, mediocrity. You know, like, uh, maybe, why am I listening to this? I don't know why I'm listening to this. You know, why did I do that the night before? I must have gotten really drunk. I made a huge mistake. Then you gotta wash your sheets. We are that, uh, that, that guilty stain. So anybody that continues to listen to this show, we love you. Um, you know, because you don't, you don't have to listen to us. You don't have to spend, you know, two, three, four, sometimes even five hours with us every week, but you choose to. And that blows my mind. So I don't care if we ever get any sponsors, if we ever get big. I, I love the fact that we record in a basement. I'm proud of it. I love the fact that we have people out there that care about our opinions and want to know what we think on subjects because we don't have the inside that some of these other podcasts do. Um, we don't get the guests that other podcasts do. But you guys come back and you listen every week. For some reason, you like this show. I don't care if we ever get big as long as we have listeners, you know, like Andrew Peck and, you know, Aaron Claude Miller and uh, Mark Perillo and and uh, just people, Dustin Porter, everybody that listens to this show. I, I can't name everybody's name right now. I could, but I'm not going to. So I want to thank all of our listeners that do listen and uh, put up with the mediocrity. Because that's, I mean, we are a mediocre podcast. But, um, you know, we'll continue to put out mediocrity if you continue to want to listen to mediocrity. And we're proud of the mediocrity. And we're not going to shy away from it. Yeah. So let the basement podcast roll on. Let the train of mediocrity keep on chugging. All right. Choo choo, motherfucker. Choo choo. All aboard! <laughs> I, 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 Episode 51. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Let's go. And we're the uncool kids. 
Are you ready for the only podcast that's slightly above freezing, but still not hot enough to boil a bag of macaroni? You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that still sounds mediocre after having two weeks off. I'm Brian. (laughs) I am Jake. And And we're we're the the Leftovers. leftovers. All right. Frank, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here. Get that drop out of there right out the gate. Get right? it out of the way. <laughs> Get it out of the way. That's like, yeah, that's like all the shit, you know, that like in your house, like when you have guests coming over, you know, and you got all that crap on your floor. Just get it out of the way. Just throw it in a fucking broom closet, right? Yep. Stick it in the room. Shut the door. Exactly. <laughs> just hope nobody opens that door. Just don't. Hey, you can go anywhere in the house. Just don't go down that one hallway. Right. Right. Yep. Keep that off. Keep that roped off. So yeah, guys, welcome back. Two fucking weeks off. I missed you guys. Did you? Not really. I saw you last week. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we, we tried. We tried to record last week. We had some performance issues. Frank couldn't get it up. Actually, no, Drupy, I, I, I could not get it up last week. I had a rough fucking week. Oh, my God, rough fucking week. And I'm trying to talk about Planet of the Apes and shit. And I've got my mic on the wrong fucking side. Why do I do this? Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, I was on medication. I couldn't get it down. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, yeah. Even after you guys left, it was a couple more hours. What do they call podcast Viagra? Is that called cocaine? Cause I need <laughs> All right, moving the mic over. Here we go. This is better. All right, this works. Oh, shit. There we go. Adjust. I know. I still feel uncomfortable with my adjustment, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you know, uh, how's, how's everybody been since we tried to record last week? It's been good. Um, maybe we should change our slogan to the only podcast that comes with free HBO Go. Yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> so true. I, I've been hit by over 20 people now that are listeners of the podcast to get the HBO Go stuff. And, um, yeah. I ask everyone to tweet about it. Um, most people have. There's three or four people that have taken the HBO Go. And do you then, feel like an HBO drug dealer? I mean, do you like, <laughs> you know, like people like hitting you up on the street? Like I hear that you're the guy. Yeah. I'm here. You got the password. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just glad I can help. I'm glad I can put it out there. You're yeah. kind of like the Robin Hood of HBO Go. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could do it with Netflix. I wish I could give all our listeners Netflix, but they're Nazi down on their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's I'm a- getting, I'm getting Showtime here, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm the whole day. So I don't know. I don't know how Showtime is with it, but yeah, if I can hook anybody up with Showtime anytime, I'll do that anytime. So we'll find out. I'm getting it. Uh, I'm getting that installed probably in the next couple of days. Is that what it's called? Showtime anytime? It's called Showtime anytime. One of the listeners. Oh God. Let's see if I can see who it is fast enough. Keeps tweeting the wrong um, name for HBO. Go. They keep putting HBO to go hashtag, and it's like, come on, guy. <laughs> that guy? I'm, I'm gonna find it out. It won't take but a second. It's a uh, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, it's David Isaac with the hashtag Jake's HBO to go. Uh. There, there's no two. It's Jake's HBO go. Come on, we're yeah. never gonna get it trending if you use the wrong slogan. Yeah, come on, we gotta get this trending. We gotta. We have to have the HBO people crack down on you. We gotta find out how cool and acceptable they really are. Yeah, that's that's really my goal here is to 
get as many people using this HBO Go as possible and see yeah. if I can actually talk to someone in HBO Go. Yeah. God knows people love figuring out what my IP address is. <laughs> oh, <well. No> shit. <laughs> let's, let's not open that up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, we do have some reader emails, but this week I want to do it a little differently and read those at the end of the podcast. So if we have time. So this week we'll be jumping directly into good pop, bad pop. So, um, yeah, good pop, bad pop, uh, blah, blah, blah. Bumper time. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Frank, I didn't ask you how your week was. Oh, uh, yeah, nobody wants to know the answer to that. It was a bad week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just really good to be here, man. I got to clear my head out and get rid of some of the shit. Yeah, yeah. Just just, just push that off to the side. Just push, put, put that in the broom closet with the rest of the <laughs> shit, right? Right. Put a sign on the door, danger dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> No, didn't a lot of like the way it read though when you saw that in Walking Dead, didn't it see like, it didn't read like danger inside dead or whatever. I mean, it didn't read the way they wanted it to read. Like if you're reading from left to right, what did it actually say? Danger dead inside or something. Danger is that something the like in that. the finale? No, no that was the, the first episode. Me, yeah, the pilot. Yeah, like on the one side. Ah, fuck it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> is that it. on the cafeteria door? No, in the hospital. No, in the hospital. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But in the ca- cafeteria of the hospital. I don't know if it was a cafeteria. Oh, gotcha. Were you hungry and like, <laughs> man. Oh, gotcha. I, I just remember the comic so well in that scene. That's some major was, attention oh, gotcha. to detail, damn. It was the cafeteria. <laughs> I'm really familiar with those first six issues of The Walking Dead because they're, um, the oh, art. Christ. The art was done It's uh, by- Terry Moore. Yeah, Terry Moore did the art. And yeah, so. and I love that stuff a lot. And right. so I look at those first six issues. A lot still of a people lot. complain that Rick looked like Woody from Toy Story in the first six <laughs> issues because of Terry Moore's art. Yeah, I can see that. Well, because of the cowboy hat too and all that shit. Yeah, right? that, that's fun stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, Walking Dead, good pop, bad pop. This is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we liked or didn't like, and we will rate them. If this is your first time listening to the show, it probably will be your last time. Then, uh, but I'd like to have Clive here explain our rating system. Go Clive. Go Clive. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so yeah, we're looking for, you know, I'm sure everything this week is just going to be a Tupperware party. It's always a Tupperware it's party around here. It's always a Tupperware party around here, absolutely. So, yeah, we're like old women with our Tupperware parties. Right. <laughs> now, um, and lemon parties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, Frank. Nasty. I remember that's why we didn't record last week because you wanted to turn it into a fucking lemon party. Fuck, I don't think we're old enough for that shit. <sighs> so, um, you know, I got I would hope not. <laughs> uh yeah, do a Google search for lemon party, everyone. No, really don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so since we didn't do a Planet of the Apes episode, you guys want to talk a little bit of the Planet of the Apes? A little bit of the Apes? Yeah, a little bit of Apes. A little bit of the Apes. We all tossed that shit, right? Yeah, we totally <laughs> tossed that fucking movie. <laughs> Worst movie of the summer. No, we got together. We talked about Planet of the Apes, and uh, you guys want to just talk about it just a little bit in Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Yeah, Planet of the Apes, it's the follow-up film to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's directed by Matt Reeves. We've got a different director this time, and uh, 
I think that he paid attention to detail, man. I think that he really took a lot of the elements from the first film and he made a cohesive, streamlined film that kind of like was a perfect sequel, in my opinion. I'm just going to throw it out there. I give it to Tupperware. It's a Tupperware movie for me. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a Tupperware, too. Um, definitely a perfect sequel. Um, one of those rare sequels that I would say is better than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 well, and it also, in my opinion, it enhanced the first one. Going back and watching the first one after viewing this movie, everything just seems that much better. I mean, it, it really did... It, Worked for both both movies worked with each other, not against each other. It wasn't like we went into the second movie and they're like, um, "Let's not pay attention to all the bullshit in the first movie. We got to fix continuity and blah blah blah." No, yeah. they they fucking started with the virus. They went with the virus. Explained that a little bit better for the people with the thick skulls that didn't understand that. And I think they did a great job. No, and this movie was anything but a slow burn. It was like the minute it started, it was just action, 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 action. I mean, yeah. all that there. It didn't slow down for much exposition. It was all told told through you know the movie moving. Yeah, it was like watching a porno. They get right <laughs> to it, man. <laughs> they did get they right get, to you it. You know, the clothes are coming off. We got close up shots. I mean, everything, everything we could have ever wanted. Now, Matt Reeves, he was famous for Cloverfield, right? Cloverfield, yeah. Which up until a few months ago, I thought that J.J. Abrams was behind that entire project. So yeah, you set me straight on that. Um, and now, who's the, who was the original director from Dawn Rise? I was. R- is it Rupert? Wy- Wyatt. Gotcha. Now, you had said on our episode that we couldn't record that. Uh, <laughs> Can we? Do you want to explain why we couldn't record it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm a dumbass, and I forgot to bring the fucking cable, uh, the charging cable for my laptop. So I had like 20% left on my laptop. So we're trying frantically. We thought that we had like an extra cable that we could use to charge it. Of course, that didn't work, unfortunately. Um, Frank tried. Jake tried. We just couldn't charge my laptop. So we have the portable handy Zoom player, and we're trying to talk into this fucking Zoom player. It's a portable recorder that records an MP3s and all this shit. And I got it sitting on the table. We're all talking into it, looking into it. We look like, you know, fucking caveman looking at fire and shit talking to this. Yeah. I need something phallic in front of me, like this big black mic in front of me. That's what I need. I I can't talk into a fucking thing that looks like the Ghostbusters use it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. It looks like something the Ghostbusters would use to, like, you know, track down some ectoplasm or some bullshit. I need this big fucking black fucking microphone in front of me. That's what I need. (laughs) You really know how to work it when you got it like that, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was distracting. But (laughs) as we were talking, um, oh yeah, Rupert Wyatt, you had brought up last week that the original director um, was off the project because he had deemed that he would not be able to do the screenplay justice in the amount of time. Yeah, they were to have it out by May 2014. Yeah. And and using the exact same same screenplay, um, Reeves was able to pretty much do it. I mean, he was a month or two, yeah, not even two months past the May. To be fair, we don't know what Rupert's schedule was, but I mean, whatever. Put that fucking shit on the back burner. We're talking about Dawn. I'm glad that he did leave. I think Matt Reeves did a great job. He got he got it done. I mean, the movie was amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know too many complaints about it. There was a couple little silly parts, in my opinion. Yeah. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but what are those silly parts? For the most part, I I was rubbed the wrong way about the people guarding the uh, armory being taken down so easily and being a couple of drunks, yeah. and then all kinds of time passing and still no improved uh, security around the armory. Yeah, like nobody stumbled across two dead guys. Yeah, and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! We need to fucking tighten down on security here." And you figured they'd have been checking the safety of the warehouse of guns kind of on the regular, right? 
Right. And so that, that just is just kind of like, oh, wow, the humans are pretty much a bunch of sheep here. Even stormtroopers are fucking smarter than that shit. Yeah. I compared the humans to a Simpsons mob after I had watched the movie, actually, where one person says one thing and the rest of them all just go, yeah, we agree. <laughs> yeah. And there was even a scene that was straight up like that when they were a big crowd. And he was like, well, what about this? And like, yeah, what about that? They did seem pretty disorganized, though. I mean, it's hard to say what kind of actual formal structure they had. I mean, yeah. Who, I I don't think they really alluded to anything about it, but there really wasn't a whole lot of military types, you yeah. know. So I mean, maybe they didn't have the manpower to organize some kind of schedule. Who knows? And they were just dumb. I mean, they threw a big <laughs> they threw a big rave party. Yeah. And they knew that there was this all these militant weaponized apes out out just right on the other side. And it's like, ah, eh, let's have a big rave. It's like Matrix Two flashback. Oh shit, we're getting we're getting invaded. <laughs> yeah. and we're unaware. I uh, I gave it a Tupperware mostly on the basis that uh, any more uh, special effects CGI tends to be so over the top, and it, it it's instead of looking more realistic, usually half the time it looks uh, more unrealistic and uh, takes you out of the movie. But this was done so well, and just continued to build upon the original, where you could really feel emotions in each and every one of their faces. It was fantastic. Yeah, I liked it, man. Especially Caesar. Absolutely. Caesar was amazing. Andy Serkis just fucking kills it in this movie. I think this is his best performance, in my opinion, even better than Gollum. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, because we got to see a ton of range of emotives from him. It was pretty really, it was really amazing to watch. Now, was the, was the special effects in this done by his motion capture company, or did he just perform the work for it? Um, I think it was done by Weta, right? I have no idea, guys. You're looking at the wrong dude here. Yeah, and that's a, until Brian brought it up, we hadn't brought up really how great the mocap in this movie was. I mean, Andy Circus was amazing. Yeah. Um, I I really think the guy that did uh, Toby Kebble, who did Koba. Yeah. I really think his performance was out of this world. Um, I thought he was one of the biggest villains of the year in movies and in a long time, just as memorable as the Joker as a villain to me. Right. I thought he was a great cinematic villain. It was a simple concept, too. I mean, you didn't have to try to dig deep to connect with why he was doing the things he was doing. It was really a simple concept that worked very well. Yeah, and that makes the best kind of villain where, I mean, the way he's going about things are, are absolutely wrong. But, I mean, he really does still have some points as to why he's upset. That connected in the last movie really, really well, where uh, they, when they were doing the testing on him, and he, if I remember right, he raised his arms or something, and they said, oh, you've been through this before, haven't you? Yeah. So they did a little bit of groundwork then, as subtle as that was. It's really good, man. Really fucking good movie. And, like, I... Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I think the only thing that these movies don't have going for them are, like, incredibly interesting human characters. I agree. I compare, like, Jason Clark and Carrie Russell, the two, you know, the female and the male lead. I kind of compare them to, you know, like Sam Neill and Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. They were just kind of like, you know... I don't know. They just aren't as interesting. Yeah, but me. I mean, at least Jurassic Park had Ian Malcolm. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and, and I'm talking about like the originals. I agree. I'm just comparing those two characters. I mean, um, you know, Gary Oldman was good for the t- limited screen time he had. He was really good. But yeah. these movies don't have a Charlton Heston. They don't. I mean, Charlton Heston, this guy played Moses for crying out loud. This guy is what well, he was amazing. 
And uh, they just don't have like a guy with his presence in these movies yet. Mm. And I don't think that that's what they were really going for though either. I mean, the original movies it made, you know, it was like about the survival of humanity and like this is about the uh end of humanity. So it's it's kind of flip-flopped. You know what I mean? How they're doing this. I think it's a great message in that the apes are the ones who are pacifists and don't want to kill each other. They don't want to do anything that they don't have to do, at least, you know, Caesar and, you know, those who truly in their hearts follow him. Uh, I think it's kind of a good thing almost that they don't have such a standout human presence because I very much get the idea with especially how this ended. The next movie that we have, it's going to be another, you know, cast of humans as well. They're going to do their job. They're going to play their role and you'll connect with them to a certain extent. But the heart of the story is the apes. No, yeah, I completely agree. I think other movie franchises could, um, stand to take notice at how the humans were dealt with in this series, you know, like <clears throat> Transformers. Right. You know, exactly. Like we don't need the same Witwickies or we don't need the Marky Mark characters when you're pushing something that the point is something else like an ape or civilization or, or talking robots. You know, let's learn about those things. But I think the movie, it's still even like watching this movie. No, that's a good point. But let me, I'm going back to something else here. Like I, I think the movie, a good point that it makes though is like with knowledge. Uh, even though it's like apes, once they've, they've got this knowledge, they still are inherently not really as good as they, as, as nature would intend them to be out in the wild. I mean, with knowledge comes power, greed, jealousy, and, you know, all that shit. And so I think that's kind of like what this movie showed too. Yeah, I agree with that. With both civilizations, human and ape, you know, knowledge equals good and evil. Right. You know, there's both sides of it. The apes didn't do anything better, you know, that there was a faction of them that were just as corrupt as the most corrupt human side. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Tupperware that shit, dude. Great fucking movie. Great special effects. And, uh, you know, great cast of characters, I think, for the most part. Especially the apes. They they were the most interesting. Just like the, watching them hunt out in the woods and stuff like that. Interacting with the bear and using spears and stuff like that. Just watching this community. It was it was really cool. I was fascinated from the get-go. The movie had so much emotion. Um, I was saying that when it, when it wanted you to laugh, you were really laughing. When it wanted you to kind of be like, aw, and it wanted to be charming, it was yeah. extremely charming. And when it wanted to be scary and emote fear, it really did a good job of doing that, too. Right. It chose its moments. It didn't beat you over the head with any one aspect, not the um, civilization, emotion, uh, emotional connecting side, not the action. Uh, it, it did exactly what it should have at every point. It was excellent movie. Yeah, I was blown away by it, and I'm not really a Planet of the Apes kind of guy. I was kind of going into this movie like, oh, got to sit through this Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, see, and and kind of came out of it just blown away. I love the originals. You know, they they got progressively worse. You know, uh, Planet of the Apes the original is like one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time. Uh, I think it holds the test of time. I really do. And then the second one was great. Um, you, you had a different protagonist, but he ends up still meeting Charlton Heston's character, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was a, those were great. Now they got progressively worse <laughs> over the years and, and, um, you know, they, they even, they stopped giving these movies the budget that they had when they first started making them. Each movie got a lower budget and it really, really suffered. They really suffered. Even, even having Roddy McDowell come back for every film. You know, they they just really got worse and worse and worse. So. Yeah, they just became franchise pitchers. They were trying to pull profits from at that point. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. So, yeah, Planet of the Apes, Tupperware Party. Tupperware Party. Yeah, I don't have that. Uh, the bumper? The sound bite, yeah. Huh. We, I can do it. Tupperware Party. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you, Jake. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and you'd said it, like, with such, like... I know, I couldn't be more woo, excited, right? More excited. Man, I got... The hairs on my arm are just standing up right now, Jake. I know. I popped, the, I popped the little chub there. Well, I figured we were going to have at least half a dozen Tupperware parties, so I'll, oh, I'll, yeah, bu- this, I'll build it up a little bit more. This <laughs> episode is just full of Tupperware parties. <laughs> All right, so a uh, video game. Moving on, a video game company, Glitchsoft, they reached out to us, and they wanted us to talk about a new iOS game that they had developed called Uncanny X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, Frank, Jake, uh, you guys played the game. I want you to tell us what you think about Glitchsoft's new iOS title. I did not play it, so... Um, just, you know, kind of just give me the rundown on what the game's about and, uh, what the gameplay's like and what you thought of it. Go ahead and rate it. Um, well, it is X-Men Days of Future Past and, um, it is, you know, it was released as the movie tie-in game. Um, I believe it, if you pay for it, it's 99 cents, which is really good for a movie tie-in game. Um, there seems to be very few in-app purchases, which I appreciate. So pretty much for 99 cents, you're getting the whole game. Maybe save a few little additional, you know, costume stuff here and there. Right. But I'm pretty sure, like, I haven't unlocked everything in the game to the extent. But I'm pretty sure if you'll put in the time, then you can get everything that way, too. Um, really fun game. Um, even though it's a movie tie-in, it really seems to take most of its um, life from the comic book, Days of Future Past. And not so much the movie. That's what the trailer looked like when I watched the YouTube trailer. Yeah, the yeah. Art, the art styles, the character costumes, the backgrounds, the situations, all all mirror more the comic book storyline than the movie storyline, which is pretty neat. And there's probably I could see why they chose that route. There's probably a little bit more material going that way right. to map out video game levels and stages. Um, the play reminds me of like a classic um, Super Nintendo like kind of button masher kind of game. And not to take anything away from it by calling it a button masher, but you know, like your final fight or, you know, the arcade equivalent, like your Ninja Turtles or your old school Simpsons game, you know? Right. Did you, you play the one on uh, Genesis, the X-Men yes. video game where uh, when Wolverine will pull his claws, it counted as using your special power? Yes. <laughs> That's what it kind of reminded me of a little bit, but like a better version of that. Yeah, it's very much a side scroller game, you know, with your simple, basic, you know, button commands, and you can you know, like do different stuff by tapping the button three times, you know, a couple of different little combinations to do different moves, and it, it's a lot of fun like that. It's a, it's a really good side scroller. Um, in a day and age where there's so many first person shooter games, which um, I know I'm kind of on an island alone uh, on this but i'm just not a big fan of first person shooter games they give me vertigo and they make me sick and they make me nauseous and i used to play the shit out of some side scrolling video games and the first person shooter kind of just came and just made it so you don't get very many games like that anymore and one nice thing about ios games and um cell phone games is we're seeing a kind of a return of these classic side scrollers and x-men is one of the better one of these some of these classic side scrollers have terrible hit detection you're like how the fuck did that thing even touch me and x-men's really sharp like it's really shiny the graphics are really good the hit detection doesn't suffer from the good graphics everything still makes sense the jumps make sense the hits make sense um it's a lot of fun uh what are you you gonna rate it oh i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a taste it nice i i would be willing to 
um, bring that rating higher after I see how much more content the game has. Okay. By playing further. Sure. And if there's, if I feel the need to want to play ever again after completing the main quest. Okay. That's pretty much, as far as video games go, if it has any replay value, and I do replay it. That's pretty much the Tupperware for me. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And there aren't a lot of games with a lot of replay value, in my opinion, anymore. No, no. It just seems like you just jump in for a couple weeks and then you jump into the next flavor. Right, right. But you know, for only ninety nine cents, it's it's quite the bargain. I mean, yeah. even if you play this sucker for a couple hours and you never play it again, I mean, shit. You think about it. Back in the day, a dollar in the um, arcade cabinets wasn't going to get you a couple hours of play. Yeah, unless you're playing Soul Calibur, yeah, the arcade game, and you play a Sophia, because I could play, I could beat the entire game on one fucking quarter. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, Frank, I, um, I, uh, one of the things I want to say about it is, for being an an iOS game, it's equally as accessible as what it is deep. It seems to be. Um, you know, a lot of times with these type of games, you want something that you can just pick up for a few minutes and play and get some enjoyment out of and not have to sit there for, you know, a couple hours. Um, however, you know, when I finally did get some time to, you know, spend some quality time with it about an hour and a half straight, I, um, I realized the further I went and the more I looked, the deeper it was. Uh, there's a lot of hidden areas in the game, uh, which harkens back to like the 16 bit era where, I mean, it's a side-scroller, so there's nothing indicating that, say, there's a, an invisible wall there, but you just happen to jump at the right spot and push against it, and there you go. Um, there's uh, different comic book covers from the X-Men series oh, that, that you can that's get. that's really neat, too. Yeah, and some of those you can find uh, while playing the game when you find those hidden areas. Others are also tied to your performance in the level. Uh, you're given so many X's, uh, one out of three X's, uh, which is like their equivalent to stars, based on your performance in battle, how much health you maintain through, how many of the secrets did you find. And when you three-star or three-X a level, you can get another unlockable. Um, each character has their own uh, paradigm of powers, different things that you can do, but they're all pretty much accessible with the same swiping motions on the pad. Question, real quick. Yeah. Do you do you start off the game as one character and have to play that t- that character the entire way through, or can you? Like between levels, choose different characters that might suit you better for different levels. Once you get to a certain place, you can use different characters. Okay. My, um, I had to um, download the update for my iPad, and when I um, re-updated for my cloud, the last like ten apps that I downloaded didn't get re-downloaded because they weren't downloaded in that time. Right. And one of them was this X Men game. So all my progress that I had made is all lost, and I'm back to the beginning now Ooh. again on it. Yeah. Um. It does have. It is a game center game. I was hoping game center was going to save my progress and give it back to me when I was done. But it does have achievements that involve um, game center. If that's your thing, I know I like to have a bigger game center achievement score than all my friends. So I was excited to get to play this X Men and get to get some more game center achievements. Nice. The game starts out and you're playing as Wolverine, and because uh, playing through level by level, it is tied to the storyline. There's different points where you unlock different characters like uh, Shadowcat, Colossus, and then the good thing is is that the game doesn't force you to use any one of those characters. Uh, once or twice, maybe a battle here and there, it'll flip you back and forth. But when you've selected a different character than what the storyline intends, as soon 
soon as you're able, it auto switches you back. Like myself, I prefer to play as Wolverine. Um, and one, the first thing that I unlock to his, which when we say unlock, as you're playing through, you beat enemies, you break these capsules and they give you experience points, which you get to choose what powers you can upgrade. And Wolverine, one of his powers is the healing factor where if you stay still for a few moments, uh, you'll regenerate your health. Well, the first thing I did being that that's Wolverine was I maxed that ability out to its fullest. So he regenerates faster, but at, one of the things that I've noticed uh, with a lot of these X-Men games where th- I think this game does a better job of balancing it than some more big-budget console games is uh, I think the most recent uh, X-Men Wolverine game had him almost completely disintegrating with gunfire and things like that, and then he would regenerate. This, he, you still ch- stand the chance of dying. Uh, the penalty for that is uh, it'll restart you at the cost of some of your experience points. Um, so, I mean, if you're really a completionist like I am and you want to earn every experience point you can to try to unlock these things, you feel like you're losing something when you die. It's not like you just, oh, okay, well, I'm going to start over, no big deal. But you lose something that you've earned. I, I see a lot of these iOS games where you have to actually pay real money or wait until your lives regenerate before you can play again, and it doesn't make you do that. It never keeps you from playing the game. It never makes you pay any more money to unlock all these neat things. Uh, you, It's the old-fashioned way, which I love. You earn it through your ability to play the game. Yeah, and I can't get over the 99-cent price. I mean – um this week, the uh, official Guardians of the Galaxy iOS game is released. Yeah, I saw that. It's a four ninety nine. Jeez. And I mean, that's really like I don't get to play a trial. I don't get to play this thing for like a level. I don't get to play it for five minutes. I just yeah. have to decide right at the bat that I'm going to pay five bucks for it. Yeah. And I mean, if it was ninety nine cents like this game, I would do it in a second. Right. Because I mean, I I'm a bigger fan of that franchise than the X Men franchise. Yeah, but I am not willing to just plunk down five bucks to sure. see how this game is. So there's a lot that's overlooked a lot of times in the details and the effort that companies put into the control schemes, and I want to big uh, give big props on this. Uh, I primarily play console games, and. There's two different control schemes, one where there's no directional pad, no button that tells you to jump, no button that tells you to strike, but the one that I play with does have visible cues for where you place your thumbs to have that happen, and it's not it's not in the way. Uh, it's very intuitive, and for somebody that doesn't typically play a lot of uh, iOS games like this, it's definitely something that brought me into the game because they made it very easy for me to play. Yeah, it was definitely easy to play, especially if you've already played a few iOS games like this where you're using the screen as a controller. Right. You jump right into it. I know I didn't really give my rating yet, um, but I, I, I want to say, say it's a Tupperware. And with that, you have to consider the price because you know bigger development ju- budgets equal bigger product costs for the consumer. And you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. With this game. Literally a buck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very detailed, very clean, very good. It, it's just amazing. And for the record, I played it on my, uh, iPad mini. I don't know if the experience would take on different character if you put, were to play it on your phone. My iPhone is not, uh, entirely operational at the moment. I don't think you can play it on your phone. 
My phone tried to download it, but I don't know if uh, it would work. Yeah, you know, I've only played it on my iPad too, so I don't know if it'll be. It'll, it's a phone game or not. I don't think it is. I looked it up, and okay. I, I, I don't think it, you can. That would be the only. I could be wrong though. That would be the only thing I would warn someone about, and not really warn them, but. I mean, I'm six feet tall. I got long fingers, so you know, on a five on a five inch, you know, i iPhone or four inch iPhone, you know, it, 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 the controls might get a little muddy. You might be putting your thumb in front of something. But uh, th- that said, right around the corner, we have the new iPhones going to be released, which are rumored to be between four point seven inches and five point five. So I don't think that that would be as much of a problem on those larger screens. But iPad mini or regular size, I think it's great. Right on, man. All right. You can download the Glitch Soft game on iTunes for yourself. If you listen to the show and want to play the game, shoot us an email. And by the end of next week, I'll get in touch with Glitchsoft and see if we can get you some codes for the game. Uh, this will go through Saturday of next week. So email me at comments at popcultureleftovers.com with the subject Glitchsoft. And we'll see what uh, what we can do, and we'll reach out to them. And and, and uh, if you and also if you want to follow Glitchsoft and what they're doing, then you can subscribe to their YouTube channel, uh, Glitchsoft, or you can follow them on Twitter at Glitchsoft. Uh, Jake Frank, are you guys following Glitchsoft on Twitter yet? I will be. Yeah, I will be here soon. I wasn't aware that they had one. Honestly, I've just been a little busy, and I wanted to make sure I concentrated more on playing the game. Congrats to Glitchsoft, though, because i got to tell you, when you play these um, franchise games, my eyes glaze over. Almost any game based off of a movie or a TV show, you know yeah. it's just going to be crap just trying to advertise that thing. Sure. And this is this is a good game. Someone spent the time to program yeah. a fun game here. Absolutely. Yeah. I was glad to see that it was not a big-name developer that tried to stick this out because it would have just been crap. Great job. I hope um I hope some of our listeners reach out to you, Brian, because it's a great deal for a buck, and it's even yeah. a better deal for for free. So. Yeah. So uh, you guys need to follow Glitchsoft, and so do our listeners that like the game. Um, I'm sure that'll make uh, Glitchsoft very glitch hard if <laughs> all of our listeners and and uh, you guys follow them. And I've got uh, medication for them if they need. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. For my first solo good pop bad pop review, I wanted to talk about a cartoon that I've been watching on Adult Swim. It's called Space Dandy, and uh, the series series follows Dandy. He's an alien hunter. Uh, He's not an alien, but he hunts aliens, and uh, and he's in search for aliens with his robot assistant QT and a space cat named Meow. Uh, Dandy is basically an alien bounty hunter, and he goes hunting for rare alien species in space. Uh, they're, uh, the more rare the alien, then, then the more profitable the bounty for Dandy and his crew. Uh, Dandy, the character, is really funny. He's an egotistical, dim-witted human. Uh, when, and when he's not hunting aliens, you can find him at an intergalactic restaurant that resembles Hooters, and it's called Boobies. Yeah, I, I've actually seen I actually, I actually wrote down here. Frank will laugh here. <laughs> and if you saw Frank's face, he like laughed off to the side. As soon as I said boobies, look at this, Jake, right there. Frank will laugh here. <laughs> he did. He did. And Frank immediately laughed. He tried not to, but yeah, still did. He did. Yeah, I've actually we, seen this show. This is on uh, Cartoon Network Saturday nights. Yeah, it's part of their Adult Swim lineup. Yeah, this, this is a great show. Uh, his sidekicks are QT. Uh, QT is a cute little robot that also operates as a vacuum cleaner, and Meow is an alien cat. Uh, Dandy, he's being pursued every week by this villain, Dr. Jell, and then his assistant, B. Uh, Dr. Jell looks like a gorilla, 
And I'm not even sure if Dandy is aware that Dr. Jell is after him. No, I, I, I don't know. I've seen maybe five or six episodes. Dr. Jell is told by his boss, Admiral Perry, that Dandy is the key of the universe, and that's why he has Dr. Jell pursuing him. So Dr. Jell flies around in a ship, uh, and his ship, it looks like the head of the Statue of Liberty with a ball gag in its mouth. Yes. <laughs> I also put Frank will laugh here. <laughs> so. Frank, why aren't you DVRing this show? Oh, I so need to. <laughs> Uh, every week on the show, every week on Space Dandy, they encounter different aliens and have got themselves uh, out of different situations. The show is very funny, and the humor can be pretty adult at times, which I love. Uh, the animation is absolutely gorgeous. Jake, you can the, attest The to animation that. is gorgeous, especially if you're watching uh, Cartoon Network on HD. Yeah. Woof. Uh, it's just worth watching absolutely for the animation alone. Uh, the voice acting of the English actors is really done well. The show is also shown in Japan with Japanese voice actors. Uh, I absolutely love this show. I've seen, like I said, five or six of the 13 episodes that are out, and I will continue to watch this show. Uh, so far I've seen QT the robot uh, fall in love with a coffee maker. I've seen <laughs> Dandy encounter nearly hundreds of versions of himself from different time streams. I've watched him take on a chameleon alien, uh, an alien that played a ukulele that fell in love with Dandy's smile and watched Dandy so desperate for money that he tried to use a common cow as an alien for bounty. Uh, <laughs> the show, the way I'm describing it, it sounds stupid, but it's great. Trust me, I love it. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Um, there is a manga adaptation uh, that began serialization in Square Enix's Young Gungan magazine. Uh, on December 20th of 2013. Um, and then there's a uh, beta version of the Space Dandy video game that's going to be uh, released, uh, I think, uh, available in stores on August 6th of 2014. Yeah. You know, any idea what platform that's for? No clue. Yeah. That's, None whatsoever. That's interesting. They've got a really good block of TV on uh, Cartoon Network on Saturday nights now. Yeah, yeah. Attack of the Titans on right around there. I haven't seen that one. So, yeah, my DVR hits up a f- quite a few of those shows. Nice. Blue, yeah. Ex- Blue Exorcist is Saturday nights, too. Wow. Blowing my mind. I haven't seen that one either. Oh, yeah. Blue Exorcist is great. Awesome. A lot of these cartoons, though, the big um, bummer with them is, um, and Space Dandy is actually really good with this, where if you don't get in on the first episode, it's like you miss all the exposition and plot. Yeah. Space Dandy, you don't really And Space Dandy, yeah. There's no continuity, really. It's just a guy going out hunting aliens. Like Like, I've watched the pilot episode, and then I've seen, like, episodes in between here and there, and you really don't need anything other than knowing that this guy goes around hunting species of aliens so yeah you'll enjoy it no matter what episode you watch whether it's episode one or episode 10 yeah and a lot a lot of these cartoons on cartoon network saturday nights it's like if you're on episode five you're done yeah check out you know so um let's see here does anybody else want to go ahead with any of their good pop bad pop can we take a break real quick yeah we can do that awesome fucking old school are so fresh. Snap! All right, hey, we're back after a little break there. Um, I wanted to talk about a documentary that I'm hoping is still available for free for viewing on Vimeo. Um, Vimeo is kind of like a, kind of like a YouTube. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, there, it's called More Than a Game, and it's a 2011 documentary. It's by Thomas Hewitt and Jack Abbott. Uh, what it does is it follows competitive Street Fighter video gamers that are training and traveling to Las Vegas to compete in the United States Championships. Uh, here's a description of the documentary. Every year, thousands of players from all over the world would ascend upon Las Vegas to find out who is the globe's greatest competitor in Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, Tekken, and other fighting games. The documentary covers more than the events of the EVO tournament. Is it EVO or EVO? Uh, it's an acronym, but I, I would just say EVO. Okay, EVO tournament. Discovering the lifestyles of pro gamers, their aspirations and accomplishments, and their love of their pastime turned profession. Following the progress of the U.S. Street Fighter champion Justin Wong and U.K. champion Ryan Hart as they spend their final month of preparation for the games, traveling to and participating in the tournament. We have unique access to the lifestyle of the pro gamer, along with a glimpse at a growing culture phenomenon that has grown almost tenfold year on year. Um, I think right now, at least uh, last week, you can watch the entire film on Vimeo uh, for a limited time. So just make sure to get in on this and then watch that movie. Uh, it's called More Than a Game. So it sounds pretty interesting to me. I mean, that's one of those, man, Street Fighter, not the original, but Street Fighter 2 was one of those redefining fighting games, man. I mean, this was like when you went to the fucking, you know, uh, arcade, like, this is the game people were lined up to play. Yeah. I, I really like the update, too. What is What are they playing? It's um, Street Fighter vers, uh, versus Capcom. Marvel versus Capcom, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Those games are just like an explosion of light and graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, remember the Pokemon cartoon that got in trouble for making the kid have a seizure or whatever? I mean, these games are like that times twenty. You should you should see these games now. Right, but they're Kid, a lot. Kids lot. dropping dead left and right playing this game. <laughs> yeah, you should yeah. you should see these games in motion. It's really neat, especially if you're a Marvel fan. If it's one of the Marvel ones, yeah, all kinds of fan service. Didn't they do uh, Street Fighter versus Tekken as well? I, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, they've mined that well a bunch, and the <laughs> Capcom franchises are really neat too. It's really neat to see like Mega Man in these fighting games, yeah, and the Knight from like Ghouls and Goblins, Strider, yeah, Strider, the Resident Evil characters, right, and all the different Capcom franchises. They've really had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I like these video game documentaries. I don't play video games anymore, but I like you know like King of Kong. I was getting ready to bring up King of Kong's. Yeah, King of Kong's was unintentionally hilarious, right? Oh, it was great. The Loved guy's it. like watching his baby, and he's like. I can't change the diaper right now. I'm going to get the high score. Right, right. Hilarious. Great. I actually own that DVD. It's really good. King of Kongs is great. I actually watched it two or three times when it was on Netflix. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm highly addicted to energy drinks. I drink at least uh, one a day. Um, I don't know what this has to do with pop culture, but I'm going to throw this out there. I'm the same. I'm drinking an energy drink right fucking now. Yeah, you are. Two two at once. Yeah. Uh, Some people drink coffee. I drink energy drinks. I'm not a coffee drinker, really. Yeah. Um, I drink, uh, typically I drink the sugar-free Rockstar in the blue can or the Zion's energy drinks. Uh, but my favorite energy drink is the sugar-free no-fear drink, which I can only order on Amazon. Uh, so I did a search for my no-fear drink, and I saw an energy drink that I had never seen before. Uh, it's from the UK. Um, it's called Pussy. Oh, nice. <laughs> I wrote down Frank, Frank will laugh, laugh here. here. Frank. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's called Pussy. I'm not serious. It's it's Pussy in a can. It's made by Pussy Drinks, and it's described as a natural energy drink with its fruit flavor 
provides a natural energy boost from the unique mix of natural ingredients. Imported from the United Kingdom, pussy is fresh, clean, and highly enjoyable, like only pussy can be. Oh that is seriously on Amazon. That is fantastic. <laughs> I'm afraid of what a Google search of this is going to lead me to, to be honest with if you. If you get a bad one, go to, go to Amazon. Chunky? Go to Amazon and just type in pussy energy drink. I think I found it. It's uh, www.pussydrinks.com. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> it's a can. It just says pussy on it. I look at the pussy car, like a pussy Volkswagen bug there. <laughs> oh, so uh, oh, just like the Red Bull people? This yeah. Pussy mobile goes driving around giving people free cans of pussy? They do. How many people can you fit in that pussy? It's just a can. Oh, the car? The car. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bug, man. Like three, maybe, at the most. Sounds about right. Comfortable, right? (laughs) I looked at the bottom. Uh, You know, I went to Amazon, and you're scrolling through, and I looked at the bottom, and it showed another energy drink uh, called Cocaine. And then there's the, you know, frequently bought together category, and it showed pussy and cocaine. So I, it sounds like a night in Vegas more than energy drinks. Do they still sell balls? Oh, I remember balls? that. Balls? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that alcohol, though? No, no it's, it's an energy, energy drink. drink in a blue oh. bottle. Okay. I'm thinking there's another – there's like an ener- – there was like another energy drink. Like, not like Four loco, but it was something else. I can't remember what it was called. I was in Chicago once and I had the – they had the uh, liquid cocaine it was called energy drink. Yeah, this is – this. there's one called cocaine here. Yeah, it's I, just called cocaine. I tried this one and it made my cheeks burn. It was so potent. It, huh. was, it was crazy. Pussy and cocaine. That blows my mind though. There's an energy drink called pussy and you can have it – you can have it imported. It doesn't blow my mind that Frank laughed at it, though. No. That's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. It's from the UK, basically. Right. Yeah, let's see how much this shit is. Maybe they have t-shirts. I'd wear a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> a case of 24 cans for only uh, 2817. Yeah, but I, how I much don't know the, the conversion shipping? of that either. Well, and then the shipping, too. That's yeah. 28 pounds. Hmm. Yeah, so, wow. Contact. They got the number to contact pussy. 28 pounds of pussy. In case anyone out there is having trouble with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their, right. their Twitter is at Pussy Drinks Headquarters. Yeah, it's crazy, man. They get away with so much over there. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I want a can of pussy. <laughs> yeah, you should order some of this stuff. How did you um, get addicted to the No Fear Energy Drink in the first place? They used you can to sell only it buy- here. Oh, I got gotcha. They used to sell it here even in Peoria. It was made by... Uh, uh, Pepsi, uh, Pepsi used to do, used to do the no fear drinks okay. and then Pepsi dropped the product and somebody else picked it up now. The only place I can get it is on, uh, Amazon. So every once in a while when I want, I want to taste that, that energy drink, then I'll go to Amazon and have them ship it to me. Now I just want to taste some pussy, <laughs> you know, well, we can stop the show and do an order here. <laughs> I mean, imagine all the, like, imagine all the like jokes, like people like recording themselves with a can of pussy. Oh, I got my lips on a pussy. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. UK mainland delivery only. So, but you say you can get it on Amazon. So yeah, you can, you can get it on Amazon. And Dan West can get it. Oh, there we go. We need to get Dan West with a picture with some pussy. <laughs> Wouldn't be hard if he's over there. All right. Uh, Somebody else talk about. Sorry, I had all my shit pulled up, and now it's all my iPads all full of pussy. (laughs) Yeah, put your (laughs) pussy away. (laughs) I wanted to talk about the uh, new Weird Al album that came out this week. Um, I've been a fan of Weird Al since I was a kid. 
Um, his second album in 3D actually came out on my sixth birthday. Um, that album famously had uh, Eat It on it. Oh, yeah. Which was in very high road. Back in the day when MTV played videos, you could see Eat It a good six times a day probably on MTV. Yep. And, um, yeah, this New Word Owl album is a lot of fun. It is his 14th studio album. Just came out this Tuesday. Um, all kinds of great new parodies. Um, it's called Mandatory Fun. Um, he hasn't confirmed this, but a lot of people think that the title came from the fact that this is the last album he has to do on his current um, contract gotcha. with his record company. So in some ways, this album is mandatory for Word Owl. Um, he's gone on record saying that this might be his last and final traditional record. Huh. And of course, a lot of people have blown that up as to he's retiring, but he's clarified that saying that he's not retiring. He just doesn't see the need to release an album with 12 tracks anymore when everything is just so, you know, digital and release on the media. Right. You know, in the time it takes for him to release a parody of a song that's a year old, you know, everyone from their basement can release a parody of the same song and just upload it directly to YouTube, you know? Yeah. So in today's day and age, it's kind of unique that he has so much um, competition just from strangers. You know, he used to be kind of alone in his game of parody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But nowadays, I mean, anyone can do that kind of thing, you know? So yeah. um, the new album's a lot of fun. Um, I, I actually texted Brian a link to one of the videos. It's um, Word Crimes, which is a parody of Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, and it's basically just a big anal grammar lecture all rolled into the song and it's very funny um all the stuff you see on facebook that makes you mad if you're you know, a big grammar nerd you know misuse of it's and it's <laughs> and uh you know and there there and there and just all making lots of fun um parody of lords royals called foil um one, one thing I'd like to point out is um, all the art for this album is based off of, like, old Russian propaganda art. Have you seen any of this stuff? No. Like, here's the cover for the album, but there's all kinds of imagery like this. I think it's really fun, really neat. Um, a lot of people may think this looks like Pink Floyd, the wall stuff, everything even, too. Right. And just a lot of unique imagery with him in suits and everything. Um, always been a big Word Al fan. Um, he's um, doing something really unique where he released eight videos and he's releasing them over the course of eight days. It started on Monday, and I think today is the sixth one. Nice. And then Monday will be seven, and Tuesday will be eight. And so basically every day he's going viral with a brand-new video, and um, that's a really unique unique way to put out the music. Um, I've never seen Word Out live, and I'm sure he'll be touring for this album, so I'm going to try to make it a point to catch that tour because all the talk, you know, this might be the last time he does a traditional tour. Yeah. So it's now or never, and I'm going to – most likely he'll be in Chicago oh, or yeah, he'll be definitely. in St. Louis, and I'll be able to trek up there. So I'm going to keep my ear out for that. You guys heard any more of this album? I bought it. Oh, you yeah. bought it? Yeah, I've listened to all of it. The sports song is fantastic. The sports song is fantastic. Do you know that came about because um, – there was a petition to get Weird Al to do the Super Bowl halftime show for next year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and he decided, he said, you know, I don't have any kind of like anthem like that to do if I were ever to do a certain thing like that. And that's actually where that song came from. That's great. Every home sports team ever should always play that before a game. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's going to help the petition to get him to do a halftime show. That's a pretty hilarious song. It's just a big marching band anthem where he says, the other team, our team's great, your team sucks. <laughs> pretty much. And just basic general <laughs> terms over and over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was good. 
So yeah, the uh, and you know, Weird Al. A lot of people don't know it's not just parodies. Usually, it's just half the album is popular parodies of songs, and the other half is actually you know he's a very accomplished musician, and the other half is all original work and everything. So yeah, he's got that. Every album he comes out with, he has one of those polka mashups of. Uh, other popular songs that he doesn't alter the words to, but it's all to the backbeat of a tuba and accordion. Yeah, that's kind of my favorite song, too. Um, and since Word Al's been around since, God, the early 80s, if you listen to this, that song off of each album, it's kind of a time capsule of pop music for that time. Right. It's like the 15 songs that were like blowing up everywhere during that two- to three-year period. Those are fun to go back 10, 15 years and listen to what they sounded like then. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, if anyone else has checked out this album, let me know what you guys think. What's your favorite song? Yeah, they should hit you up on Twitter. What's your Twitter? My Twitter is at Two Sheds, and it's super difficult. It's the number two and sheds with an extra D, so no one will be able to find me. Right. At Two Sheds, number two, S-H-E-D-D-S. And if we have any masochists out there, Hank, what is your uh, Twitter? It's uh, Nerdy Hammer Time uh, <laughs> with... Uh, it's got a little bit of elite speak in it. Uh, replace a couple of E's with the number three uh, the, in nerdy and hammer. And then time is T-Y-M-3. Oh, Jesus. I thought Frank's making me feel better. Yeah. Mine's fucking easy wow. compared to that. <laughs> Need like a manual to figure out Frank. Yeah, pretty much. It's like putting together Ikea furniture <laughs> trying to figure out that fucking Twitter handle. Man, I wanted just two sheds with one D, but some jerkwad that never uses his Twitter has that already. Really? One yeah. D? Yeah, one D. Two sheds. Oh, oh, gotcha. Proper gotcha. spelling. I get you. Yeah, so. You got to fight that guy for it. Yeah, I tweeted at him, but he, he doesn't respond because he doesn't use his fucking Twitter. What? I hate that shit. <laughs> there should be a time limit. If you don't tweet within like a year. You lose it. Yeah, that's done. You lose that handle. Yeah. Man, when they were giving out, like, email addresses and stuff, man, I wish I would have just, like, snagged up a bunch of cool ones, like, you know, Batman at Yahoo or, like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, be the first one to be Batman. Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah. I'm a big Lost fan. I have uh, deadisdead at gmail.com. Nice. <laughs> when I was trying to make up, like, gamer tags and stuff, I didn't want to have something that had, like, underscore 5321. So oh, yeah. I was uh, big into Family Guy at the time, and I wanted Quagmire, and, of course, you know, Quagmire is taken. So I spelled it K-W-A-G-M-Y-R-E. That way I didn't have to have any kind of fucked up letters or numbers. Or yeah, that's better. No numbers. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of the album again? Uh, Mandatory Fun. Awesome. All right, yeah, Weird Al. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, Weird Al, God. He just I, all his great songs. Yeah. I love um, I Think I'm a Clone Now. Yeah. was always one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff. I don't, his sense of humor really gets me. You know, it's some, I don't think it's for everyone. Oh, no, not for everybody, but the people that do get it, you're in on a great joke. Yeah. He's really talented. So. I can't remember which uh, nighttime uh, talk show host he debuted on, where he's doing Another One Rides the Bus. Uh, Dr. Demento was where he got a start. Gotcha. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I saw the video from it. Somebody posted on YouTube, and he's just standing his goofy ass, stomping his feet, <laughs> playing his accordion. It's I great. like uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> you know, back in the day, they used to let him take over MTV for like two to three hours, and yeah. they'd turn it into Al TV, and he'd play whatever videos he wanted. And 
honestly, that got me into a lot of the stuff that I'm still currently in today. I think I'm a They Might Be Giants fan to this day because of Word Out playing nice. Don't Let Start on LTV. I, guys, we didn't even mention UHF. I was just oh, going to say UHF. that. Conan the Librarian. <laughs> you so stupid. <laughs> love UHF. I yeah. used to watch that on repeat all the time at home. Oh, I, I love, love that movie. Michael Richards, pre-Seinfeld. Yeah, pre-Seinfeld Michael Richards, yeah. Well, he was on uh, – wasn't he on uh, SNL? No, he was on uh, – he was on like a sketch comedy TV show back in the day, mm. Michael Richards. Uh, it wasn't Second City TV. It was, uh, oh man. I don't remember. remember. He was. He was. I can't remember what it was called though. It, uh, it was, oh, uh, it was called, it was like Saturday night or something. No, it was Fridays. It was called Fridays. Oh, I remember Fridays. Yeah, Fridays. It was like, it was on the day before Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that Friday. That was a huge flop too, wasn't it? Like one season or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah, they showed that in the, uh, Man on the Moon show. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Jim Carrey movie where he played Andy Kaufman. That was, that scene from that movie actually took place on the set of Fridays. Gotcha. So. Yeah, because NBC tried to expand their SNL franchise because it was such a huge hit. Yeah. To, to know avail uh, another show i've been wanting to talk about for months now and it's a kid's show and i think if you have kids uh i don't know what age group because i don't know kids anymore i don't know what the fuck kids do yeah who the fuck knows? Do kids do they're probably not watching any tv kids, what, what are kids into man i don't know i have no idea don't don't look at me yeah so. xbox live killing <laughs> oh, shit. wow yeah i don't i don't i did not expect that turn. <laughs> kids are into killing all right, let's let's get morbid on this show. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I don't know. That's how far off touch I am. I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't know what kids are doing. Maybe kids are drinking pussy and cocaine. Oh shit! For all I know. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, another uh, show. It's it's called. It's on the Hub Network, um, and it's called the Aquabats Super Show. Has anybody? Have you guys seen this or heard of this? I, I know what I know who the Aquabats are. Yeah, the band. The band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Aquabats. They've been wanting to start. They had wanted to start like their own kids show, and they forever and they 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 shopped around this pilot at all the different you know networks and they kept getting turned down uh the hub network when it first started when it was fairly new uh, they gave them a shot and uh the show the show it stars the real life members of the band the aquabats um they formed the band back in 94 uh the premise of the show these guys are basically a superhero team slash band who travel around in their aquabat battle tram and they fight villains along the way. Uh, their leader is the MC Bat Commander, and he's the lead singer, and he possesses no powers at all. Yeah. None whatsoever. And, uh, he's just, I guess he's like their leader and tactician. Uh, he does get sidetracked though when he, when he gets hungry. You know, he always thinks of his stomach first. So like, sometimes they'll be in a fight and he'll see like a cheeseburger off of the side and it's a battle within himself. Should I help the Aquabats or should I eat this fucking cheeseburger? I'm starving. <laughs> and I, I find him, I just find him funny. There's Ricky Fitness. He's the drummer. Uh, he's the most physically fit of the team. He possesses super speed. And, uh, in, in a lot of the episodes, he falls in love like really easily with different women in some of the episodes. And that's really funny. So he'll choose a woman over the Aquabats. That's funny. Who's left to fight the threat at this point? Uh, well, there's Crash McLarson. Uh, he's the bass guitarist. And he's like, he's like the lovable large teddy bear of the group. Uh, he's really childlike. And uh, when he gets emotional, he can grow to be 100 feet tall. <laughs> but he has no control over it. Gotcha. So, like, sometimes he doesn't grow when he should. And 
sometimes he grows in really bad times. So oh, wow, this is a kid show. It's a kid show. It's a kid show. Jimmy the robot. He's the keyboardist. Uh, he's an android. He has tons of gadgets that are available to him. Uh, and then there's my favorite. Eagle Bones Falcon Hawk. <laughs> uh, he's the guitar player, and he can fire a laser from the headstock of the guitar. Um, he also encountered uh, an Indian spirit in the first season, which was played by Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, and he gave him the powers of second sight, and now he can summon a spirit eagle called the Dude. That will help him in battle. Like, nice, like the need, big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. So yeah, it's great because like they'll be they'll be fighting, getting their ass kicks, and then like they'll they'll, 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 <laughs> they'll pan over to Eagle Bones Falcon Hawk, and he'll go, "I summon the dude," <laughs> and then like you'll see like this mystical eagle on his arm. Uh, but see, the problem is only he can see the dude, and then the rest of the acrobats think he they think he's fucking crazy. Oh, gotcha. Like like, like it's Snuffleupagus, and he doesn't exist. That's good stuff. Um, now each episode. They battle different villains. The costumes are corny, and uh, it makes sense because the show was created by uh, Christian Jacobs and Scott Schultz. Uh, they're the creators of the Nick Jr. series Yo Gabba Gabba. Yes. Um, there's a lot of guest appearances by B-list stars uh, like John Hader from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, he started. He started as uh, Eagle Bone. Eagle Bones, Falcon Hawk's brother, Eagle Claw. Um, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, nice. Uh, he played a superhero in one of the episodes. Uh, and Tony Hawk, he played a reporter in one. There's tons of D-list stars in this show. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, one villain, Kitty Litter, designed a huge cat robot that was uh, going to battle the Aquabats. And it used a suit of the city's cutest kitties as a shield on the robot. Uh, with the thought of, you know, how can you attack something that's so cute? Because if, <laughs> if you punch the big robot, you're going to kill some kitties. So Did that work? How did they get around that? Um, I, it was uh, Crash McLarson. Yes. Uh, the guy that can grow to be 100 feet tall. He's allergic to cats. Didn't <laughs> want to fight him. So he's like, guys, I'm going to sit this one out. They were getting their ass kicked. So finally Crash is like, all right, I don't care. I'm allergic. I'm going to go fight him. Well, Crash, as soon as he got close enough to the robot, started to sneeze. And as he sneezed, all the kitties flew off the robot. Nice. All the people around the city were catching their cats that were falling from the skies. So, yeah, he saved the day because of his allergies. Um, <laughs> they've battled three-headed sirens, a, a man that looks like a cobra, a blue leprechaun. The show is bizarre. I absolutely love it. It reminds me of, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse growing up. If you, if you appreciate that humor, you'll appreciate this show. Um, it's funny and, and it panders to my weird sense of humor. And, um, I would have loved this show had, had I grown up in, as, as a kid. Uh, it's on Hub Network. It's on, uh, Saturdays and Sundays. Right now they're not doing any new episodes. They're all reruns. Uh, they're showing them at like weird times, like three in the morning or something right now. But you can DVR that stuff anymore. But I'm going to give it a Tupperware for kids programming. Gotcha. For kids programming, this is a definite Tupperware. God, there's just not an outlet for that kind of show like there used to be when we were kids. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, there was only, you know, at the most like 30 channels when we were really young. And there yeah. was certain time sets where you got to see all those things like Pee Wee's Playhouse. And even Weird Al had his own show, you know, the Weird Al show and everything. Right. And there's just no more Saturday morning or after school programming blocks anymore on like the network shows. Yeah. So. Well, if kids want to watch their cartoons, they just go to Cartoon Network anytime they want or Nick or Disney right. XD or, you know, there's, it, man, it was a fucking event waking up on Saturday morning and watching like the, the new fall lineup of cartoons. Yeah. I feel like you take away that feeling of an event by just offering it all in one big bank and saying, watch it whenever you want to. That's the world we live in now. Ugh. 
No fun. This no world is fun. no fun. It is no fun. Yep, that's why. Yeah, listen to this podcast. It's proof. <laughs> exactly. That this world is no fun. Yeah. yeah. For real. Three bitter and jaded guys talking about the old days of cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Back when you watched what they showed you, what what you watched. Yeah, exactly. I never could figure out what they based, like how what time stuff aired, like which coast. Because when I was a kid, I lived in Florida. Yeah. Clear up until high school. And uh, I used to have to get up at like 5 in the morning to watch like Game Pro TV and then Captain N and shit. Oh, God. Captain N. I love me some Captain N. Oh, yeah. Captain that, N was the shit. It's good stuff. Remember Mega Man's voice in Captain N? He died like this. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> oh, Captain N. Good stuff. Yeah. If you got up after 8 o'clock in the morning down there, you were stuck with stuff like Captain Planet and shit. I remember ba- Batman Animated Series was on at 3.30. I got out of school at 3.15, and it was – if running, I could get home in 15 minutes, and I would be running home from school every day to get home in time to – I was trying to VHS every episode of Batman Animated Series, too, yeah. so I was booking it. <laughs> I was trying to get my ass home by 4 o'clock so I could watch some DuckTales and then Chip and Dale after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God, do you remember the fucking Rescue Rangers video game on Nintendo? I yeah. Love, I love that game. Yeah, oh, my God, shit. it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was one of the best two-player co-op games back in the day, too. Yeah, it was. It was so good. I, I know that last year uh, they came out with that DuckTales remake, and I was really hoping that they were going to do a Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers remake, too. Yeah, I'm surprised they have it. That was a good game. All those Capcom franchise Disney games were a lot of fun. The DuckTales, the Chippendale, the yeah. Tailspin, the Darkwing Duck. They were all good. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. Um, and I watched uh, a bunch of movies this week. A shit ton of movies, right? Yeah, dear Lord. All in the theater? Or you see some theater. at home? Five movies in five days. In the theater? In the theater. Dear Lord, my man. I didn't know there was that many movies out to see. <laughs> I had a... Well, I had quite a few that I had to catch up on. So. Oh, gotcha. And some I didn't even really care to watch, but it was, I just had an afternoon to kill, and so I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. There you go. Uh, I'm going to talk about the, uh, one another comedy that came out this summer, um, Sex Tape with Jason Segal yeah. and uh, Cameron Diaz. And I'm also going to throw in Rob Corddry. He's in the movie. I'm a big fan of Robert uh, Rob Corddry. I love Children's Hospital. And, oh, Daily and Show. Shit. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, sex tape, Jason Segal started off really funny, really strong, probably the first 45 minutes or so. The show kind of peters off, gets a little funny at the end. Um, it's okay. I mean, I'm going to give it a taste that it's, gotcha. it's, it's a taste that, um, there's some funny scenes in the movie. There really is. Um, I, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but yeah, I would wait for this one on Redbox. Does it suffer like a lot of modern comedies do, where it's real slapstick funny for the first half, and then it kind of has to resolve things the second half, and so it doesn't have time to be funny anymore? Yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it does. Towards there at the end, it's it's like as things are starting to climax and stuff like that, and they have to get to wrap it up, and yeah, climax. <laughs> yeah, sex <laughs> they got to feed they got to feed you their moral, whatever the moral is yeah. and the morals are never very funny no frank was laughing that i said climax and the movie's called just the entire damn thing sounds like all sexual innuendos oh the first <laughs> half hour or so it's really good and then it kind of peters off and gets limp again <laughs> i never said limp again oh but. well no uh, fan fiction. Frank's just the, <laughs> yeah. Frank hears what he wants to hear. <laughs> but you know, Rob Lowe's in the movie. Well, that's that's funny. Rob Lowe is probably the funniest part in the movie, dude. His house is just fucking hilarious. I mean, he plays like this. He plays like this goody goody CEO of this company. You know, and uh, they end up going to his house. It's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. 
Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I do because don't. it's that fucking funny. Oh, no. There are things in his house that are just hilarious. So, yeah, definitely if there's one scene to watch, it's the scene where they go to Rob Lowe's house. Is it a real raunchy comedy? Yeah, yeah, at times. I mean, you see Cameron Diaz's ass, like, I don't even know how many times. I'm gotcha. not saying that's raunchy, but there's a lot of Cameron Diaz ass. And, oh, yeah, for the ladies, there's some Jason Segal ass. So, whoop, yeah, whoop. how I met your ass. <laughs> how I met your ass. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of that going on. But, um, you know, the, the whole movie is, like, basically the, the, the they do the entire book, The Joy of Sex, every position from The Joy of Sex, and uh, they record it on their iPad, which – then gets uploaded to the cloud and all their friends and family that own iPads that they've given out as, you know, gifts, uh, have access to the video. So it's like them getting this off of the cloud before it gets released, uh, you know, out there to the internet. So it's, it's kind of funny. I I think, uh, it, 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 there's, it's hits and misses, man. I don't know. It's pretty good though. Wait, Wait until it's available for Redbox. Um, it's all right. Definitely. I'll check it out. I'll give it a low taste that, to be honest with you. Gotcha. So, no, I mean, still the move, the, the comedy of the summer is still 22 Jump Street. Okay. Yeah, that's what I hear from everybody. So, yeah. Se- uh, sex tape. It's, uh, it's all right. Check it out. Red box it. But still, the comedy of this summer is definitely 22 Jump Street. Better than uh, A Million Days to Die in the West? Oh, God. That was awful. Oh. That was a toss it. Yeah. Okay. Toss it. Um, this is definitely, sex tape is definitely better than that. But there is one comedy that came out this summer that is even worse than A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I've pretty much seen most of the movies that are out in the theater right now, so I had an afternoon to kill again, and I watched the new Melissa McCarthy comedy, Tammy. Oh, my God. The commercials for this movie make me want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> I can't imagine sitting through the whole thing. Um, she was hilarious in Bri- Bridesmaids. Yeah. I don't know if you guys seen Bridesmaids. Yeah. She's fucking hilarious in that movie. Uh, we got spoonfuls of that character in the movie, and it was just enough to make me laugh my ass off the entire time when she was in there. Um, here we get a whole movie with her as the central character. Uh, it's not the same character from Bridesmaids, but, you know, a similarly crass, crude character, and it's just not as funny. This movie was awful. Uh, she wasn't funny at all. There was one time in the movie where I chuckled, and it was a scene where she's not even in it. She's not even involved. I was going to say, did someone in the audience fart? Oh, <laughs> Frank would have been dying laughing. Yeah, yeah. I am. She guest hosts SNL almost um, annually now. Really? And I groan every time it happens. She always plays the same obnoxious, over-the-top, right. loud, boisterous characters every sketch. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. How would you compare this to like Identity Thief? Uh, I couldn't. I never watched Identity oh. Thief. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that she was in with uh, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it on my DVR, Frank. But after watching Tammy, I'm not jumping in to see this movie. I've got other things that I'd rather watch right now. Gotcha. Paint dry. Yeah. <laughs> paint, paint, paint dry the movie. <laughs> in but, 3D. In 3D. If you get a run, it's funny. She's funny, but she's funny as like your third or fourth character. I mean, a whole fucking comedy with her as the central character just does not work. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, just stick to your little, you know, funny cameos like in Bridesmaids and, you know, but you can't live off that character forever. You've got to find a way to reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? So it's, you toss this? Oh, toss it all the way. Don't even red box this movie. <laughs> I want to I want to Tupperware you 
for enduring this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's my job, okay? I do this fucking podcast. I'm trying to keep people from watching and spending their hard-earned money on fucking shit that they don't need to watch. So I'm, yeah, I'm putting my, I'm fucking Joel uh, Hodgson or Mike Nelson from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I'm the one who's forced to watch these shitty movies so you don't have to. You do an amazing service. I don't think any amount of thanks is enough for sitting through this. It was absolute garbage. <laughs> absolute garbage. I would have drowned myself in my popcorn bucket. I seriously was like watching this and just thinking, <laughs> oh my God, when is this going to be over? I Oh my God. I Susan even... Sarandon, who I like, is in this movie. Oh, and she yeah. is shitting this film it, there's no saving this movie you could have had oh my god you could have brought back some of the living legends fucking clark gable could have came back out of the fucking grave and been in this movie and i would have tossed it <laughs> it was a pile of horse shit so fuck tammy toss it fuck her See, oh it was bad and it's not i'm not saying that i don't like like melissa mccarthy on certain levels she's she's good at what she does when she sticks to like her range and what her characters can do uh, yeah. She's the central character of an entire movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry she's not doing it. She's not doing it for me. I don't want to see it. I hope, I hope this movie tanked, and I hope that they don't give her like a, another movie on her own because she's, she's not doing it. I don't think this movie has performed very well either, and I'm not saying that just to make Frank think more sexual in your windows. Oh, yeah. no. I, 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 I completely forgot it was even out. I think I saw a couple previews for it like a couple weeks back and like totally forgot about it. Oh, it had really obnoxious commercials. Every now and again, there's a movie where I'm like, I can't wait till this movie comes out so these commercials will stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the theater and I saw the new kids movie, Earth to Echo. Um. I like to think of this movie, it's a combination of like Goonies meets E.T. meets Chronicle. Yeah, okay. Um, it's a found footage kids movie uh, where three best friends' families are being forced to relocate so the city can put up a new highway. Aww. Uh, it's the story of their last night together, which turns into an extraterrestrial adventure. Um, going into this movie, I did not expect much of this movie at all, and I thought that they would just bite everything from fucking E.T. Yeah, why not? Uh, I was actually surprised at how fun the movie was and how the kids were an integral part of the movie. And it just wasn't about this alien that they encounter. Um, the kids each have their own story and personality. And, and the movie does a good job of showing why these kids are friends. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun adventure, and the found footage here works. I like this movie, and I'm going to give it a taste it. Nice. I, I thought it was a fun kids movie and really engaging in some parts. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for this movie a good half a dozen times during the movies that I've seen. And it, it never looked terrible. It always looked kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a kids movie. Yeah. But uh, as far as like a found footage kids movie goes, I think it's really good. And I think that they didn't just like, oh, okay, we've got this cute little alien robot that we can pimp this whole time and expect that to be like the main focus of the film. No, I mean, the kids are actually interesting, have their own separate personalities and the movie does a really good balance between like the extraterrestrial aspect and like the relationship of these kids and and I think it's a good movie for kids to watch because it shows the value of friendship and like friends that you have growing up and like how much they can mean to you and experiences that you have even though they're gone you still have those experiences with those people and they're part of who you are I think it's a good life lesson for kids 
it's just a really I thought it was a fun movie. I'm going to give it a taste it. Yeah, there's not enough good kids adventure movies out there. There really isn't. What's up? Is is the name of the alien Echo? Is that They name the they name him Echo. How does Echo communicate with the children? They've basically established like a uh like rules at the beginning. Like he'll beep and they'll ask him, they'll say if if you can understand what we're saying right now, beep once. If you can't, beep twice. Oh, that's that's cool. And so uh, it's a series of like beeps and things like that. But um, I mean, these kids. It, not only do they like help this alien and stuff like that, but they go on a quest, and it's fun to see these kids out when they shouldn't be out and doing things they shouldn't be doing, and watching adults try to you know take them down when these kids are on this quest to restore Eth- Echo's um, you know. Echo ship so he can get back home. So do the kids still have to move away from each other at the end of the movie? Yeah, that doesn't work out. Sorry, kids. Aww. <laughs> Spoilers. That makes me sad. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder. It almost sounds kind of like a found footage version of something like The Goonies. That's what I said at the beginning, Chief. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. What the fuck have you been? <laughs> Frank, let's get one beep if you're paying attention. <laughs> Two beeps if not. I think a found footage version of The Goonies would have been badass. You can hear Mother Fratelli's footsteps coming. Yeah, I, the found footage thing, when it's done good, it's good. But when you do it too much, it's too much. I can't take too much of it. Oh, man. I think, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I like Chronicle and I like the original Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch was so cool when it came out in like fucking 98, 99. Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't follow it. And by the time me and my friends sat down to watch it, um, we had no idea that this was an actual fucking movie. We thought like this was like, cause it had gone viral. I mean, this yeah. is like one of the first movies that went viral, you know, had its own website and stuff like that. And on the viral website, they tried to make it look like it was an actual event that happened. It was fucking me and Nick Mosser watched it together. Oh, that's funny. And we, me and Nick were like planning a trip to go up to the Blair Woods and shit, dude. We thought this shit was fucking real because like this was like the first found footage film that I can ever remember seeing. Yeah. And we thought like this was actual like you know like a documentary that they they had found you know this 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 footage out in the woods and like this was we had no idea that this was bullshit. Yeah, and you're talking back in the days when the internet was in infancy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, dial-up connections. Yeah, it wasn't just the wealth of information that it was. So when you went to this viral website and saw what they were promoting, I mean, yeah. it, it looked legit. We you weren't used to every movie having these kind yeah. of websites back then. And then I saw the girl that was in that movie on a steak and shake commercial, <laughs> and then I realized this is fucking bullshit. So. I just got scared of steak and shakes at that point. <laughs> yeah. I figured that that's what happened is they turned you into one of these fucking monotonous steak and shake employees. Yeah, the bean crock project. Yeah. After I saw that, my brother, who uh, he's awesome. He's the one that I've always talked to about this kind of shit. Uh, saw that, and then it creeped me right the fuck out. And I, I was uh, me, me and him were living together at the time. And I got home, and all the lights were off. And I fucking turned the light on, and he's standing in the fucking corner. Just he was just waiting for me to get home. And I flipped the fucking light on, and I screamed like a fucking girl. It was great. <laughs> I, I, now we're getting way off topic, but I saw the uh, Blair Witch Project spoof porno. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah. The, I the, saw parts of it. The Bear Winch Project. <laughs> And you know the part in the action movie where they find all the stuff hanging in the trees? Like they woke up and they found dildos all hanging from the trees. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Like the scene where the snot is coming out of her mouth. You yeah. know that scene where she's oh, yeah. crying and the snot is coming off of her face? Yeah. I don't even want to know what happened in the porno version. No, no. Not that we're a family-friendly podcast. But 
we do have a, a few lines, I believe. So. Uh, let's cross them right now, man. <laughs> let's do this, man. Let's cross them, Jake. Oh, no. You're going to say that, and Frank's going to start farting and burping live on air. Oh, man. no. Yeah, he, Brian would show me I asked the door then. <laughs> um, should I keep this uh, movie train going, or should I fucking... Uh, More movies. More movies? Choo-choo, yeah, you haven't even talked about the ones I want to hear about yet. Okay, I saw How to Train Your Dragon 2. Really? Yeah, I saw How to Drain Your... Uh, how to... <laughs> <laughs> how to Drain Your Dragon? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's the porno version. That's the porno version of this movie. How, how to drain your dragon, too. How to drain your dragon blue, right? <laughs> oh, man. Wow, I've never seen this, but I maybe... Uh, I've done it a few times. Yeah. Actually. It's fucking crazy because in the, in the cartoon, the black one's the biggest one. <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> All right. Where do I go? Where do I go now? Oh man, I'm just trying to save you and throw your life vest, but I I don't even I don't see the light vest anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah. Anyway, I saw uh, how to train your dragon too. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, that, but first I wanted to talk about what I saw in the trailers. Uh, before the movie started. There's a new Disney movie. It's called Planes. Yeah. The Fire and Rescue. Uh, it's straight out of uh, the Cars franchise. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the actually like the second Planes movie. I think they had a Planes one. I believe you're correct. Um, it's rated PG, which really shocked me. Yeah. You'd think that these movies would have a G rating. It's like talking planes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to not get a G rating, though. These like, days. Like, let's say one of these planes, like, dies or something. Then that means it can't be G. If there's anything that would raise up any kind of talk of anything of that kind of nature, it would make it a PG. At the beginning of the trailer, it said it gave the reasons for why it was rated PG. Yeah. It was rated PG for action. And scenes of peril. Yeah, because fire and rescue, you're going to see buildings on fire and fire trucks saving them. It's so bizarre. It is. I know we're talking about a 20-year difference, but The Lion King, which had quite a bit of action, and in it you're actually looking at peril, dead Mufasa. Yeah. And that's rated G. Is is Lion King rated G? It is. Confirmed? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, things have changed, man. Things have changed. I mean, you know, it's now, now you have to have your, your mom and dad there for, for, for the peril. The ratings are a guidance, though. You can still get in. Sure, I know, but yeah, it's, but parental guidance is suggested, Jake. Yeah. For, for scenes of peril. They're being kind of dainty anymore with that. I mean, the real world news stuff that happens that you can't protect kids from is far worse than anything that you're ever going to see in something like that. Yeah. For them to rate that something like that PG just because there's a little bit of action or peril, I mean, come on. They're not that fragile. Yeah, I don't yeah, – this, this, this doesn't bother me too much. PGG, it's all the same. It bothered me a little bit. It's yeah. – it's a fucking – it's a show about fucking cars and planes talking. Right. Yeah. That's pretty freaky in itself. It should be general. Come on. <laughs> when I was 10 years old, I was watching fucking Die Hard. I, I'm, yeah, don't get me – I mean, I, when I was 10 years old, I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street but and still, Alien. still, that yeah. should be rated R. I'm, ta- right. I'm talking about – there's a fine line between John McClane <laughs> – 
you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yippee ki motherfucker, and then, you know, tater the fucking uh, tow truck, get her done, <laughs> and right. basically saying that there's scenes of peril where you need your parents in the room. Maybe someone doesn't get rescued. Maybe someone dies. <sighs> yeah, it's still, though. I don't see it being graphic. Or not so violent to the point where... But I don't understand why there's no need... Snow White gets fucking poisoned. But, I mean, there's no need to get on a soapbox about it because it's just a PG rating. I mean, you can still go without your parents and get into the movie. It's not like no one's banning these kids from seeing this movie. No, I Mm. just think it's kind of... I just think it's fucked up. I think it's fucked up that it's not a G rating. Yeah. It's too much of a, a different kind of view. Some I I don't I don't agree with it. I mean, I don't care what's in it. I don't understand what you don't agree with, though. It's not stopping anyone. Eh, I mean, unless they're, I mean, okay, so even if it's a plane, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of direct contact fist fighting, but I mean, what blood gets or a, something. No, no, it leaves the question of what the fuck gets a fucking G rating anymore. Right. Veggie tails. Well, oh, so, oh God, scenes of peril. Somebody eat, might, might eat that fucking cucumber. <laughs> or right. God knows do what with that cucumber. Right. Yeah. It's like the same kind of world we live in where everybody gets a prize or an award or whatever. Like they don't need to have their hands held or coddled that much. Why, why put a warning up? Whether you rate it G or whether you rate it PG, whatever. The kids can go in. It's a shitty movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And back to the point. <laughs> all right. So anyway, back to How to Train Your Dragon 2, which got a PG rating because of all that fucking peril. <laughs> I saw it in uh, 2D, uh, and uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I saw it. But I really regret that I didn't see this in IMAX 3D because the visuals are absolutely spectacular in this movie. Yeah, I've heard the 3D is stunning in both of those movies. Yeah, the the point of view. I can imagine the IMAX 3D like the point of view when they're actually on the backs of these dragons and things like that because it's done so well even in 2D that. Just being immersed in the 3D environment would have been amazing. Uh, the story's really good, and there's actual character development in a cartoon. Um, the character designs of the dragons are really good. Uh, especially, I'm going to talk about these alpha dragons that they introduce into this movie. Uh, these things are fucking, these are, the, they're like the size of Godzilla. They're just massive. Uh, on the screen, they look really cool. It spikes all over the place. These things just look badass. They weren't in the first one. I don't remember any Alpha Dragons in the first one. What, we just was saw. that what they called that big, big one at the end of the first one? Mm-hmm. Was it a big white dragon? Uh, I don't think it was white, but it was huge. This I mean, thing is like the size of a. This thing's like the size of a skyscraper. This thing is absolutely, it's like the size of a small fucking island. Right. This thing is absolutely huge. Yeah, and the first one, the thing was as big as, I mean, uh, the toothless, he was no bigger than the thing's freaking nostril. Hmm. So it was It big. might have been. I can't remember the first one. I have seen it though. Um, the, the villain in this movie was really good too. Uh, he wasn't corny or sarcastic like that you see in all these movies now. Oh, yeah. Um, he was just this really evil guy. He was set out on uh, destruction and power. If your kids are too young to watch like Game of Thrones, which I hope they are, cause I can't imagine letting a child watch that show, um, have them watch this movie and, and get them kind of hooked on dragons and Vikings and this kind of lore. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm going to give this movie a high taste it for a kids for kids programming, nice. e- even with all the peril, even with all that well, fucking peril. And that's why they gave it a PG rating, Brian, is because it's a gateway drug into uh, Game of Thrones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, there's possible scenes of nudity and how to drain your dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, 
rating systems. You can argue forever about that that nonsense. I yeah. know, I know. I just, I th- just think the world that we live in today is like, you know, didn't Goonies get like a PG rating? Yeah, I mean, I back so, yeah. back when Goonies came out, it was there was no in between. Though, um, I mean, Spielberg created the PG thirteen rating when uh, Temple of Doom came out. Yeah, yeah, but see, now that's become the watermark for them to try to just trim stuff back to to where they can try to get more kids in to sell toys. Rated R, those things anymore, like your torture porn movies. Yeah. Which I can't stand those anyway. Not always, though. I mean, Brian saw Sex Tape. I'm sure it was rated R. Yeah. Well, yeah, comedy, but um, look at, action movies. Looking so. at Jason Segal's ass was kind of torture. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah, I bet. But like your action movies, uh, isn't uh, it, is Expendables R or PG thirteen? First, first, first two, two were R. R and now it's going to be PG thirteen. Right. It's just I. I don't think that they're really actually accurate. Instead of putting ratings out to prevent people from seeing it at a certain age, they use it to hit price points and things like that anymore it's more of a uh, a meta rating for that than anything else i yeah, agree yeah but the point is is the rating doesn't prevent anything unless the movie's nc-17 you you can go see anything you can take your 10 year old to see an r-rated movie as long as you're there with them yeah which is crap anyway because somebody should somehow pound common sense into people when i saw dawn somebody brought their six-year-old kid and they could not keep her under control i had to move seats it was annoying yeah it depends on the kid yeah, true. But. I mean, if if your if your kid can handle it, then let him handle it. Jeez, yeah. you're you're argumentative today, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, we're gonna have some scenes of peril in about five seconds if you don't start to be a little bit more in agreement with some of the things that we're talking about. No. <laughs> no. <You're just> <laughs> the sky's blue. No. Nah, nah. I don't think it's so. It's more of a turquoise. It's a, it's all in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> All right, somebody else talk about uh, something. I got a little bit of something I forgot about. Um, I downloaded a game this week called Valiant Hearts, The Great War. Uh, It's available for um, pretty much all the major systems, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox 360. It's $15 from Ubisoft. Uh, What kind of surprised me about this game is that it's set in World War I, but as opposed to just having that be a casual backdrop to some kind of action that they're trying to pound into you. This is uh, more touching. It's more character-oriented. It's a a fictional story of some characters mixed in with all the factual events of what really happened uh, at the start of World War I and throughout the war. There's uh, actual icons you can click on to learn different facts from history. Uh, like what country entered the war when, uh, starting from the date that Franz Ferdinand was uh, assassinated. And I'm a history buff anyway. Uh, so that's kind of what drew me in. And the, the game plays, uh, not real complicated. It's listed as a puzzler slash adventure where basically you're moving a character side to side, side scroller and chucking stuff to, uh, you know, move forward and move, progress through the game. Uh, I haven't got very far in it. I haven't had a lot of time to spend, but uh, it, it's pretty decent. I mean, I, I like the fact that it, it's big time grounded in history and really lends a sense of gravitas to it that a lot of video games lack when they put it against the, such an epic backdrop. That's cool. It's like a real time strategy game. No, uh, it's uh, the the graphics are like I want to say it's like cell shaded. Uh, they're, they're somewhat cartoony. That's a, uh, 
I'm, I'm showing Jake a little video or picture of it. Um, it. It does have some blood and things like that, but it's never like a combat kind of situation. You're always trying to either uh, light a bomb that's going to clear a path for you, uh, take out a machine gun nest, something like that. And it, it um, is based around the relationship of uh, a family that's torn apart by the war because a uh, father – um, his son-in-law is German, gets pulled out of France, and then he gets enlisted by the French military, and his son-in-law gets enlisted by the German military, and they end up meeting each other on the battlefield. Uh, just very interesting, deep. It's not particularly action-oriented, and that's one of the things I like about it. And I'm a sucker for a good story, and given the fact that you know it's mixed in with so many elements – and pictures of what happened in the First World War, it really helps to lend a, a, a realistic sense of what was happening, you know, and every step of the way. I, I find it very enjoyable. It's a good way to spend $15, especially if you're into history. So it sounds like in some ways that's not even really a game at all. It's more like an interactive story. No, the gameplay, it's a puzzler. I mean, there's times where you have to chuck a grenade, uh, you have to ricochet it right off the certain wall, but it's not difficult to get into because you can see your arc and how the thing's going to bounce. Okay. Uh, you have to maybe make your way around, uh, not stealthily, but you just can't get too close to like a machine gun nest or they'll gun you down and then you have to start over, which would be your penalty for failing the puzzle. You have to find a way to either knock the guy out, get around him in some way to where you and your uh, uh, members of the army can move forward. So it, it's primarily a puzzler, but I, I find all the the factual elements from World War One uh, to be fantastic. What do you rate it? Tupperware. All right. All right. What's it called again? Valiant Hearts: The Great War, and it's available on PlayStation Three and Four, and Xbox Live and Xbox One for fifteen dollars. All right. Cool. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about a little uh, show that I watched on uh, Sci-Fi. Uh, comes out on Friday nights. And uh, it's apparently the show. It's been out since uh, 2011, and I think they wrapped it up uh, in 2013. But now they're showing it. They're airing it here. Uh, I'm, it was originally on uh, some network on New Zealand or Australia, um, since everyone on the show is from New Zealand. Uh, so <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but now it's airing on Sci-Fi on Friday nights, and it's called The Almighty Johnsons. Have you guys seen the trailers for this? I have not. The commercial or anything? Nope. I have not. Okay. Me watching a lot of Sci-Fi, you know, I've been getting into Dominion. I've been getting into uh, Defiance big time. Fucking love Defiance now. I'll watch Defiance over Dominion now. Like, really? As soon as like Defiance is on. I haven't watched the last episode of uh, Dominion yet. That just came out, but I have watched like the last episode of Defiance. It's getting so fucking good. Uh, but yeah, it's called this show is uh, it's on Sci Fi. It's on Friday night. Horrible night for TV. Yeah. Horrible fucking night. Unless you're X Files, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, it's a comedy drama series about four brothers who live in New Zealand, and on their twenty first birthdays, they're told that they are the incarnation of Norse gods. <laughs> Uh, on his, uh, let's see here, uh, on his 21st birthday, the youngest brother, Axel, finds out that he is the reincarnation of the All-Father Odin. Uh, so now he's a god, right? Uh, there's a catch. 
Over the years, the powers of the gods that are being reincarnated have be have they've been becoming less and less powerful over the years. the The reason is because Odin needs to be reunited uh, with uh, Frigga. And until then, the gods will not be able to restore their powers. And if he doesn't find her, then when he dies, all the brothers die. So there's Axel, who is Odin. There's Ty, who has the ability um, to radiate cold. So naturally, in this show, he's a uh, refrigerator repairman. And as a hobby, he's also an ice sculptor. There's Mike, who is the god of hunting games. Uh, he cannot be beaten at any games. He always wins. There's a really fun scene in the pilot episode where he plays rock, paper, scissors with Axel, <laughs> and it's really, really funny. Um, and finally, there's An- uh, Anders, and he's a cocky, arrogant god uh, of poetry. And he uses his ability to sleep around with as many women as he wants to. Cause he, he can kind of like, like a vampire, like in True Blood, he can kind of like glamour women. Gotcha. Good looking guy, you know, kind of a douche. But, uh, that's, that's what he does. Um, the show is really funny and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I've only seen the first two episodes. Uh, the show does not have a super huge budget. So don't expect like a visual effects masterpiece when it comes to watching this. Gotcha. Um, I went into the show with like really, really low expectations and I was actually surprised at how much I liked this show. Uh, I'm going to continue to watch the Almighty Johnsons and see where it goes. But I'm going to give this show a taste it for now. I I really like it though. Were, were the accents really heavy? It was easy to understand what people were saying, even though it was a New Zealand show. Very easy to understand. Um, if you're familiar with the FX show Wilfred, okay, yeah, for sure. They they sound like the actor that plays Wilfred. Okay, um, you know, very easy to understand. And Wilfred actually started off on a uh, station in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, I knew that that was an American remake. The yeah, version but, that we but had. they used the same guy that played the. Wilfred Dog in the American version, they just added Elijah Wood, which if you're not watching Wilfred still, or if you've never seen it, they're in the fourth and final season, and it's been really good. I've, I've, as far as dark comedies go on TV, I think Wilfred's one of the best. Yeah, Wilfred's an underrated gem. It's pretty good. I, I love I, it. I've only seen the first two seasons. Yeah. Um, but I catch them streaming when they're on the, on the different stations. I only made it through the first season before I dropped off of it, but final season and they're, we're finally getting closer to some answers. Like who the fuck is Wilfred? What's going on? <laughs> there's two, apparently there's like two god dogs. <laughs> And Wilfred could be – there's a good one and a bad one. And, and Ryan, who's played by Elijah Wood, is like, of course, thinking that Wilfred, you know, at certain times he's like – what's his name? Krungle. Yeah. Like the, the evil one. I got to check this back it, out. It, it reminds me of like, you know, Santa Claus and Krampus. <coughs> You've heard of – you know, of course. Yes. Yeah. Krampus is the evil Santa. Well, see, that's the world that we don't live in, Jake. This, I'm going back to PG in peril, okay? Yeah. There used to be a fucking day where, like, now it's all Santa Claus, but there used to be a fucking day when if you, if your kids were little shits, you could say, oh, you want to get visited by Santa. There was no lump of coal. No, you got visited by the demon, Krampus, who would fucking, like, torment you. Okay, so, you know, don't be a dick all year. Be a good kid. Don't talk in the movie when Frank's trying to sit there, you little fucking shitty eight-year-old. When Frank's (laughs) trying to watch his fucking movie, don't be a little asshole. Be a good kid, and you won't get visited by Krampus, the the fucking evil uh, Santa Claus. 
Yeah. That, That's the world we live in, yeah. Jake. There's <laughs> no fear for kids. Exactly. I, I think they still have like – don't they still have like kids in Russia? Aren't they still told that there's a Krampus? I bet kids in Russia – Russian kids are really good little kids. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night stuff. The, those movies scared me. It was like the horror, oh, yeah. horror movie yeah. Santa Claus killer coming yeah. down your chimney. That was like the evil Santa to me. I remember that terrified me of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you kids want some scenes of peril. Here's fucking Krampus. <laughs> Little bastards. No, I, I, I can't say. I like kids. I got a niece and nephew. I love them to death. And if they ever got visited by Krampus, that would, that would just break my heart. So. Or, the, or scary talking planes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Friday the 13th movies were a good example of what happens if you're a horny little teenager and go try to drink and fuck. Oh, out in the out in the country, <laughs> Jason's gonna crawl up and kill your ass. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like a telltale that you're gonna die. You know, don't ever have sex in one of these horror movies. Yeah, or separate yourself from the other person. Yeah, you know what I don't like about horror movies these days though is everybody in a fucking horror movie is just like. Everybody looks like they're from L.A. They're yeah, all beautiful. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's every movie. I like every it. show. Well, okay. Uh, you know, Orange is the New Black. And that's not full of, like, gorgeous people. But, yeah, that's true. But I'm saying, like, you know, like, these horror movies. I'm talking about just horror genre in general. Like, all these kids that go out in these, like, whatever horror movies. They go out into the woods or whatever, wherever they're going. They're all gorgeous. They all look like they're fucking Calvin Klein. Now, and don't get me wrong. I like watching like these Justin Bieber looking fuckers die. I like, I like, <laughs> oh, but yeah. it's not believable. That's not what right. people look like. That's why I like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you just had regular looking people out there. You know, their van breaks down. They go to this house and they get killed. I, that's, that's believable to me. But when a van breaks down and everybody looks like they're from the cast of the top 20 models or whatever the yeah, fuck that James right. Gun show is, that, that, that's bull. <laughs> Bullshit, They're all Calvin Klein underwear models. Exactly. Right. I agree. Even the nerdy kids and the guys and the girls oh, are yeah. still look gorgeous. Wearing the fucking tight jeans. And, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, hipster douchebags getting killed. That's fine. Go ahead and kill them. But it's not believable to me. When there's nudity, especially in the ones in the 80s, they always happen to be striking just the perfect pose. Like if she's straddling the guy and takes her shirt off, she has to stand there for a second and just shake her little tits or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think we got off topic. Oh, no. Gosh, Frank, where do you take these conversations? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I looked at Brian and he's giving me the exact same well, look no. I was getting ready to give him. Well, like, I mean, it, it's, it's same as how they look, you know? I mean, it's just how they're positioned or whatever. And like, say, uh, Jason or Michael Myers walk in a room and she rolls over and she's like, hello. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, seriously, something might not be right. That guy's the same build and put on a different fucking mask and clothes than what you ever saw him in. <laughs> you didn't You didn't think about that? <laughs> I'm confused still. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was talking about, uh, I just want to see some more ugly people getting killed in horror movies like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. I volunteer. Well, I'm about ready to kill you right now because <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, you. <laughs> I love you, Frank, but yeah, you lost me, man. Sorry. You're fine. Um, should I keep going? Do you guys got anything else? Let's do a break. Oh, you want to break it up? Yeah, I'm going to pee. All right. <laughs> That's all you said is like, I want to pee. <laughs> I want to pee. And Frank giggles at that. Yeah, I want to pee. It's real, Frank. Don't it's lie. It's too much of a combination of uh, Adderall, Xanax, and beer, probably. So I'm a little giddy. Welcome. To Jurassic Park. 
still moving hurts. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> I, I love the Jurassic Park music. I um, I'm big into the kazoo. I used to do a whole John Williams melody on the kazoo. That's what that reminds me of. Oh, really? One of these one of these shows, maybe I'll I'll regale us with my John Williams melody. Oh on the man, kazoo. if you could bring that in studio, yeah, our, our shitty crappy basement studio. Oh, this this basement will have the perfect acoustics for, for my John Williams <laughs> melody. Did you ever watch the um, Weird Al Yankovic uh, documentary? Oh was, yeah, yeah. It was like a mockumentary. Yeah, but talking about how he had the perfect acoustics in that that men's bathroom in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah the complete owl. I think that was called. Yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. I, I love that too. It. You see his parents in that and everything. Um, you learned about the uh, Twinkie hot dog sandwich. Right. Do you remember that? Yes. You cut the Twinkie open and then you put the hot dog in it. Like one of the grossest things I remember ever seen as a child. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. It's funny about the bathroom though because that that is an actual musical thing for whatever reason. Yeah, I've heard that too. It's like singing in the shower. They yep. always say it has the best acoustics and everything. Yeah. Was it my Bologna that he recorded in the bathroom? I think I can't so. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I think that was right. Uh, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, I want to talk about two comedy sitcoms that premiered on FX, uh, this past Thursday. Oh, you're holding out on me. There's something that I, I know we're going to get to it, but. <laughs> I'm holding out. I'm saving it. You know what I want to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'll make Jake wait. I'm going to make him wait. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this is like the foreplay before we get to the climax. All right. Yeah, we got to giggle out, Frank. <laughs> let's talk about some sitcoms. Yeah, let's talk about some sitcoms on FX. <laughs> yeah, people still watch those? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Hey, you know, let's talk about The Hub earlier. Yeah. You know, The Hub has been showing old episodes of Blossom. Oh, no. Do you remember kidding. Blossom? Oh, yeah. The 90s? Yeah, Joey Lawrence. Whoa. 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 Yep. Whoa. 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 <laughs> so I'm watching. Because I hadn't seen them in years, right? Okay. And there's an episode where Blossom's sending, like, this uh, <laughs> video to her mom. And I guess her mom lives overseas in, like, Paris or something like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so she's sending, like, this video to her mom, like, with everybody in the family and blah, blah, blah. And so it gets towards the end of the episode, and they're having, like, this garage sale. And her dad's selling, like, this old jacket, this really bright, colorful jacket. And none other than Salt and Peppa show up to the garage sale. Oh, shit. Push it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, she's like, I'll give you the jacket if you help me with my video that I'm sending my mother. <laughs> so she's sending this video to her mother to wish her mother happy birthday. It's her mother's 40th birthday. Yeah. And what does she have Salt and Pepper do on the video as she sings along? She sings the song, Let's Talk About Sex. Oh, Whoa. And she's going to send this to her mother? I'm like, this is a little, you know, that scene's apparel right there, Jake. <laughs> yeah, that's PG. That's definitely PG. Parental guidance suggested for scenes of sex. Sing, I just thought it was weird. Like, like, did nobody think that that was not weird back in the 90s? Yeah. Oh, like, I understand that they were a hot act back then with that song and all that shit. But, like, she's sending a happy birthday video to her mother. And this is, like, her 14-year-old daughter Singing with salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> All the good things and the bad things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just thought it was weird. I don't that, know. That's very weird. That is. Yeah. What era was that of salt and pepper? That was like early 90s? That was like 91, 92, something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Wow. That's crazy. Pop music was so hilariously direct with its hooks back in the day like that, too. Oh, man, dude. I used to love, like, the old school TLC. Not the fucking waterfall chasing yeah. bullshit. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, um, what was that? No the- Scrubs. No, I like uh what was that song they sang? Um Two Inches or a Yard Rock Hard if it's sagging. Ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> oh gotcha. <laughs> that shit was fucking hilarious, right. dude. That was funny shit. Then they had uh Sir Mixalot's video uh for Baby Got Back was banned from M T V and now the stuff that's out is ten times worse. Oh, yeah. I remember when they premiered that video. Oh, me too. I like I like recorded that shit. Like he's singing on a human ass. <laughs> yeah. Like he <laughs> <laughs> It's fantastic. If you get me drunk enough at karaoke, I can sing the entire fucking song. I've That's done awesome. that at weddings. Without the screen? Without the screen. Yeah. There you Without go. the fucking screen. There you Absolutely. Go. See, I'm all fat and old now, but so I get winded about three quarters of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about two comedy sitcoms that, that Jake, you're just gonna like blank out. You don't even give a fuck, do you? Sitcoms? Two, <laughs> two comedy sitcoms. They premiered on FX on uh, Thursday. Uh, the first is called Married, and it's with uh, Nat Faxon and Russ. Uh, Nat Faxon as Russ Bowman, and then Judy Greer as Lena Bowman. You probably remember like Judy Greer uh, was. Uh, in Arrested Development, she played uh, the the father Bluth. She played like his uh, secretary, the one that got like the boob job. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh yeah. god, she had a funny name too. I forget what her name was in Arrested Development. Uh, and was it Kitty? Or something? Kitty, yeah, yes. Kitty, yes. yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, let's see here. Nat Faxon, I don't know anything he's from really. He was in. Uh, he played like a really quick cameo in uh, Sex Tape that I saw. Oh, okay. But uh, he rem- he reminds me of. The way he looks, he reminds me of what's the guy from uh, Ed Helms? Oh, gotcha. He just kind of looks and reminds me of Ed Helms from Hangover. But uh, basically, this it's a, it's it's the story of a husband and wife that have lo- they've lost the spark in their marriage. Um, they have three daughters, uh, jobs, and then Russ is not getting laid at all anymore. Uh, he's always trying to get his wife Judy Greer in the sack and get her in the mood, and she's just not interested. So one day they're talking. And basically, she says that she doesn't want a divorce, but if he wants sex so bad, he's free to look uh, outside the marriage for sex. So she's kind of giving him a hall pass. Okay. And saying, if you want sex, you can look for it outside the marriage. She's just not attracted to him anymore. Um, so I, I think that's like the premise of the show, where it goes every week. Gotcha. Um, and it's it's actually it's pretty funny watching this married man get into these situation situations like with women that uh, that I'm sure he wouldn't want to date at all on any level. But the link that he goes to just to get a piece of ass is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Um, gets himself into some crazy situations. Um, so I'm gonna give Mary to taste it. Uh, it's it's pretty funny and, and it's definitely worth a watch. I don't know if it's something I'm gonna keep watching. But it was it was okay. I liked it. Uh, the second FX show is called "You're the Worst," which I thought was going to be the worst of the two shows that premiered. Okay, uh, man, was I wrong. Um, this show is pretty fucking brilliant. Uh, so I'm starting off with just giving it a Tupperware. Okay. Right off the bat. It stars Aya Cash as Gretchen and Chris Greer as Jimmy. I like to think of Aya Cash as, uh, Zoe Deschanel 2.0. She, she kind of reminds me a ton of her, but in the show, she doesn't hold back, you know, her dark side. Okay. Um, and the show starts off at a wedding where you see these newlyweds and they're talking about how happy they are, uh, that it's their wedding day. 
and all the stuff that you know usually makes me sick as a human being to listen to. <laughs> now, don't get upset with me. It's just that I have been married before. Uh, it, it fucking crashed and burned. I'm bitter. And, and now I'm a cynical asshole because of it. So, and another thing, you know, I'm getting I'm getting sick with the dating scene in general. Oh, jeez. Can I talk about this a little let's bit? Let's hear it. All right, let's. Yeah, this let me peel back the fucking curtains, okay? So I've been single for a few months now, and I've gone out on a, quite a few dates since then, and they've all been fucking disasters. So like, I've done like this whole online dating thing. It fucking sucks, okay? It fucking sucks. Talk to me, Frank. I think it's kind of hit or miss. I actually met my wife on Match.com, but, I mean, she wasn't the first person that I dated off of there. Uh, there was one gal that, uh, for lack of a better term, she tried to play like the ice queen and then wanted to be clingy when I was done. And then uh, another chick who was in the middle of her divorce, and I could tell she was after somebody for money, but right. – uh yeah, I mean, I really lucked out with my wife, but, uh, I mean, with that, I think it's like, you got, you gotta play for a long time before you, you know, find something of value in it. Yeah. This whole online dating thing is just fucked up. It's like, yeah, like match.com, you know, like, it, it, it's weird. It's like, uh, it's like a fucking, like, buffet. And yeah. You're just sliding through on your phone, looking <laughs> at pictures, reading profiles. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucked up. And then people view you and they view your profile and then they can wink at you yeah. and I don't know, man. I'm getting I'm 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 almost done with it. I've gone out on like seven or eight dates. Oh shit. And they've they've been just yeah, I went out on a couple last week and they were it was a fucking nightmare. Damn. <laughs> okay, the first one the first <laughs> let me talk about this shit. The first one. Yeah, let me talk let, let me talk about some of these dates. Oh, went out on one date with this chick. And we fucking went out, and she we met at this uh, this uh, restaurant, and they had live music playing. So you've been around places when they got live music playing. How yeah. am I supposed to get to know you when I can't even hear what the fuck you're saying? Yeah, was that was that her idea of a place to go? Yeah. Oh. So Ugh. I didn't want to travel out of town to meet her anyway. I didn't really <laughs> care to meet this girl. Yeah. She was like, "I'm going to be there. She's in, in town where you live." And she's like, "Do you want to get together?" And I was like, "Ah, sure, whatever. She might be cool. Who knows?" I meet her. Totally not my type. She starts telling me about how like her last date lasted like seven or eight hours. Ended up in, uh, in, in a strip club in St. Louis, which. You know, I'm not going to judge. I, I I ended up on a strip club on one of my dates a few years ago, but it was against my will. Like, I've gotten fucking, you know, I've gone to strip clubs in the past, but that was in my 20s and shit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, one night I ended up at a strip club on a first date, and it was a fucking nightmare, dude. I, I got, can I, I was drinking and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, she comes out of the bath. I come out, no, I go out of the bath. I come out of the bathroom. This is years ago, but, like, uh, I come out of the bathroom and this chick just like grabs me by the back of the head and just starts like jamming on me, making out with me. <laughs> number Holy one, shit. number one, the chick's breath was so fucking bad. Oh, it was so fucking bad. Yeah, it was so bad. And like after that, I was like, hey, do you want to, do you want a mint? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I was like, do you want a mint? And she's like, oh no, I'm fine. She like acted like offended when I offered her a mint. Oh yeah, you're doing her a favor, doing her a I, service. Exactly. I honestly, though, I think like if I would have tossed the mint like in the direction of her mouth, <laughs> I think think that like her the vapors of her breath would have like melted it before it even hit the top. It would have been like a green mist going up into the air. Yeah, it would have been yeah. like throwing something in the uh, pit of Mount Doom. You know? <laughs> like throwing like a mango down there, just watching it evaporate. 
So yeah, this chick was crazy. But I but she's telling me she ended up at a strip club and had a great time. She's like dancing with the strip. I'm like, okay, number one, yeah, I guess you're you're the kind of chick that I don't want to date. I mean, I, not, not take home to mom. I mean, I, I guess that some some people like might like a chick like that. But like, I didn't want to end up at a fucking strip club. No. So I think that's like a first date party file anyway to talk about how great and how long your last date was anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, which brings me to another date that I had a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I had another date. thought this chick was going to be really cool, really into Star Trek. And I thought I was like, oh, that's cool. She likes Star Trek. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Started talking about that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, these girls have worked out a way to make themselves not look like anything in the fucking pictures. It's amazing. And I was talking to my sister about this. My sister cuts my hair and I'm sitting down. I'm telling her about like all these dates that I've gone on, how fucking horrible they are. And I was like, how do these women do these with these pictures? And she's like, oh, you're talking about when they take the selfies? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. Did they shoot it overhead? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, that's what it is. They can always get themselves at like this amazing angle. It's like, it's like the, it's like the homemade glamour shot, like doing it overhead. Yeah. Like, 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 a, like a downward look on their face. Cause you can't really see like what they look like head on. Yeah. So this girl looked like nothing like her picture. So I feel sorry for tall guys. Tall guys are probably dating ugly women and have no idea because <laughs> they're always looking down on the chick. But anyway, plus side is, is you get an idea of what you're looking at if she ever drops down on her knees. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> so, Sorry. yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that when I got there. So, no, I get there and, like, I go to her, actually, the date's at her place. And, like, she gets pizza and, like, I'm totally, from the get-go, I'm not into this chick. I can just tell, like, there's no attraction on my end. And we're talking, like, we watch a little bit of TV, blah, blah, blah. And she starts talking about how she was in an eight-year marriage and all this stuff. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. And then she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, is this weird? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> no, it wasn't And I go, now. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said, it was not until you said that. Now it's weird. And then, and then I was like, I'm already looking for an out on this anyway. I don't want to – this is not a girl I want to date, whatever. And I look at her and I say, I don't think you're ready to date. You wouldn't have said that had you been ready to date. So I don't think you're ready to date. And then she gets all fucking weird with me, dude. She's oh, yeah. like, then she gets all weird. She's like, she's like, you know what? You're a really nice guy, but you know, I think. And then I was like, I looked at her and I started to laugh. I go, Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> 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 and she's like, she's she's like, she didn't know how to take that. And so like after I don't know after a few minutes, I'm just like, Hey, had a really good time. I gotta go. Bye. Yeah. And I bolted. And I was like, Wow, what a fucking waste of time. I was like, Ah, big deal. I got another date. This was Sunday night. I was like, Ah, big deal. I got another date on Tuesday. So I'm going out with this chick on Tuesday. So we meet at this place. And we sit down, and of course, boom, she looks nothing like her fucking picture. Then she starts telling me about a guy that she had great chemistry with that's separated from his wife. And that's why things didn't work out, because he hasn't left her yet. Oh, God. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, you're on a fucking date with me. You're telling me about this guy that's separated and how you guys had great chemistry, but you're still friends. And he just invited her to go to Missouri. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So I'm like... Okay, hold on. I was, I'm just sitting there kind of like soaking this all in. And then I was like, I gotta go use, I gotta go use the restroom. And so I, no, I didn't ditch her. (laughs) Sticking about calling somebody and being like, hey, listen to this shit. This is fucked up. But I didn't. I just went, I went to the restroom. I came back and I sat down and she's like, hey, do you, do you want to, uh, do you want to play some pool or do you want to eat some pizza? You want to get something to eat? And I was like, 
no, I think I'm going to get going. And she's like, oh, is it because I told you that story? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's not because of that. And then she, then she's like, well, everything was okay. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it wasn't okay. First off, you look nothing like you look like in the fucking picture that you sent me. And you know this. But that's besides the point. I'm not like a shallow yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Seriously, like uh, when I met my ex-wife, I wasn't instantly attracted to her. I fell in love with her because of her personality. That was a huge fucking mistake. But anyway, <laughs> so this chick, she fucking – she tells me like uh, – she's like, no, I think everything got weird after I told you that story. And I turned to her and I was like, all right, let me give you a little bit of advice for future dates. When you're out on a date, don't talk about the guy that separated that you had great chemistry with because it might scare off some guy that's really interested in you. And I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of advice to help you. Because this girl had been single for like two years, and maybe that's the fucking reason. I'm sure she took yeah. that great, right? Oh, she – like, well, basically, uh, it got real quiet. And then I said, it was really nice meeting you. You're a really sweet girl. Um, I, I paid for her drinks, and then I left. Yeah. And then, of course, I got like another text the next day, like this – three page long text message like oh i don't think he gave me the you know i'm not into this guy i don't think he gave me a chance blah 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 blah. but uh yeah all my dating's a fucking nightmare and uh, one time i ended up uh meeting this girl oh my god one time i ended up meeting this girl and i met her and she was drunk when we met oh, holy no. shit drunk off of her ass she ended up puking oh. later on that night and then asking me if I liked her. Oh, wow. She kept, are you having a good time? Are you having a good time? Oh, yeah, I'm having a great time. You fucking yacked five minutes ago. This Ugh. is awesome. This is like a magical night. I'll, when we have kids one day, we'll, we'll talk about this with them. Yeah, I remember when your mom, she looked, she showed up drunk and she was gorgeous and then she puked all over the place. It was a magical night. It was like <laughs> Cinderella. So, yeah, I was her prince and, uh, I, I held her hair for her. It was wow. amazing. So, yeah, and then I ended up, oh my god, then one night, then on another date I had years ago, I ended up at this girl's place, and her place looked like a pigsty. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, online dating sucks, dating sucks. This is why I'm talking about this next show, and why it connects with me so much, because the characters in this show are bitter and jaded, like myself, about dating, and they have no plans to date anyone. Um, and it's, uh, it's called You're the Worst. And uh, I loved it. The the show, like I said, uh, they're at this wedding, and we find out that Jimmy was the ex boyfriend uh, of the bride. And during the reception, he's having a dance with her, and says that he's a little surprised that he was invited, and that he's glad he came though. And then he goes on to say. Sometimes you just want to witness the birth of a disaster so that later, when the house is engulfed in flames, you can say, yep, I was there when they installed the faulty wiring. <laughs> That's funny. A huge argument then breaks out between her and him, and he's tossed from the wedding. Uh, this is where he meets Gretchen outside, played by Aya Cash, and they start talking, and she apparently is the sister of the bride's best friend. He ends up taking her home and fucking her. Gretchen is jaded and fucked up, too, so neither of them want a relationship, and they just want to bang each other. The sex scenes in the show are pretty graphic, and they're pretty funny, too. There's a scene where Jimmy is going down on Gretchen and then does the porno move where he spits on her vagina. Uh <laughs> And I'm going to play the audio from that scene. Oh, shit. What other show that you listen to is going to play an audio clip from a, from a TV show where a guy spits on a pussy? 
this fucking show right here. Pop culture leftovers. Here we go. You're the worst. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, don't stop, you son of a bitch. Oh, you just spit on it? Yeah? You just spit on my vagina. So? Don't. Why? Why don't spit on my vagina? It's saliva. It's going to get there anyway. Mm. <laughs> there he continues to go down on her some more. It's... That's- that's really, funny. yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's a love story of two jaded assholes who hate relationships and all the bullshit that comes with getting them together. Uh, that, that comes, they actually, be, they start a couple, that being a couple. The show is, uh, absolutely hilarious. It's charming and raunchy at the same time. I'm gonna Tupperware the shit out of this show so far. I'm definitely gonna be watching this. This is really fucking smart comedy. I FX, love this. FX Thursday nights, do you say? FX Thursday nights. It's on like uh, 9, 10 o'clock, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, past 7, it sounds like. Yeah, you're the worst. Oh, my God. And that's like a summertime series here? Yeah, it's uh, one of these summer series. Hopefully it does really well, and then they'll like slide it into their fall lineup or something. Sounds totally up my alley. Wow, FX is going really daring with their programming lately. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've always had It's Always Sunny and, and stuff like that, but like... You're the worst. I hope this show sticks around. It is really fucking funny. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. This I really is- liked Happy Endings. It's a shame that that got took off the air. Yeah, it was a great show. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, should I talk about uh, Snowpiercer? Yes. Or should I talk about Purge Anarchy? Oh, you saw Purge Anarchy. I'm interested to hear about both of them. All right, which one do you guys want to hear first? Let's hear about Purge first. Purge? Purge. All right, I went and saw The Purge Anarchy. Uh, It's the follow-up to last year's The Purge, which we actually did an episode on. Yeah, I remember. Uh, It started, that uh, the original Purge, it starred Ethan Hawke, and... uh, uh, what did what did I think we gave? I think I gave it a taste. I think I tasted it too. Yeah, uh, it start this uh, purge anarchy. Anarchy, excuse me. It stars Frank Grillo, uh, who played Brock Rumlow slash Crossbones in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, gotcha. It also had uh, Zach Guilford uh, in Purge Anarchy. He played uh, Matt Saracen on TV's Friday Night Lights, which is one of my favorite TV shows. So I'm just throwing him out there. Um, I wanted to point this out too. Friday Night Lights now has three actors who have played or are playing superheroes. Hmm. Taylor Kitsch played Gambit in Wolverine Origins. Michael B. Jordan will be uh, playing Johnny Storm. And then Adrienne Palicki, she played Wonder Woman on the unaired uh, Wonder Woman TV pilot. Gotcha. You're going to so. count that, huh? Yeah, I am going to count that. All right. Totally going to count that. Anyway, The Purge Anarchy. It's a it's a pretty good movie, and considering it's a sequel um, to a pretty mediocre film at yeah. most. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see, though, was um, Outside the House. Right, right. So. I like I. What, what was, was that? that? I have no idea. Yeah, charge. <laughs> My shit's locked down. Yeah, my shit's all off. Was that something outside, like a horn? It could have been. Yeah. <laughs> the Duke said. Ba, 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 ba. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know if our listeners heard that, but I heard like the yeah. Sorry. It had. We, I think it came through the mics pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I don't know. I like I like the Purge, the original, but it had issues. Um, you know, the movie, this movie, it has its faults, but the characters are okay. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not saying that they are engaging or the movie is uh, defining in any way, but each character has their little story arc, and it works in the film. It all comes together. This time, The Purge is not taking place in a house like we saw last time, but like Jake says, it's actually outside, um, and uh, it's people are uh, on the streets, and nobody is safe. Yeah, uh, There are definitely moments in this film that make you jump, and you get the feeling that at any time in this movie, anyone can die. Yeah. Uh, Frank Grillo is a badass in this movie, and if you're stuck on the streets during The Purge, he is the guy that you want on your side. Uh, he's also an anti-hero who is not out to save the day, but this guy, in fact, he has someone on his mind that he intends to purge. <laughs> so that makes him a very interesting character to follow throughout this movie. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't know, the, the Purge, is, is it still the same premise? It's one day out of a year for 24 hours. Everyone yeah. kind of turns a blind eye to any crime. Right. And you're allowed to murder, and it goes off the books. Right. And it's supposed to, like, help the economy. Yeah. And, like, fl- you know, like, you know, just... Reduce the crime rates. Reduce the ki- crime rates, because, like, once a year, everybody can just get it the fuck out of their system. Yeah. So anything goes during the purge. Uh, you just can't go... There's, like, different rules. Like, you can't, like, you know, have a tank or something like that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know... There is no central villain in the movie like there was in the first film. Yeah. Even though there was multiple villains in the first film, we had like that central villain. That Heath Ledger ripoff. Yeah. The, uh, the Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but rather, there's just tons of villains that, that are lurking everywhere throughout this entire movie. I like this movie and I'm going to give it a taste that by no means is this movie a uh, movie that you have to see. I would recommend just waiting for Redbox and watching this one, you know, late at night, you know, maybe with somebody. And there is a character from the first film that pops up in this movie, and I almost didn't recognize the character at first, but it was cool how the character showed up and was introduced. Gotcha. Are you going to spoil? No, I'm not going to spoil. Ah. So watch The Purge, watch Purge Anarchy, and just try to remember there's a there's a central character in that first film that does show up towards the end of this film. That's all I'm going to tell you. But Frank Grillo in this movie, he has been approached by fans now after uh, seeing him in this Purge Anarchy film. Oh, I've heard this. And they want him to play Frank Castle, the Punisher. Yeah, he's he's all about it too from what I hear. I mean, it, in some ways it makes sense, uh, and in other ways it makes no sense at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, first off, he plays a character in the film that's much like Frank Castle who lost a family member and now he wants revenge and, 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 and he did it so well in this Purge movie. But it doesn't make sense because he's already been cast as, uh, Crossbones. As Crossbones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, but here's what Frank Grillo had to say about playing Frank Castle. Uh, he says, I've been bombarded with people asking me about the Punisher. It's amazing. The interesting thing is, look, my friend Chris Evans started out as the Human Torch. And then he became Captain America. So I'm going to have to follow up on this. Hmm. So yeah, the difference there though is that he went from Fox to Marvel Studios, two different studios, as to where here here he's going from Marvel to Marvel. Right. There's no continuity, you know, issues, but there are here because people know him as Crossbone. Is does Marvel Studios have the rights to the Punisher? Am I right about that? They reverted back to Marvel Studios maybe a year or two ago. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He better be careful. Thomas Jane is still pretty fanatical about being the Punisher. He, yeah. What's his uh, name is going to have to keep his eyes open while he sleeps. You know, Thomas Jane has my vote. Yeah. He does. He has my vote because of that dirty laundry video that he came out with. He directed it, wrote it, whatever. 
if you've never seen uh, Thomas Jane as the Punisher in a short film that he made called Dirty Laundry, check it out. It's fucking amazing. It's the Punisher the way he should be. It's yeah. really good. So definitely check that out. But the Purge Anarchy, I'm going to give it a taste. It was fun. It was actually fun seeing like what's going on out in the streets during the Purge. Yeah, I'm excited to see it when it comes out on vid. Yeah. All right, Snowpiercer. Yes. I'm going to talk about it. I just saw it. I have no notes on it, but Snowpiercer. I, I don't know how to really explain this movie. It's a science fiction film. It's starring Chris Evans. And, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say it, man. This movie, to me, is a Tupperware. It's, oh. It's innovative. I mean, it takes from a lot of different things. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that this movie is like a combination of Titanic meets The Day After Tomorrow meets uh, Titanic Day After Tomorrow meets uh, Gangs of New York. Wow, it's yeah. got Gangs of New York level Damn. violence, and it's got like the uh, different factions like that were on the boat of the Titanic, where you've got your, you know, you know, your, you know. Your third or fourth level passengers. <laughs> gotcha. And then the day after tomorrow where it's like, you know, everything's frozen on the earth. Okay, what's fucked up about this is like I went and saw it at Landmark. Okay. And I didn't know this. I thought every fucking theater had trailers. Yeah. And you could show up maybe 10 minutes late and you're still going to be able to see the movie. 12 o'clock showing. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't have to be there till like 12.10. I get there at 12.05. The movie has already fucking started. Oh, wow. Shit. Five minutes in, so I miss all the exposition. So oh, I, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. They're in this fucking train. I have no fucking clue what is going on, Jake. Oh, God. So, oh, check this shit out. So I'm in there, and you know how – we've had some beautiful days here in Illinois. Yeah. Beautiful 70-degree weather, sun shining. It's beautiful. So the sun is shining bright today. I go from outside where the sun is just bright as fuck into this theater that – Typically, when you go in at 12.05, if the movie starts at 12, they still have got some lights on. You can see where the hell you're going. Yeah. No, the movie's already started. It's pitch black. <laughs> uh, you're blind from coming in from the light. <laughs> Seriously, I think as I'm trying to find my seat, I, I, I'm feeling around for seats. I think I grabbed the tit. <laughs> I see, no, I'm see, I grabbed somebody. <laughs> I'm not lying here. I grabbed somebody. I don't know if it was a male breast or oh, a female breast. Yeah. But I was like, I like, this is what happened. I, I go to sit down and I like, I like, I'm like feeling for the seat and I'm thinking I'm going to pull a seat down and then be able to sit down on it. Yeah. No, but I grab like this, this big ball of flesh <laughs> and, and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I walk away and I go, oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then, then I turn my phone on and I'm like flashing it around looking for a seat and I sit down. My eyes finally adjust. Man, I was blinded. I didn't know, know where to sit down or where to go, and I'm, I'm grabbing people's body parts. <laughs> so I, I'm sitting down, and I'm, like, shaking my head. I'm embarrassed. Like, oh, my God, this is not a good way to start this film. Yeah. And I don't even know what's going on. I yeah. just see Chris Evans talking to this guy in a train. This guy looks like Geppetto from Pinocchio. He's talking sure, to, I have no idea what's going on. I'm sure there was, like, a paragraph or two of exposition. There you had know, to have been. In a post-apocalyptic world. Exactly. Or in whatever year, and or whatever problem, it. or whatever they're here in the first place, why this train is a mile long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I missed everything. So I have no idea what's going on. So, like, I'm trying to listen, but I have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so it's, like, 1210 by this time. I'm yeah. listening. I still don't know what's going on. So, thank God for cell phones. I go to imdb.com and I read like what the what the movie's about. 
And because uh, I didn't want to know, I just wanted to sit down and like. But I went there. But you ruined your chance. But I ruined my chance. So I now I know what the movie's about. So now I can sit down and enjoy the movie. So now let's talk. Let me talk about Snowpiercer. It stars um, Chris Evans, and I really don't know anybody else in this movie. No, except for I think what's his name, John Hurt. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The British actor. Is that who I'm thinking of, John Hurt? Is that who's in it? I'll find out. Yeah, he played like the uh, voice of the dragon in the Merlin TV series. He's done a lot of work in Hollywood over the years. Um, But I think it's John Hurt. Yes, John Hurt. Thank you. So yeah, you know Chris Evans, John Hurt, and Ed Harris. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really want to bring him up. Oh, sorry. That's fine. I was going to let everybody watch this movie to because the best way to watch this movie is without some asshole telling you that Ed Harris is in it. But <laughs> I just looked at the cast. Give me a high five. <laughs> those, no, you're that asshole. Own it. Just own it. You're that asshole now. You're that asshole now. But that's cool. Just own it, man. Who gives a fuck? Well, I don't want to spoil the movie for myself either. So I'm an asshole to myself. I yeah. didn't know knowing Ed Harris. And it would would matter. It kind of does because it, it's. It, I, I'm not going to get into that, but Snowpiercer is just a bizarre science fiction film. It, it, it is really neat. Um, and yeah, I said neat. Who the fuck says neat? It's neato pedo. <laughs> but it's really it's it's cool. It's like basically like the premise is like the the Earth. I don't know what happened because I missed the exposition, but like. The Earth, like everything, is like below temperatures. Like where people like cannot inhabit the Earth because it's so fucking cold. It's- it was a, a failed global warming experiment. All right, thank you. Now I know this. Yeah, but so there, uh, everybody. It's like all of humanity that's left. Like I think six thousand people that are left are on this train, and you have different factions of people that are in the back of the train and then people that are in the front of the train. And of course you want to be in the front of the train. That's where the rich people are. And that's where people are like living it up. And in the back of the train, these people are forced to fucking fend for themselves. And they're, they're uh, basically everybody eats these, uh, I'm just going to call them shit granolas. Ugh. Yeah, they, they, it's protein, and they're supposed to eat these disgusting protein bars. That's like you're at a fucking fish concert. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, everybody's eating these protein bars, and they're just disgusting. They just look disgusting. <laughs> and so these people, like, they've been treated like shit. They're malnourished. And every once in a while, the people from the front of the train will come back there with their guns and their weapons, and they'll take the children, and they'll take the children to the front of the train, and they don't know what they're doing with these people's children. So it's all about this battle to get to the front of the train. And so they've been planning for like 18 years on how they're going to be able to get to the front of this train. And as they go through the different levels of this train, you see the train change. It's amazing. You know, you go from the back of the train, which is like this shithole, to the front of the train, where it's like they've got like an aquarium. They've got a sushi bar in one area. Shit. Jeez. They've got like a, a classroom area that they go to. And the, the, they're teaching these kids like the history of the train. And the man, his name is Wilford, this guy that like rescued all of humanity and put him on this train that never stops. And it does a revolution around the earth. Every time it does one revolution, it's been one year. So every time they pass a certain spot, it's New Year's Eve and they all party. Well, this happens to take place during New Year's Eve. And it's all about survival and trying to get to the front of the train and take over and take what take back whatever humanity they've lost. And 
it's really, really amazing. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's it's a movie I think everybody should see. It's in limited release. I know that Jake, you said that you can watch it on iTunes right now. You can rent it for like seven bucks. Yeah, you can. It's it's um. I'm reading an article about that right now. The headline is a Snowpiercer pioneering new method of movie distribution. Right, and it's available on pretty much all the VOD services. Yeah, for yeah, uh, six ninety nine. I saw that uh, last night when I was looking around for something to do, and I thought surely that wasn't the same movie, so I didn't even click on it because. You know, sometimes you see something and you get Frank, like three or four knockoffs. Definitely watch this at home. Otherwise, you're in a theater. Even though I spent less, I spent four dollars and fifty cents, and I got the cop a feel. <laughs> but you should still, but just watch oh, this yeah. at home. Yeah, I, I definitely would have yeah. clicked on it and got it last night had I known that that was the same one. But you know, I would never have expected that that something that was in the theaters would have been you know available on a video on demand type of thing. This is the best acting I've seen out of Chris Evans. There is a speech in this movie that's so fucking disturbing but at the same time so emotional mm. i was just so invested in him and that character this is a really good movie yeah it's, it's tupperware and you've got to see this you you have got to see snowpiercer it, it is just it is I, I man i i i it pulls from a lot of different elements from other movies but man it pulls them so well and executes so well for such a cheap low budget movie just you got to see Snowpiercer. It's it's really it's it's really a fucking wild movie to watch, man. It sounds like it's a huge success already too. It says it's already made more than a million in the first week on VOD platforms. That's great. That's excellent. And that gives some of these movies that don't put out a whole lot in advertising budgets a, a chance to have the word of mouth spread and actually earn some bucks. Well, yeah, I mean, this movie has a bigger problem than no advertising budget. It, it could only get into about five hundred theaters. Yeah. I mean, none of the theaters in my area were playing it. I had to show up here in Peoria at noon to go catch that showing. And I I had to see it. I had to see what all the buzz was about. Because, I mean, this had like a 93% on to- Rotten Tomatoes a couple weeks ago. I had to see this movie, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah, I'm going so. to bite down and spend the six ninety nine this week and check it out. Yeah, definitely. Man, I tell you what, I'm I'm not real big on you know social settings. Usually there's somebody that annoys the piss out of me, and it, it's easy to take me out of uh, you know uh, experience. If I could spend even $10 to rent one of these things that's out in the theater at the same time, or even 15 because of how much admission prices are anymore, I'd do it. Yeah. And you know what? You can make that a social setting too. I mean, if the price is even fifteen dollars, you invite four people over and split that up, and you're you're it's still not what you're all going to pay to go to the movie theater. True, people have been yeah. doing that for years with things like UFC and WWE pay per view things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, since this movie has come out, Japan has announced the development of a new luxury train uh, called the Cruise Train, which uh, they say are, is going to be the predecessor of the real life Snowpiercer train. Um, there are details uh, about this. The new luxury cruise-style train has been commissioned by Japan's JR East Railway Company and will be able to run on both electric and non-electric tracks. The 10-carriage train will cost about $50 million to develop, seats 34 passengers, and hopes to begin running in the spring of 2017. The train was designed by Ken Okiyama, who worked as a chief designer for General Motors, a senior designer for Porsche AG, and design director Pin and what the fuck? Now that's the that's the real life designer of the train, not the movie fictional designer. No, this is uh, since this movie's come out. Yes, uh, Japan wants to develop a train 
called the cruise train, which is actual. It, it, they're going to make it look like the Snowpiercer. That's hilarious. Uh, the train will consist of five suites, one deluxe suite, two glass-walled observation cars, a dining car, and lounge. The five normal suites will each have a private bathroom with a shower with a toilet. The deluxe suite will feature a top sleeping space on the split level with a traditional Japanese dining area and two double beds on the bottom. The observation carriage at the front of the train will allow passengers to see onto the tracks ahead. The bad news, though, is that there's no pool or aquarium cars on this version of the Snowpiercer because that was a fucking cool scene as they're going through the Snowpiercer train. There's like a whole car that's an aquarium and you see like stingrays and exotic fish like swimming around this fucking tr- this train it, <laughs> it it was really neat it it was you go from the back of the train into different levels different cars of this train and it just feels like it's a completely total different experience it's amazing how a movie that starts out so dark and dingy yeah can just like move on to different levels in these cars and you're just seeing like a completely different level. It's like it's like going to different boss levels. It's almost like it's just really oh God. You just got to see this movie. And I'm Snowpiercer, Chris Evans. And I'm thinking in a post-apocalyptic world, like the aquarium cart takes on a whole new meaning. I mean, those might be the last existing. It's exactly of those what it creatures. Is. They that, have a whole ecosystem built within this fucking train. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like they a futuristic can, Noah's Ark. They can exactly. They can only eat. They explain they can only eat the sushi once every six months. Like, like you're lucky you caught us in July or whatever yeah. because uh, you can eat the sushi. Uh, the rest of the year they have to let the natural course of this ecosystem evolve and and you know blah blah blah. So it's really neat. They have uh, like a they've got that botanists on board there, you know, taking care of plants and vegetation and things like that. And uh, I mean, I don't know where the animals were on this thing, but you know, there's there's a character in later in the movie who's eating a steak. I mean, this. It, this is a really fucking cool movie. Now, I got a question for you. You might have missed this, but how long since the incident has took place when the movie starts? I'm trying to think here. The best that I can gather is that it was 17 years. Okay. Because the character of Chris Evans started off 17 years old. Um, he, he mentioned at one time, like, the he remembered the last time that he was out in the actual world. He was 17, and it's 17 years later. Gotcha. So, okay. And the train goes nonstop. It never stops. Wow. It, it always keeps going. And there's the, they, they explain the science about how this train can keep going, where they get their water from. Yeah, it's like a perpetual motion system. Yeah, it's hmm. it's really, really awesome. I Snowpiercer, highly recommend this. It, it really, it's thought provoking. It's a, it's a great performance by Chris Evans, and definitely check this movie out. So yeah, yep. I give it a Tupperware. Yeah, you want this is a little off topic, but talking about Chris Evans, something I saw that really blew my mind this week. Yeah, is an Entertainment Weekly writer did a uh, ranked the Marvel movies. Yeah, um, one through nine. What are the best Marvel movies? Right. Their number one was um, the Winter Soldier. Really, and their number two was Captain America, the first, the first Avenger. I was shocked by that. People do not give Captain America, the first movie, enough credit. Yeah, they really don't. I don't think it's better than Avengers, but I don't. That I don't think people give that first movie enough credit. People are like, oh, I want to see World War Two, a great World War Two movie. Yeah, bullshit. I want to see personally, me. I want to see Marvel do World War Two. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean. I don't. And it had a different feel to it, a different look. I don't want to see – if I want to watch World War II, I'll watch Band of Brothers. 
Yeah. But if I want to see Mar- the way Marvel does World War II, I think that Captain America movie did a fantastic job. I agree. I liked it. I The first time I saw it, I was kind of down on it. But then the second time I watched it, I enjoyed it a lot more. Give me more Holland Commandos, I'll be happier. Yeah. And yeah. you know what really downed me on it? And I try not to be this way, but the changing the way um, Bucky died. Yeah. Really rubbed me the wrong way the first time. And then right. the second time I was over that and I, yeah. I was able to enjoy the movie more. Yeah. But having his death not tied to Steve's um, getting frozen, especially when you're going to introduce Winter Soldier later on, yeah. really just like tweaked me a bit the first time. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. It is one of my favorite Marvel movies that they've come out with, is Cap- the original Captain America. Yeah, I was just surprised that a major publication was going to put that right there, number two. Wow, yeah, that is bold. Yeah. So. Especially over Avengers. Where over was, Avengers? Yeah, where was Avengers over, Avengers was three, Iron Man was four. Yeah, I was blown away by that list. So, yeah, Snowpiercer, check it out. It's really fucking good. It's really good. If it's in your area, watch it. If not... Like I said, you can check it out. Uh, iTunes, six ninety nine to rent, and I think it's fourteen ninety nine to to actually own it if you want to own it and watch it on all your all your uh, iDevices. Yeah, I, I almost thought about that too because it's like just a couple bucks more, and you just own the damn thing. Right. It's right. like why don't I just do that? Yeah, because it's definitely worth like uh, two viewings. Can I blab on about this top nine Marvel movie shit again? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Thor: The Dark World is number nine. Really? Listen to this. They call it the Batman and Robin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's pretty harsh, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so. Huh. so I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was terrible. I don't know what would my. No, I mean, uh, you know, fucking uh, Tom Hiddleston is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. I, I You know what really cracked me up? I thought about you when I saw this. Was I pretty. Yeah, Iron Man 3 is number five of Are nine. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, you can tell when people... everybody loves this fucking Shane Black. <laughs> I did character-driven Tony Stark story. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. I thought it was pretty good. <sighs> I don't think I hated it as much as you did, Brian. But I didn't like it. I mean, it had its funny moments, but on the whole, I mean, I thought it was pretty fucking. Weak. We don't take Iron Man's arch nemesis and turn him into a fucking joke. Yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> Especially since in, in Iron Man, you were leading up to all these things with the, with the rings. Yeah. You know, with that whole organization and then they and then they just shit on it. But you know, to do the Mandarin, I bet they were probably afraid of some people talking about racial stereotypes. Bullshit! They had it done, Frank. They could have kept fucking uh, Ben Kingsley the exact same way he was and made him the Mandarin. Right. They had figured it out. They didn't have to have fucking Fu Manchu in there being a racial stereotype. Right. But they had it figured out. They had Ben Kingsley. He could have just stuck with. It couldn't have been. They didn't have to do the fucking Trevor joke. Right. Yeah. I I completely agree I, with. You. They didn't have to do the Oriental thing, but I think they were wanting to go so far away from it that they didn't want to make him the bad guy for whatever reason. They took every – like he was a scary fucking guy. Yeah. When he took on fucking Stark's mansion and blew it the fuck up, I was like, this guy is a real threat. Yeah. But he wasn't the threat. Yeah. And that was what took me out of the movie. Right. That's what took me out of the movie right there when they did that stupid reveal yep. that he was just this actor named Trevor. I was like, I'm out. This is bullshit. That's like making the Joker just a regular guy that was just like an actor. It's like doing the same. You're just you're shitting on Batman lore at that right. point. I don't and think I, it's to that proportion, though. I, I do. Mean, the, the Joker this is, is no. a household name, though. And I the know. Mandarin is not. 
But he could have been. He yeah. could have been. But the Joker was No, before. he could have been. What the fuck makes you want to go back and read any of those old Mandarin comics now? Nothing. Yeah. Because they didn't do the character justice. They don't have to. And you know what? They, oh, you're worried about having the Mandarin and his ten rings and uh, introducing magic into the fucking Marvel Universe before they introduce Doctor Strange. Bullshit. It's not magic. It's alien technology. Just explain it that way. You don't have to fucking make it this fucking punchline it's not a joke i didn't i didn't think it was funny shane black i didn't appreciate it and i know that there are some people who are like just oh blown away that's brilliant that's really funny no. but no this is iron man's joker it's not on the same level because he's not a household name but he could be because we have robert downey jr playing probably one of the most iconic superheroes to man right now yeah i mean i agree on that level that they blew their chance to do the mandarin and do the mandarin right and cool i want people to know what the mandarin in the comic books is like not even though they couldn't do it the way that they do in the comics because of like racial things but they could have done it in a way where they made the mandarin legitimate yeah and they took that from me i was really excited when he blew up tony stark's mansion and and i was like holy shit they're really making the mandarin a threat here this is cool yeah and it was it did it really did burn out your expectations because like you're seeing the trailers for iron man 3 and you're like man they're doing such a good job of hi- hiding all the mandarin shit yeah and it's like no they're not doing a good job of hiding it it's it's the story, just not there <laughs> the story completely jumped itself off a cliff at that point because see, I, I yeah yeah it as as much tension as they built up there and then poof it was all gone you're just left feeling like what the fuck yeah i i don't know i'm not i liked iron man 3 no i mean okay if i want to see a buddy cop film i'll watch a buddy cop film i don't need to see you know don chadle and robert downey jr going through a house and and uh you know shooting bad guys and blah 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 the, shane black I like him when he's doing original properties. Yeah. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, I loved it. I love it, it too. it was a great movie. But keep him away from anything Marvel. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I hear you. I, I know. We get plenty of Robert Downey Jr. fighting insane special effects shit in the Avengers movies. And I'm okay with the more grounded but solo But this was movie. the first movie of Phase 2 to kick things off. And I think it was a real letdown. And I think it was a, I think it was a real letdown to a lot of the fans that were hoping to see an actual, you know, uh, battle between the Mandarin and and uh, Iron Man because that's kind of the lead up, man. It's like, where do you go? What's the organic pro- progression to this character? He's got a battle the Mandarin. I agree with that to a and point. And it was more like a battle between him and Guy Pierce and the Extremis virus. And then, you know, like the whole thing was like. Oh, okay. Iron Man is going to be the guy uh, with his uh, innovative tech and, and his mind and his brilliance that's going to take down Extremis. He doesn't need the suit to take down Extremis. No. You know, he's this brilliant guy. But what eventually takes down Extremis? His fucking girlfriend that's infected with Extremis. <laughs> Come on. I hear you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I had the same disappointment after seeing it, too, just because of its placement right after Avengers and it being the first Phase 2 movie. But I think time has kind of helped those wounds. Like, when you watch, when you rewatch it, you're not watching it with those kind of extra... Rewatching Iron Man 3? Yeah. I haven't done that, yeah, and I, I will not do it. And I vowed on the first podcast <laughs> that we did, when we did uh, episode, I think it was episode 2 or 3, that was our Iron Man podcast, I said I would never watch Iron Man 3 again. And I have not, and I've stuck to that, and I never will watch it again. Yeah, you're, it's your loss. 
Fuck that. It's not my loss. <laughs> like I said, I don't take it to the extreme that Brian does, but I doubt I ever watch it again. I did not enjoy that movie. Yeah, I liked it better than Iron Man 2. I said it then. Uh, I still yeah. enjoy Iron Man 2 more than I did fucking Iron Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man 2 is ridiculous to me. Like all the whiplash stuff. Oh, my God. No, at I'm, least he was I'm still the bl- bad guy. I'm not blaming John Favreau for that. I am blaming Marvel Studios for that movie. They wanted to throw too many things in there so it would tie in with their their, their future films and their future universe. Yeah. And the movie Chef is kind of like a uh, an homage to that whole Marvel experience that fucking John Favreau went through where he couldn't do things his way. So he left and he's making movies the way he wants to make them and good for John Favreau. Yeah, he's a cool great shit. guy and uh, I fucking love John Favreau. Oh, I love John Favreau too. So... Um, no fault to you, John Favreau, and uh, yeah, just like throwing Black Widow in there for those certain scenes. And oh yeah, there's just there's certain things that that Marvel just made that made John Favreau do, which uh, that 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 really hurt and hindered that Iron Man two film for sure. Until Avengers came out, I think we all thought Black Widow was going to be terrible just yeah. based on. Iron right. Man too. Right. Great action sequences even in that film. Yeah. yeah. But just her the character and the and the back and forth between her and Tony Stark, I just didn't really care for it. So. Yeah. Iron Man three, I, I stand by it. I know Frank's saying that it didn't have a villain through and through, but it really was a character piece and I thought it did a good job of that. I liked seeing Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark post stress after all the events of Avengers. I thought it was a great performance by Robert Downey. And I, I, I thought it it's really a fun place to put the character in between the movies. He was the best part of that movie. I'm not taking anything away from Robert Downey Jr. I'm I thought taking, the child actor was good. I'm taking everything away from the direction that they took the film into. Yeah. So I hate it when you you read somebody who sets up a list like that, and you can tell it's not even that they have to be a hardcore fan or a uh, somebody who is familiar with the core material, but you can tell when they're just – they're not thinking at all. I mean the guy who put that as number five was probably thinking that it was hilarious that the kid – that he called the kid a pussy. I don't I think mean, that came into the guy's rating. At, oh, he called the kid a pussy. I'm going to give it a five. Not specifically, but I mean <laughs> – I, mean, I mean like the humor though. I mean, he might have found that like to be extremely funny having to do with Robert Downey's character. It, he wasn't paying any attention to the plot points, how anything flowed at all through that movie. I think, I think the movie I, did flow. How did the movie down not the flow? toilet? Oh, I, I mean, it flowed like a bad menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like the movie itself was not an Iron Man movie. First, it was a Shane Black movie. It was Shane Black flexing his muscles. But a lot of people say that Marvel doesn't give these uh, guys creative control. I think they, they gave Shane Black way too much control, and I wish Marvel would have stepped in and said, what the fuck are you doing? There's too much Christmas bullshit in here. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that's a theme in all of his movies. I like how I got you going on Iron Man 3. I could do this for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, it's like, I don't know. Iron Man 3 was just – it did not do – the character justice and, and i i feel like which yeah. character tony stark yeah uh, tony stark uh first off it's like yeah i understand it's like oh okay he doesn't need the suit 
yeah, okay, we're going to show him out of the suit doing what he does and overcoming everything. Yeah, I get that. That's great. But he was not the one who defeated Extremis by the end of the movie. Yeah. So that's bullshit. Oh, well, he needs he needs help. Even even Tony Stark needs help every now and again. No, it was cool that Pepper Potts was like, whatever, she empowered and stopped it and whatever. But when you're leading up to the whole fucking thing, the whole thing is leading up to, oh, I don't need the suit. I don't need the suit. I don't need the suit. Okay, I can overcome this myself. Well, yeah, you didn't need the suit. I guess all you needed was a badass girlfriend with the extremist. <laughs> and I didn't like that. I, if, if Tony Stark is going to overcome this thing, he needed to overcome it. He didn't need to have his girlfriend help him. Yeah. yeah. Okay? That's where they fucked up. Number two, they fucked up the Mandarin. I'm not going to get into that anymore. They yeah. did. They fucked up the Mandarin. They made the Mandarin a punchline. I didn't appreciate it. Agreed. I think that they found a way to work around the whole racial stereotype. And they did a great job doing that. And then they took away from everybody that had been following Iron Man, the first film where they talked about that group called the Ten Rings. I don't even know if they really fucking exist anymore at this point. Yeah. Or if they were all working for Guy Pierce. I have no idea because it's so fucking convoluted. <laughs> it was a Shane Black movie first and a Marvel movie second. Yeah. And I understand that, yeah, they wanted to see a lot more of Tony Stark out of the suit because you know what? He's the draw. Everybody loves to see Robert Downey Jr.'s face, and that was great. We got to see a lot of Robert Downey Jr., but I think they pandered to all the witty comments that he could make. There was a ton of them. This whole movie was just a bunch of banter and witty comments and calling kids pussy yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> and I get it. People like that stuff. But he called a kid a pussy. But I like it. I like being spoon-fed that stuff. I don't like being forced every fucking scene seeing that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people like this movie, and I'm not going to fault them. If you got something out of this movie and you watched it and you enjoyed it and you had a great time with it, that's wonderful. I'm one person. I'm a fucking leftover. I do a mediocre podcast. And if you don't agree with my opinion, that's fine. But I didn't – out of all the movie, all out of all the Marvel movies that have been made, this is my least favorite. That's your number nine. This is yeah. Out of all of them, it's my number nine. It's my least favorite of all the Marvel movies, just because of those things. And in my opinion, those are not minor nitpicks. Those are huge fucking problems. Yeah, my number nine is definitely Iron Man two. So I don't. If if the, if the Mandarin thing Mandarin thing rubs you the wrong way, it's going to rub you the wrong way. There's nothing you can do about that. I just and, think if you're going to take the time to go out of your way to rank something, have a little bit of knowledge about what it is you're ranking. Like I've seen. I mean, it, I don't understand why you're jumping on this guy for having no knowledge for putting Iron Man three number five. I find that perfectly acceptable. Iron Man three at number five. Opinions are fine, but so like you, and you you're people, telling me I have no knowledge if no, I agree no, no, with no. that. If I were to put Iron Man 3 as number 5 of the top 9 Marvel movies. I'm an idiot with no knowledge. No, no, and I, I never said idiot. But you get people who have like a passing knowledge of like cars who rank something like a Buick Aurora as the number 1 car in America or a passing knowledge of video games and you say that the best one of the year was Disney Infinity. It's all subjective. I mean, right. It's that's all what, fucking subjective. That's what I'm trying to say, Frank. I've read more I've read Iron Man comics all my life. And I, I Iron Man n number 3, number 5, I'm fine with that. I don't know. I just there, there's people that you rank, they rank stuff, and you can't figure out what basis they use to do so. They use their own opinion about how much they enjoyed those things. 
but why would you go out of the way to rate something when you really only have just a passing knowledge? But who, how do you content? know that this guy only has a passing knowledge? You're, you're saying you know because he ranked Iron Man 3 at number 5. My guess would be if you compared his ranking with anyone else who's watched this series of shows, the it's going to be so made far. made $1.3 billion. Yeah, it was so a, people liked it. It was a yeah. phenomenon, yeah, worldwide. $1.3 billion, Frank. I'm not saying I might be in the minority. I might be in the minority. There's probably more people that enjoyed Iron Man 3 than, that, that, than, than hated it because it made $1.3 uh, billion. It's the second billion, highest grossing me. Marvel movie, I believe. Yeah, $1.3 billion, excuse me. But that's obviously not based on just the content of that movie. It's the name. It's the name of the movie. It's the name of the actors. Well, I think well, a lot of factors come into play about this. I think you're a little bit right on – but I don't know if it's the name of the actors. Okay, Robert Downey Jr. is hot right now, number right. one. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it that. But this was the first movie after Avengers, right. which I think played a huge part in that. Big time. It came off the coattails of Avengers' <laughs> success. Yeah, but if any movie is going to do well off the coattails of success, it's uh, – it's, uh, is that us? I don't know. So yeah, uh, it, it's 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 an Iron Man movie, right? Because that's really the first one that launched all of this. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I take a little bit of a uh, personal grudge when folks rate something and it's so far out of the context of what everything you know everybody else comes up with. I'm not I don't saying think this you're guy wrong. did that though. I don't think this this writer did that. I think it's wrong of you to say that. This guy has no context because he thinks Iron Man 3 is the fifth. That's not even flattering. You're the fifth best of nine movies. Oh, this guy has no context to what he's talking about. Well, right. He's obviously never – doesn't know anything about Iron Man to make it the fifth of nine. I think that's a little outlandish. Are the Hulk movies included in this list? Just one. Just one. Which well, one? Well, you know, they do say that the Hulk is canon. The, um, the original. The Ang Lee stuff? They do say it is canon. Really? Yeah, Marvel says it is canon. That's Look wild. it up. That's wild. Hmm. That would make sense then, because since um, the Marvel Studios one doesn't have an origin story, really, right? You're gonna have to get your origin story from the other one. I'll it's, be honest with you, I loved the Incredible Hulk. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was pretty pretty decent. I liked it, and I thought, uh, what's his face played a Tim Roth. Tim Roth. No, I'm thinking about uh, Edward Norton. Ed Norton. I think he played a really good Banner. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna go, I'm gonna go find out why people are banging. I All couldn't. Right. We're gonna go, we're gonna pause. I'll just pause. <laughs> pause for the cause. All right, hey, we're back. All right. Yeah, All I right. was just saying. I I was saying I'm more upset about Frank's view about Iron Man three than Brian's. I mean, Brian has some really solid reasons for for despising this film, and, and Frank's like attacking this writer for ranking it. Well, that's the fifth of nine movies. That's what we were talking about. That's what started the conversation. Was so you the think guy. number five's too high? Yeah, I do. Name off all the nine movies, and we'll see. Well, I'm just saying this. Uh, Frank's point is that this guy—he hates when people rank stuff that have no idea what they're ranking. And well, you don't know who the guy is. You don't know what his knowledge is. Right. All he knows is that Iron Man three is at number five. So this guy obviously has no no basis in knowing anything. You want to hear the whole top, the whole list? Yes, please, because then I'll have knowledge of. Yeah, right. I want to hear this whole list. Number eight is Thor: The Dark World, or number nine is Thor: The Dark World. Number eight is Iron Man two. Number seven is Incredible Hulk. Wow, that's low. Number six is Thor. Number five is Iron Man 3. Number four is Iron Man 1. Number three is The Avengers. Number two is Captain America, the first Avenger. And number one is 
Captain America Winter Soldier. All right. Hey, I'm, hey, let's uh you want to guys you got you guys want to rank them there right now? I want to hear what you guys uh, what you guys think about these. Yeah, I mean, I can, we haven't ranked these. Might as well. It's like long overdue. I can do it. Let's go number 1 through 9. I can do it. You want to you want to give me a pause so I can um not waste time and I'll just write them down real quick. Yeah, go for it. Um, we'll pause, we'll come back, we'll give our number 1s through 9. All right, hey, so uh, we are back, and we've got our uh, our Marvel films. We've got them ranked. Of course, Guardians of the Galaxy is not on this list. It does not come out. So, uh, Where do you, uh, just a, a real quick side note, where would you envision without seeing Guardians of the Galaxy it's going to pop in on your list? Uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy will probably be number four. Really? I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a good contender for number one for me. My guess would be it's probably going to slip in at number two. Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go with number. I'm, I'm gonna go number one, of course, Avengers. Uh, number two, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with Iron Man because of what it did to get these movies going, get them started. I mean, without Iron Man, we wouldn't have all these great movies. So, thank you, Robert Downey Jr. Thank you, John Favreau. Um, number four, I'm gonna go with The Incredible Hulk. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a great Hulk movie. We wanted to see the Hulk fight on fight, you know, like another big bad, and we got that in this. I thought it was a good character-driven story, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think Incredible Hulk gets a lot of uh, credit. I love the Hulk movie. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It was a. I thought the Hulk looked a lot better. It doesn't look as good as he did in Avengers. No, but he looked a lot better than the Eric Bana movie. I, I thought Tim Roth was a great villain too. I like Tim Roth. I've always liked him. <laughs> Me too. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, number six, Thor, the Dark World. Number seven, Thor. Number eight, Iron Man 2. And number nine, Iron Man 3. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and go. Um, Brian's beginning is almost like mine, identical. Number one is Avengers. Um, that's still the one, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, my number two and three are just Brian's, but flip-flopped. I have my Iron Man at number two, and I have my Captain America Winter Soldier at number three. Um, Iron Man is still, to me, the Marvel equivalent of um, seeing Superman fly for the first time. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's the spectacle in many ways. Yeah. Um, my number four is Thor 1. My number five is Thor 2. Um, my number six is Iron Man three. My number seven is Hulk. My number eight is Captain America one. And my number nine is Iron Man two. I'd like to point out that. Wow. Wow. I'd like to, I'd like. Captain America, the first Avenger slid all the way to eight. As As a disclaimer, um, and that's why I thought this list was so radical to me, what was having it at number two. As a disclaimer, I, I don't dislike any of these movies. Um, even Iron Man Two is probably the only one that's a borderline toss it to me. But even I'm just it's a, a little blown away that Thor, the first one, you have above the Dark World, where I think the characters are way better fleshed out, and it's above fucking Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. Wow, man. That, that's the, just the order that I like the movies the most in. No, I mean it's all subjective, like we've been saying. Yeah. Yeah, that just kind of blows me away. Yeah. Uh, my list is kind of similar to Brian's with a couple of flip-flops. Uh, number one, we all agree that the Avengers is number one. Uh, my number two is the Winter Soldier. My number three is Iron Man, so we share the same top three. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the first Captain America. Uh, number five is Thor the Dark World. Number six is the Incredible Hulk. 
Uh, number seven is the first Thor, and then eight and nine, respectively, you have Iron Man 2 and 3. You have Iron Man 2 above 3? No, Iron Man 2 is number eight. Iron Man 3 is the bottom of the list, number nine. Okay. Yeah, that's what I have, too. Iron Man yeah. 3 is my least favorite. Yeah. Mine, too. Me and Frank both have Thor 2 right there at number five. Uh, my uh, Dark World? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Iron Man 2 is still a toss-it for me. Yeah. But it's still, like, you know, out of the two toss-its for Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, I just I toss Iron Man 2 a little less, I guess. Yeah. So. I, I could understand why. <clears throat> On the rating scale, I would say really the only one for me that's a toss-it is Iron Man 3. Even Iron Man 2 is a taste-it, yeah. but it's probably on the low end of that scale. Yeah, these are all pretty good things to me, all these movies. It's like when you're, if I were to rank nine $100 bills, even the one I ranked <laughs> number nine, I, it'd still be a $100 bill. You it's kind of like sex and pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's not like we have like a uh, two-movie list here, like, you know, like Man of Steel and like Green Lantern. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. That's night and day. I, I couldn't even tell you which one of those <laughs> movies is worth. <laughs> we need to pause this shit no for an hour. <laughs> really? Which one? Which one's worse? Tell me. I don't know. Okay. No, Green Lantern because of the Hot Wheels scene. <laughs> oh, Green Lantern was unintentionally really funny, though. Yeah. At least, at least it had that going for it. You know, and I don't hate Ryan Reynolds as uh, Hal Jordan. I really don't. No, I the casting <laughs> seemed perfect before we saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. when I was watching it, they I was, just they, they, what they did is they saw Iron Man and they said, "Let's take it in that direction, and we'll have Ryan Reynolds be uh, Robert Downey Jr." And they tried to emulate that, and it just did not work. No, no. you know, I mean, so we need Squirrel Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Rocket Raccoon's a huge hit, expect yeah. Squirrel Green Lantern right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so that's our list. Did you guys want to talk about your list anymore? That was fun. I mean, I don't have much yeah. more to say about it, but I really enjoyed hearing we everyone's te- we teased top nine list. You know, we teased that list like on one of our first episodes, and we never got around to it. We, we did. We're going to do like a, a whole show on it, but I thought, fuck it, we're talking about it. Let's just do it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and I'm sure after my list, Frank thinks I have no basis on anything anymore. No, it's not that. You, I, I at least know. I, I at least know you know your shit for the most part. And yeah, you're right. I don't know what that dude's background is, but far too often you get somebody that really doesn't know what the hell they're talking about and they'll just spit out a list just to spit out a list yeah i'm, I'm taken aback by him calling thor to the batman and robin of marvel movies. yeah i mean dear lord yeah. that he's just grabbing for sensation with that right i think that's more of a surprise to me than iron man 3 at number five it's the combination of those two things that make me think what the fuck is this guy on yeah definitely it's shocking all right, guys, let's uh, take a break. We're going to come back and talk about news, unless you wanted to talk about anything else in Good Pop, Bad Pop. No. It's let's been like a three-hour segment. <laughs> let's lose it up. I can't, wait to hear, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the news bumper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jake <laughs> loves the bumper. All right, guys, we'll be back with uh, Pop Culture Leftover News. You're not cooking. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. Oh shit! Get the fuck out of here! What are you doing? Go! Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot! Fuck! We're all dead! Get the fuck out! 
My God, did that smell good. Detected, there's no going, and you tell me do things. I done running. G.I. Joe. Hey, we're back. It's uh, time for Pop Culture Leftover News. So thank you for uh, listening to a... Uh, I don't know, like a sixteen-hour three, uh, sixteen-hour uh, good pop, bad pop segment. Yeah, where we went on a rant about ranking the Marvel movies. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, we teased that like episode like two, three, four, something. Yeah, and and I didn't say it, but I thought about it. We should um, we'll make a Facebook post because we'd like to hear the listeners rank their Marvel movies top nine too. Yeah, that'd be very cool. That'd be very cool. So we'll yell at you and tell you People how wrong you get are. Upset. Yeah, people get. We had one listener give us a uh, four star rating on iTunes because we didn't rank Captain America: The Winter Soldier higher than the Avengers. Oh God! <laughs> I remember way back in the day we had someone give us a one star because we were saying Star Trek that instead was of me. Star Trek. That oh. was me. I say like when I say Star Trek, I, I say it like Star Trek, and people get upset. Yeah. So, ooh, one star. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna give you a one star. This is one li- episode I listened to. I'm gonna judge all your content on one fucking episode I listened to. Yeah. So, spoiler: we're gonna mispronounce more shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, it's time now for the pop culture leftover news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> I love that. You said that you introed that as like least gangster as fuck as possible too. You sounded like my grandma getting me excited about something. Here's the pop, here, here here's the pop culture leftover news. <laughs> news. <laughs> here's the pop culture leftover news. Yeah, gangster as fuck, y'all. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Yeah, we're definitely gangster as fuck. So oh, we, let's start with our news. We Yay. are so gangster as fuck. Um, hey, this I don't know if I can consider this pop culture, but I'm going to because I don't give a fuck. I'm going to talk about this. Did you guys hear about the controversial uh, uh, Comcast customer service call that went viral last week? Yes. Nope. No, I have not. All right. So this customer who – Frank, you heard about this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. This customer who just happened to be a uh, tech-savvy product manager at AOL calls in to disconnect his Comcast TV and Internet service, and he's getting the runaround from uh, the representative that he's talking to on the phone. The, customer's, uh, who, the customer whose name is Ryan Block calls in and keeps asking the rep to disconnect the service. Now, the representative keeps asking, you know, why? And he keeps saying, because I want it gone. Uh, people are just saying that the customer service rep is just awful, and this could quite possibly be the worst customer service call in history. <laughs> but guys, there are two sides to every story. Um, at Comcast, when a customer calls in to cancel service, they are sent to what's called the retention department. Uh, the retention department's job is to keep customers from leaving Comcast. Uh, not only is it their job, but it's also the way that they get paid. Um, if they do a good job, they get commission. If they lose too many customers, they don't get a commission. Gotcha. Okay. So in some cases, one phone call could mean the difference of hundreds of dollars on one person's paycheck. And when you have a mortgage, when you have kids, 
when you have a car payment, when you have insurance. These are things that you want when you have a budget. This is something you don't want to fuck up. <laughs> I want you guys to listen to some of the call here. And after the episode is over, I'm going to play the entire eight-minute phone call for everybody to listen to after the end of the music. But here is some of the call. Okay, we'd like to dis- we'd like to disconnect. We'd like to disconnect, please. Okay, so why is it that you don't want the faster speed? Help me understand why you don't want faster internet. Help me understand why you can't just disconnect us. Because my job is to ha- is to have a conversation with you about having about this. I mean, keeping your service, about finding out why it is that you're looking to cancel the service. I don't understand. Is this is this if, if, if for you don't want to like? Talk to me, you can definitely go into the Comcast store and disconnect your service there. Okay. We're just asking for you. We're actually going to just mail okay. the cable card in, but if you can just please cancel our service, that would be great. That's okay. all. We that is all we want. We're actually not able to return a cable card by mail. Then I will send and someone like a task rabbit to go return the cable card for us. I don't personally intend to go okay. return the cable card. That's why we're probably not going to be canceling in store. So that's why I need you to cancel by phone. So can you cancel okay. us by phone? Uh, the answer is yes, correct? I mean, it, it sounds like you don't want to go over this information with me. I mean, if you're not wanting to go over that information, okay, then that's the easiest way to get your, your account disconnected. Uh, I, I am declining to state why we are leaving Comcast because I don't owe you an explanation. So if you can please well, just go one, proceed to the next question. If you have to fill out your form, that's fine. Please proceed to the next question, and we'll attempt to answer that if possible. So, I mean, being that we are the number one provider of internet and TV service in the entire country. Okay. Why is it that you're not wanting to have the number one rated internet service, number one rated TV service available? I'm declining to state we're switching providers. Can you please go to the next question? Okay. So, so what is it about town that's making you want to change to them? I'm declining to state can you please go to the next question so we can cancel our service. This phone call is a really, actually, amazing representative example of why I don't want to stay with Comcast. So, can you please cancel okay. our service? So, so from, from, okay, but I'm trying to help you. Okay, okay. You can, the way that you can help me right now. The way that you can help me is by disconnecting our service. That's how you but can how help me. How is that helping you, though? Because that's what I want. That's what I want. Okay, so why is that what you want? Because that's what I want. Okay, so, I mean, there has to be some sort of reason behind it. That, that's what we're trying to find out. We just want to find out what it is that's causing a customer that's been with us for a long time to leave. Because that's what we want. Okay. I mean, you've been with us since, I'm not sure, 2005. Nine years, you've been a Comcast customer. Okay. After a decade, okay, clearly the service was working great for you. You weren't having any problems. So now all of a sudden you're moving. Okay, you've kept this service in multiple addresses. All of a sudden you're moving and something's making you want to change. What is it that's making you want to change that? Because that's what we want to do. Okay, why is that what you want to do? That's none of your business. Your business is to as, disconnect us, as, as, as a company that is... All right, so the, the call, it goes on for five more minutes. Wow, and that... <laughs> 
That was very entertaining to me. And uh, I'm going to play the entire phone call at the end of the podcast after the end music. So if you want to listen to the remaining five minutes, you can. But it goes on for quite some time like that. Uh, But, I mean, everybody that's reporting this story is just making, like, this representative out to be this huge asshole that just fucking won't disconnect the service. And, I mean... I mean, if you listen to the call, you can hear him say, like, if – because the way it sounds to me, like, is if the guy goes to the store and disconnects the service, yeah. returns the equipment, it's not going to affect anybody's paycheck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. that he's trying to tell the guy, you know, yeah, you can just kill two birds with one stone, blah, blah, blah. Who is the blame here? Is it the customer? I mean, no, of course not. He wants to cancel the service, right? Yeah. I mean – he just wants to cancel the service. He's and, and he's going after the representative like it's a representative who is just giving him a hard time. You know, he's like, you know, he's one of these. Uh, he sounds kind of pompous, and but I can understand why. Yeah, he he, he, he you know he thinks that this guy's just giving him the runaround and doesn't want to cancel the service, and he's just like your average customer service representative that's just being a dick. But you know, unbeknownst to the customer. The rep is probably just trying to save his fucking paycheck. Yeah. To be honest with you, this could be his last call of the day, last call of the month, and this one call could mean the difference between getting hundreds of dollars and not getting anything at all, just getting his base pay. It could even be deeper than that too because I've worn many hats in my lifetime and one of them was as a uh, phone rep for a local company. And there's certain things that you have to do not only because the company wants you to because uh, they sometimes do listen on the calls and then give you reviews. Uh, and they sometimes do threaten, you know, the, the service workers because, you know, if maybe he hadn't gotten an answer, maybe he'd went ahead and acquiesced to that request several times and they told him, if one more you let one more go, then you're fired. You need to have an answer. Right. And I mean, there's FCC regulations too. This is probably not one of those situations, but there's certain things that you have to do to meet those standards too. Yeah. It's not. I'm sure that it's not just the employee. He's just trying desperately to jump through the hoops that have been placed before him. What happens uh, at the end of this call? Does, uh, does the guy get his service shut off? He does yeah. by this guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. He says he does. Um, I mean, I think like if you could sit these two down together, like not on this phone call where they could just speak freely and the rep explains like, hey man, if you just go to the store, return the equipment. Yeah. You know, they'll cancel it. Nobody loses any money. Like I could lose like 300, 400, $500 on my next paycheck. I got kids that I got to feed. Yeah. I got a mortgage. I got this. I got that. Then maybe that customer would have been a little bit more understanding. But like if they're if they're monitoring the phone call, you know, this guy if he says anything like that, he can get fired. But I think Comcast puts so much fucking pressure on these guys that this is like what they're resorting to in order to keep money in their pockets. I, I think it's bullshit. I, I personally I'm gonna call Comcast uh and threaten to cancel and then just stay on to their service just so that it helps these guys with their numbers. And I, I'm i not saying that what the rep did was the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm not saying that what he did was the right thing to do. But there's no fucking reason that these people should be under that much fucking pressure to the point where they feel like they have to argue with a customer and try to get an answer out of them just so they can keep some fucking money in their pocket. So if my call calling in and saying I'm going to cancel and then saying like, no, 
you guys have stuck with me. You guys have, have uh, you know, given me this, given me that. I'm going to stick with you. If that's going to help somebody on the other end to where they can keep their fucking job, that's what I'm going to do. And, and people might not agree with me. The people might think that this is stupid, that that guy was being an asshole. But you can hear desperation in this guy's voice. When, no. he, when he says, go to the fucking store, yeah. go to the Comcast location, the service center, and return your equipment, and you can knock out two birds with one stone, he's just – God, I think the guy is just pleading and saying, I'm not going to get paid. I agree with you 100%, Brian. I think um, on the other side of the coin, beyond the other guy working for Comcast, I mean, the other guy is the caller is obviously leading this whole conversation to kind of turn this way in the first place. Yeah. That's why he's recording it in the first place. That's why he's being overly aggressive with the customer rep right from the jump. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously trying to elicit this reaction from the customer service rep in the first place, you know, from an organic sense though, having done that job for a while, you encounter, several hundred phone calls a day they want you to keep them below a certain length of time yeah and you know you hear a lot of characters with millions of ridiculous requests i mean so i mean who knows what the situation was but those things are so heavily monitored i felt just as bad for the rep on the phone mm-hmm. as what i did the guy who was calling in because from a service point of view if you say I don't want service anymore. Turn it off. That should be the end of it. But that's the corporate culture that they're breeding now. It's more based on meta numbers and this and that than actual providing customer service. I've been in that spot. That guy didn't want to have to talk to him for eight minutes and beg him for a reason. He didn't give a shit. He just wanted to go home and watch TV. Yeah. He he wouldn't have kept that guy online. I mean, his blood pressure had to be going sky high. He didn't want to keep him on the phone for eight minutes. Somebody had put the fear of God into him to where he felt that that was what he had to do. Yeah, the guy needs to find a new job, number one. Yeah. Which I'm sure he has to now because they probably fired him. Which is bullshit. But, because he was just following their rules. Well, a little extreme. But the reason he did it was probably the difference between that and a few hundred dollars. I mean, I think it's bullshit that Comcast puts this kind of pressure on this guy. This guy's probably fucking, like, you know, plucking his hair out. Pulling his hair out over this fucking job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet he's not the only one. I mean, not just, like, Comcast either. I mean, all sorts of companies that Oh, have, absolutely. Oh, it's rampant throughout the business community. Absolutely. So there's no common sense in I'll the world. Pl- anymore. I'll play the full thing, and I'm sure some of our listeners aren't going to agree with me, and that this representative wasn't 100 percent to blame. But I think, man, I think, I think the the pressure that Comcast puts on some of these employees, I think that I think Comcast is a lot to blame. That caller was leading him into confrontation. Yeah, he was. He was just being a jerk to be a jerk, and yeah. I mean, he just thinks like, uh, you know, he's viewing this guy as the enemy. Yeah. When all in all actuality, this. Guy's probably just fighting for his fucking paycheck, man. Right. Exactly. And it differs from job to job, too. I mean, uh, you would think at some point the guy would have just went and got a manager because it obviously wasn't working out. But sometimes they're not allowed to do that unless someone – Asks for a supervisor. Right. But sometimes they're not allowed even to go get one unless somebody yeah. threatens legal action or the Better Business Bureau. Wow. And that's crazy. A lot of people wouldn't know that, but having been in those types of situations, there are, they are that strict. (laughs) Yeah. I would hate to have that job. Yeah. I didn't have it long. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, guys. Uh, real quick in quick news, uh, Bob Orsi has left the Amazing Spider-Man movies and is now joined on to executive produce the new live-action Power Rangers movie. No. Uh, THR reports that the new movie will completely reimagine the Rangers. Oh, yeah, that's because that's what we need. <laughs> is it, <laughs> it going to be directed by Michael Bay because every time they punch one another, there's an explosion? Oh, I would love to see a Michael Bay Power Rangers movie. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, get ready for <laughs> No three content. <laughs> three hours of uh, explosions and... Oh, man. Amazing 3D, though. <laughs> uh, in the, in comic book news, uh, in October, IDW <laughs> is taking the Ghostbusters and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and pairing them up in a four-issue miniseries called Drumroll Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters. Oh, what a genius name. <clears throat> yeah. Here's how it is going to uh, – this is how it's being described by IDW. When a new invention goes haywire, the turtles are sent to a whole new type of New York City, one with a whole lot more ghosts, and Ghostbusters. The two teams will have to learn to get along quickly because a new foe from the turtles' past has followed them and aims to conquer New York City. Is it Ghost Shredder? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Crank Slimer. <laughs> oh, no. It's written by Eric Burnham and Tom Waltz with art by Dan Schoening. So, yeah, uh, this is like, this is why I read comics. I mean, this is only in comics are you ever going to see something like this happen where you get a team up of the Ghostbusters and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the IDW kind of thing, too, isn't it? Where oh, they, yeah. they have all these franchises and they yeah. always want to mix and match them all the Were time. Were they the ones that did uh, Mars Attacks? And yeah, they were the ones that oh, did yeah. Mars Attacks, and they they had Mars Attacks, and then they took all their major properties, like Mars, like the Mars Attacks movie. Yeah, yeah. They did Mars Attacks, the Transformers, G. Mars G. Attacks, GI Joe, <laughs> Mars Attacks, Ghostbusters. They did they did it all. So and they that, combined all those properties to do a big zombie storyline too. Yeah. Didn't they combine Transformers, Ghostbusters, and Star Trek and GI Joe in um, one big crossover? I'm not sure. I know there were, there was a Star Trek. Um, oh, I hope that listener's listening. I hope I, I hope I pronounced it right for you, you fucking asshole. One star. One star. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> they did a uh, Star Trek uh, Doctor Who crossover. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. It was that. So, all right. Here we go. I'm going to talk about our favorite person that, that we always love to talk about here. Kevin Smith. Love that guy. <laughs> took, <laughs> he took uh, Clerks 3 to the Weinsteins. Uh, with a proposed $6 million budget, and they passed. Yeah, good for them. Fuck you. <laughs> they said they would still distribute the movie, but they would not be financing the film. They said that $6 million uh, that Kevin Smith was asking for was way too high. Uh, I personally think that Kevin uh, is going to start looking at maybe like Kickstarter. Hell yeah. Uh, to, and I think he'll raise more than the $6 million he wanted. I mean, if Reading Rainbow can get $5 million, I think uh, Clerks 3 can actually double that. Right. So, aren't we past the point of Clerks, though, when we're talking about making a Clerks movie that costs more than $5 million? Isn't the whole point of the franchise to be under budget and about the conversation well, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a six million dollar budget that they're asking for. I think the first film cost thirty thousand dollars. That was back in like ninety two, ninety three. Right. Um, you know, when you're talking about Clerks three, I mean, you do want to pay your actors at this point. Yeah. Okay. 
So, I mean, whoever they have acting in this film, I'm sure they want a little bit of compensation, you know. Uh, and uh, it'd be nice if they could raise, you know, the $6 million that they're asking for. It'd be nice if the movie was in black and white, and it'd be nice if the movie was good. Yeah. Because I didn't really like Clerks 2 all that much. No. Um, so, um, you know, I, I want to see it go back to the roots. I, I do. I want to see more Dante. I want to see more Randall. I want to see... I like that, man. I fucking love that original Clerks movie. Clerks 1 is brilliant. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, I mean, I hope that uh, I hope that Kevin can get the movie funded, and I hope that he can make the movie that he wants to make, um, and not be too fucking influenced by, like, all this Hollywood bullshit. You don't have to get Rosario Dawson in there, man. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Get this guy making a movie. Get this guy something to do so he can stop telling oh. us about what everyone else is doing. <laughs> God damn. Get this guy. Fund this guy. Uh, see, I hate bringing up Kevin Smith anymore. <laughs> it was just the one thing that I didn't like about him. I'm all, I'm all on board with that. I thought it was fucking great. I saw the video where he dragged a uh, TMZ reporter onto uh, the set of his smodcast. And then it yeah, told him it was Hollywood Babylon, I think. Yeah, it told him that if he wanted to ask questions, he had to do it on stage. And he drug him out there, and it was great because the guy you could tell normally the TMZ guys are the ones that are putting somebody else on blast, and he was the one who was nervous, stammering around. It was funny. It was really organic. Yeah, you know, it was I cl- cool. I clicked on that link and I watched it, and the headline before I watched it was, "Oh, Kevin Smith really embarrasses this guy and puts him in his place, and this guy seems really nervous and he's stuttering and stuff." And I watched the clip and i didn't think kevin said anything that made this guy sound stupid no he, of course you didn't and he didn't stammer of course at all. you didn't of but course, it, did of you course. watch this video yeah i watched the video the guy seemed like he was fine he seemed like he was having a good time with it well the 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 guy the cameraman for tmz said that they he knew somebody who wanted to make a star wars themed movie and kevin teased him a little bit and said yeah. really they're doing that yeah they're doing that right now yeah and he's like oh star wars themed wedding yeah he was nervous yeah. But Kevin Smith wasn't mean to him, which was probably the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith was not just, mean to yeah. him. Just say fuck Kevin Smith and let's move on. I won't, I won't say it. All right. <laughs> All right. I have a ton of Guillermo del Toro related news. But uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about the new uh, – Jake, you're going to talk about it too. The new Guillermo del Toro directed TV show, The Strain, that premiered last Sunday on FX. So you watched it. I did watch it. Frank, did you do your homework, Chief? I DVR'd it, but man, I put in like 70 plus hours this week, no time. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I watched uh, Guillermo de Toro's uh, The Strain. Uh, basically, a plane lands and everyone aboard is dead except for four people. Um, they call it a dead plane because the engine is cold and they're not even sure how it landed. Um, you guys, you just want to rate this thing, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. I All want to talk about it a bit. Go ahead. You want to talk I want about you, it? I want you to rank it first. Sure. Yeah, I'll rank it first. Um, honestly, watching this movie, I mean, you've got your main character who he's a guy. He works for the CDC. He shows up to check out, you know, what's going on in this plane, and find out if there's like some virus that's loose, and like, you know, why, you know. What's happened with all these people on this plane? Are they dead? What's going on? I'll be honest with you. I was more interested in the relationship between the the guy, the CDC guy, and his wife and his kid than the actual premise of this show. Um, 
that that was more interesting to me. I, I'm gonna give this show a toss. It. Yeah, nice. Um, it's a it's a it's a mix of The Walking Dead meets Outbreak meets Jeepers Creepers or some other fucking horror movie that I could care less about. It's it's really not that innovative. It's not got nothing that's really gonna keep me watching it. Um, like I said, I was more interested in this guy's relationship with his wife. And his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife than I was anything that was going on in this movie about this fucking virus and uh, anything that had to do with, like, you know, this the uh, the blood-sucking ring wraith thing. <laughs> yeah, this, it, this it, show it, was pretty terrible. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awful. I will not continue to watch it. I, there's nothing in this first episode that – and I love Guillermo del Toro, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing in this show that made me want to watch that second episode, and I will not watch this second episode. I, I give the I wholeheartedly give this show a toss it. I can't believe Del Toro was involved with this. Big time so involved. heavily. He wrote the screenplay. It's like his baby. Yes. And it was it was awful. I mean, <laughs> it was really, really bad. Yeah. I did not like really anything in this in this episode except for like I like the main character, the C D C guy. Was that his name? Yeah, when Efron he, or something like that. When he was talking with his wife in that room about how their marriage wasn't working, I would just watch a show about this guy working in the CDC and not being able to hold on to his family other than this other bullshit going on where we've got this fucking uh, blood-sucking ring wraith, this coffin, this whole uh, – this organization that wants this fucking virus to get out or whatever the fuck. I don't even know what's going on. It's stupid. I didn't like it. I will not continue to watch it. Yeah, I agree. That that may have been the most interesting thing. It was a good scene when he was talking to the uh, new boyfriend of his uh, yeah. still yeah. married wife yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. The, the oh, and then the, then when they're in like the uh, the whole like uh, marriage counseling thing, like yeah. oh my god, those two women, the the psychiatrist or whatever, and his his ex soon to be ex wife or whatever. Yeah. The, the, oh my god, if there could be a fucking Academy Award for women giving judgmental looks to men, <laughs> these two women would win the fucking crown. Holy fucking shit. Like I, I if I was a man, I, that is like the, the the I would rather be in a fucking Nazi prison camp than be in that fucking room in that guy's position. Oh my god, the yeah. judgmental looks that they were giving each other back and forth that entire time. Damn. Holy shit. But even on that level, even you're saying that that's the best storyline. And yeah, I thought, that's I thought, it. I thought even on that level, the show failed because it's hard to, no one has any, like none of the characters have any redeeming qualities to them whatsoever. Because even this guy, you don't feel sorry for him anymore because he's pretty much like doing the same thing. He's like basically already having an affair on the side. Yeah, I, you find that out later. Yeah, so you find it, it out later. But at the time when I was watching it, yeah, at the time you're watching, it, you're like, oh, she's already got the guy living there, and yeah. you know, he's trying so hard to keep right. this together and being so faithful. Right. And then he's like, oh, but yeah, but I'm doing this other girl too. And I, the characters were terrible in this show. I thought the um, the acting was pretty terrible, really noticeably bad. I mean, you got to have yeah. really good performances when you have such outlandish things going on. Yeah, and it, it was really bad. It has um. The guy that plays um, Walder Frey from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Who's, who's also um, Filch from yeah. Harry from Harry Potter, yeah. the groundskeeper, and he's like the old school vampire oh. hunter character. Like he's basically your Van Helsling. Uh, oh wow! And I don't so, get that. Out so you get to see some vampire hunter Filch action. Yeah, and he's the narrator Ooh. of this. 
And if you know how his voice is, it's all gruffled and grumbly. Yeah. So it's like, Jesus, either get ready to crank your TV up to 80 <laughs> or get them subtitles on because all the exposition is like, and then from hundreds of centuries ago. And I, I was blown away that they let him be the narrator. Yeah. He's the biggest name they got. So let's let, let, let this guy narrate the shit. Did you guys see uh, From Dust Till Dawn several years ago, the Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah, I love it. It's not a Quentin really? Tarantino film. It's a Robert Rodriguez directed oh, movie. Yeah, that's right. Quentin I kind of felt that way about the first half of that. It felt like the movie fell apart once they introduced the vampires, but the first half where dealt with the kidnapping. Oh, man. And that... on the record, from dusk till dawn, never falls apart for me. Thank you. And oh my god, I laugh so hard every time when um, Cheech asks if they're weirdos or not. <laughs> you know, that movie, I love that movie. The shift is just so awesome. I mean, it goes from like a kidnapping movie where they're trying to get to like a uh, what is it, El Rey? Yeah, El Mexico, Rey. and and then just like this shift, and it turns into a vampire movie. I think it's a great movie. It's yeah, a top lot to of bottom. Fun. I mean, you know, is like, is that based on like a comic book? It just feels like it was a fucking comic book. No, I think it's just classic Tarantino where he just, he just is able to find that fine line between an all new screenplay and just a perfect homage yeah. to everything you love. So and know. good. Man. So good. I, I mean, I like all of his other films, Pulp Fiction, the Kill Bill series. This is not a Tarantino directed film though. Right. Yeah, it's classic Rodriguez too. Yeah. Like it has all his peeps in it. Yeah. And it just really has his feel. He, I think he plays half the soundtrack himself on his guitar like any classic robert rodriguez movie so hmm. good i'm a huge rodriguez fan you know i um, oh, i love robert rodriguez I, I, in the time when tarantino you big fan of spy kids then i do like spy kids <laughs> Holy shit. machete is hilarious in the spy kids movies <laughs> but uh yeah I, I like robert i what was it uh plan nine or what, what was that movie called uh, terror or, uh oh, oh planet terror planet terror yeah oh man i saw that in theater that was loved great it. loved it yeah, I, I I like Robert Rodriguez a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I we got so off tangent now. What were we even talking about <laughs> in the first place? Uh, I'm talking about oh the, the strain. No wonder I wanted to talk about something else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's called the strain because it's a strain to watch. Oh my god! Seriously, it is it is a, a, an an hour and forty five minutes long for the pilot. Yeah, you know what one of my favorite unintentionally uh, funny parts was was they have this the guy pulls this heart out of this dead body. And oh God! Come on, I know. <laughs> yeah, and he puts it in this jar of water and feeds it blood like it's a fish, like it's a what? fish guppy, and like little tentacles come out of the heart and they're like nipping at the blood. Holy shit! It was really funny. It sounds so stupid. It's it's really there's so much going on that I could care less about. Yeah, wow. for a minute it was exciting, like when it was like. The mystery of the plane and the mystery of what happened to these people. But then the whole thing just explodes about halfway through. It's when they introduce that blood-sucking ring wraith that... Yes. Oh, God. And the coffin. The coffin. (laughs) And, oh, my God. It's so it's so tropey too. Like when a uh, Filch's character comes in, he's like, "This man has something he needs to say to you," and he's like, "No, I don't have time for him." Right. But you have to listen. Yeah. What I have to say is important. I've dealt with this many years ago. Yeah. Oh, I don't have time for this. And then what do you know? They put this guy in jail, and everything he was saying made sense. We do need that guy. Right. And it's like, oh my god, haven't I seen this crap eight hundred times before? Yeah. The strain was absolute garbage. Woof. Before uh, you go on, can we take a break? Yeah, why? No. 
<laughs> Why do you need a prank, Frank? <laughs> because I don't want to have to tell you. No, I got to – I feel like I shouldn't have to tell you he why. He doesn't have to tell you why he wants to break. It's your job to give him a break. <laughs> Just a bathroom break, man. I'm like the – so I'm like the toilet master. I'm like your – I am like <laughs> – like you can just get up and go. We can keep. You didn't even watch the strain. Oh yeah, true. Good point. So when we're talking about the strain, are you thinking about constipation and having to take a shit? Right. No, now? I'm trying to listen to you guys decide whether or not it's worth watching, which obviously does not sound like it is. All right, I'll, I'll take a break. We'll come back. All right. All right, Frank, you feel better? Yeah. Oh, God. I got to drain the dragon. <laughs> that piss was gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, the strain, toss it. If you liked it, hey, more power to you. But I thought it was a pile of shit. So yeah, I know people that loved it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like, oh man, thank God the strain is here to fill in that void between The Walking Dead and oh, come on, watch Falling Skies, people. <laughs> That's what you need to fill in the void. Like, oh my God, the strain is terrible. More Guillermo del Toro stuff. Let's talk about the animated Pacific Rim cartoon that will be out. Uh, there is no network attached at the moment as it's being shopped around, so hopefully we'll get word that it's being picked up soon. Uh, it'll be interesting if this gets picked up by, like, Netflix or Hulu or something like that, or maybe even Yahoo Web video well, Yahoo Screen or whatever. <laughs> right. Is, is, this is obviously going to be a CG cartoon, right? I don't know. I really don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, the cartoon is being said to bridge the gap between the first and second film. Uh, Del Toro himself spoke with Collider about the show, saying, It's a great setup and a link between the first movie and the second movie. It really enhances the mythology of the characters. We have cameos of characters from the first movie, but mostly it's a new set of characters. New Jaegers, except for one or two. New Kaijus. It's really fun. We're going for a long arc. So the idea is to show a group of characters. We have pilots, functional Jaegers, but we have all these younger characters. I really want to explore things that are complementary to the things that I want to explore in the second movie. Drift, what drifting does to you, what is needed to drift, a lot of stuff that I think is important. But also the Jaeger technology, the kaijus being evolved Ideas about the precursors, the guys that control the kaijus. We have a lot of leeway in 13 episodes, and I want to make it sort of in the same spirit of Pacific Rim, which is the ideal audience for Pacific Rim was very, very young. Um, 11-year-olds and so forth, but with really beautiful design and stories that make these characters interesting in a way that I found them interesting in. For example, Year Zero, the graphic novel that we did, and I think that's the basic thrust of the thing. So, yeah, uh, Pacific Rim animated cartoon. What are you guys thinking? You guys looking forward to this? I will DVR that. I, I will too. Yeah, me too. I, I want to get a feel for the fleshed out universe. Yeah, it's tough with the cartoon though. I mean, either you're going to like the animation and you're going to love it. Or there's going to be – you're not going to have a problem with the style and not going to dig it. You know what I'm saying? It really yeah. all rides on how they do that style. It's going to tie into the movies though. They're going to focus more on the drifting and things like that, which either can be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, last last episode, Frank, you mentioned uh, something about the aliens getting in the middle of the human's drift. Yeah. Um, and I'm warming up to that idea having thought about it because I thought to myself – like I was just thinking like <sighs> the way that – that that you said it just made me think, and I was probably wrong in thinking this, like 
if the aliens could get involved in the drift, like all, you've got two humans controlling a Jaeger, and all of a sudden the the Jaeger starts malfunctioning and like not doing what they want it to do because like the 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 aliens are you know they're involved in the drift. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Now I'm thinking like, what if they did that and they controlled the robot, the 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 Jaeger. And we saw instead of Jaeger versus Kaiju, we saw Jaeger versus Jaeger. Yeah, that's where I was going with See, it. See, I didn't get that until I thought about it later. And now I'm warming up to the idea because I think that would be pretty badass. Yeah, because when I made the comment about remote control, I meant right. the aliens controlling the people in the drift controlling the Jaeger. Right. I just thought them like, oh, okay, we're interfering with the drift. No. Now the Jaeger's not moving the way they want it to. Yeah, the yeah. Jaeger's not operating. Shut down the Jaeger. No. Oh, the Jaeger project's done with. No, but if they could control a fucking Jaeger to where we can see, like, you know, like, uh, what is it, like, the, uh, the, the, the Crimson Jaeger, like, Crimson the, Typhoon? Yeah, Crimson Typhoon taking on, like, the fucking Australian Jaeger or something oh, like that. Yeah. Now that's pretty badass. We got, uh-huh. you know, we got fucking rock'em sock'em robots right there. Fuck yeah. And, uh, robot versus robot. Um, what do you think? Do you think that, okay, when, I like that idea. But what do you think, like, the aliens, when the aliens set out these kaijus onto the world, is it just common knowledge or am I just a fucking idiot that is – are the aliens, are they drifting with the kaijus to control them? I don't think so. Do you think that that could be what they do? I I think it very well could be what they do. But I don't think anything has led us to believe that. That's See, what's that's going the thing. On. It's like I was thinking, like, is that common knowledge? That like maybe that's how these Jaeger, like they, they're actually they're like the aliens themselves are drifting with these fucking uh, kaiju, and that's how they're controlling them and having them do this, do what they do. Yeah, I feel like they're communicating with them some way. Right. Maybe not necessarily the drift, but maybe their own version of somehow of that. Well, they got to be connected. drift with them, though. Yeah. You yeah. can drift with them, though. We found out Charlie Day's character drifted with a fucking piece of the brain. Yeah. Really, it's kind of two sides of the same story when you think about the drift and a hive mind. It's all shared information, so, you know, it moves more like instead of like a direct control kind of thing, it's like somebody moving their arm. You know, they, they just control it automatically without really thinking about it. They just will it to happen. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I think this could end up being really, really good to add this to the mythology or it could really, really backfire on them. But without, like, like what you said, Jake, last episode, like, you know, do we really need to get too in depth and explore all these things or should we just focus on the spectacle, which is fucking robots versus giant monsters? Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that, um, Pacific Rim didn't try to blow up the toy shelves more. Like, it seemed like all the merchandise was geared towards um, really expensive models of what the things look like. Yeah. And they would have been better suited to get some 10 to $15 giant robot toys out there. Right. Especially if their next plan is to launch a cartoon. Yeah. It, yeah. Seemed, it seems like that would have been a good move. Yeah. I mean, this is the perfect kind of franchise. If I was eight years old and I saw Pacific Rim, I would want fucking Pacific Rim toys. Yeah, but see, the problem with Pacific Rim toys is, like, how do you size them? Because if you're talking about giant robots and giant monsters, you want giant toys. Giant toys are going to be expensive. I mean, if I'm a kid, I don't want a fucking six-inch toy Yeah, being my Jaeger. I want a fucking, you know, I, I, I at least want like a, like a foot-tall toy. Yeah, like Voltron size back yeah. in the day. 
I yeah, I still think that could exist at thirty dollars or under. Yeah, right about. And I think that they'll probably move forward with some kind of marketing strategy once the cartoon releases, because with the original IP means that it wasn't based on an existing mythology, either in a comic or a book or anything like that. They didn't really have a whole lot to go on. So it would have been quite the investment to put forward these toys, assuming that the movie was going to do well enough. That's a super good point. Um yeah, but now, with a cartoon now, now they have the vehicle yeah, to get the right. kids. Yeah. So they'll do that next. Yeah, now we're investing in a cartoon. Now yeah. we're investing in a sequel. The yeah, investment's been done. Let's get the merch out there. Right. But sometimes when the toys don't sell, that also spells the doom for the TV show itself. True. I personally loved the cartoon Young Justice. You know why Young Justice isn't on the air anymore? Because the toys didn't sell. Yeah. Young Justice is, was was a great cartoon. Toys didn't sell. It got axed. Yeah. They weren't selling like uh, Teen Titans toys did. Yeah. So out you go. So, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, it's a gamble, but I'm I'm willing to gamble and watch the TV show. Yeah. Uh, the, the cartoons. So. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. I'll definitely check out the first episode and see if it's something that I want to watch. All right. So, move it on. Move it on. More Del Toro news. This news uh, is a little bit more depressing. Uh, we talked about a Guillermo uh, del Toro uh, project we hated, The Strain. Yeah, more depressing um, than that. Huh? <laughs> more depressing. Um, and then uh, we talked about a Guillermo del Toro uh, you know, project that we loved in Pacific Rim. Yeah. Uh, during a Reddit AMA session, uh, Guillermo del Toro said that Hellboy 3 would not happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said, uh, quote, creatively, I would love to make it creatively, but it is proven almost impossible to finance, not from my side, but from the studio side. If I was a multimillionaire, I would finance it myself, but I spend all my money on rubber monsters. <laughs> uh, he went on to say, we have gone through basically every studio and asked for financing, and they are not interested. I think that the first movie made its budget back and a little bit of profit. But then it was a very, very, uh, it was very, very big on video and DVD. The story repeated itself with the second already. Uh, it made its money back at the box office, but a small margin of the profit in the release of the theatrical print, but was very, very big on DVD and video. Sadly, now from a business point of view, all the studios know is that you don't have that safety net of the DVD and video. So they view, they view the project as dangerous. Uh, he went on to give some insight as to what the third film would have been about if it did happen. Mm. This is definitely a telltale sign that it is not coming out because usually when they get into like, what is this third movie going to be about? It's to pander to the fans that Wanted to know where they were going to go with the story and them actually admitting defeat that it's not going to come out. I'm fascinated by the reasoning behind the movie coming out that um, in the time since Hellboy 2 has come out, there's no safety net of something doing well on video and DVD. Fucking pirates, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And wow, just and I don't think it's just pirates. I also think it, there's just so many ways to uh, – See it. Acquire these movies. Yeah. A lot of people aren't buying hard media anymore like they were even five years ago. Yeah. Where you're just buying the movie on iTunes to have the – Buy it on iTunes or somebody's using like a, I don't know, Roku box or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah exactly. And there's so much of that going on now and, and the hard media sales have gone down. 
that's the safety net that's gone, and that, yeah. that's wild. And I wonder what other franchises that are trying to get resurrected are being hurt by the same um, lack of safety net, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's heading um, in that direction too. I mean even in smaller rural areas where higher bandwidth isn't as available or as consistent. Yeah. It it's slowly getting built up and yeah, I mean it it's just like blockbuster, it's a dying media. Yeah. Uh, he did give some insight as to what the third film is going to be about, had it been made. He says, well, you know, we don't have that movie on the horizon, but the idea for it was to have Hellboy finally come to terms with the fact that his destiny, his inevitable destiny, is to become the beast of the apocalypse. <laughs> and having him and Liz face that, the sort of, that part of his nature. And he has to do it in order to be able to ironically vanquish the foe that he has to face in the third film. He has to become the best of the apocalypse to be able to defend humanity. But at the same time, he becomes a much darker being. It's a very interesting ending to the series, but I don't think it will happen. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. Absolutely. Sounds like a fitting ending. It sounds like something very Mike Mignola. I was thinking it sounds like almost like the way he took the, yeah. the later stuff with Hellboy. Yeah. yeah, Hellboy ended up dying. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, so, I mean, gosh, I just really wish this movie could have come to fruition, and, and unfortunately it's doesn't sound that way. Do a Hellboy 3 Kickstarter. Jesus. <sighs> Hellboy 3 Kickstarter for that kind of a budget? Yeah. I don't think they could do it, man. Yeah. Maybe it, they could, like, you know, I do own, like, the Hellboy uh, animated movies. Yeah. They could do this in an animated movie. Get Ron Perlman to come back and do the voice. He did the voices for the animated movies, and the yeah. animated movies are absolutely fantastic. They are pretty good. They are really good. So, Yeah. All right, you guys ready to move on to? Do you have any more Hellboy stuff? Do you want to? Discuss? No, no, no. All right, um, Frank, did you like the Hellboy films? Yeah, I yeah. thought they were great. Yeah, I Ron was a bigger fan. Awesome. Yeah, I was a bigger fan of the second one than the first one. Me too. So, all right, uh, let's move on to some DC news. I don't think I have a ton of DC news this week. So, if you guys have anything that you want to throw out there, let me know. Yeah. Uh, Bleeding Cool is reporting from a reliable source that says they've seen character designs for Doomsday and that the character could appear in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, so, why not? Sir. Well, <laughs> everybody else is. I also heard of a villain called the Kitchen Sink that may make an appearance in this movie. All right. So uh, is this the big bad that's being set up for Justice League instead of Darkseid? What are you guys' thoughts? Doubt it. I doubt it, too. Why? It's, uh, it, it it's a Justice sense. League it's movie. Justice Why League. have what a Superman's, Superman's main villain? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm with you. I don't understand why. No, I mean, uh, what I'd like to see is Darkseid be the Justice League villain, and then Doomsday be set aside for the actual Man of Steel 2 sequel. Yes, right? yes. So... Did you guys hear that San Diego Comic-Con, they're not going to have any Warner Brothers news? I, I did hear leaks of that. Do you think it's true? I think it's bullshit. It's I think gotta it's, be. It's to make the drop even huger. It comes out pouring out any other time. It's to make the drop even huger. Well, honestly, we got, let's be honest here. I mean, last year was pretty much the first big drop from DC, Frank. I well, mean, right. I guarantee since. you Zack Snyder is going to show up. We've had up. one year, Frank. That's what I'm saying. But it's constant. It's almost as bad as uh, uh, Star Wars. Zack Snyder is showing up in Hall Age. I agree. Mark yeah. my words. It's got to happen. I think that they've got enough footage film that they could come out with some sort of a teaser trailer. 
It's happening. Yeah. So I don't think that they're not going to. But it's the not on the official Hall H docket. That's to make it bigger when it hits. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I. That's what I want to see. I, I do want to see you know Darkseid be the Justice League villain. I think it's a little premature to introduce him now. Um, I think it's premature to do a Justice League movie. I think it's premature to do a V movie. I, I agree. I, I well, I think it should be Batman versus Superman. I don't think it should be this Dawn of Justice bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I think Batman versus Superman is a good direction to go in. Just leave it at that, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I hope they wait till Man of Steel two to do the Doomsday stuff. Yeah. Um, you got to imagine they've they've got to get that give that death and rebirth of Superman its own movie. I mean, that was Superman's biggest selling comic arc of all time, oh, I absolutely. believe. So yeah. I'm sure we're going to see that adapted yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Yeah, I remember like getting trying to get a hold of that comic book. I think like by the time I got it, it was like fourth print or something oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Did you still get an armband? Uh, you know what? I I got two. No, I don't think I did get an armband. No armband. No, I I did. Uh, of course, I had like that classic '90s like where they like put everything in the bags. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was like our senior year, like '95, '96, wasn't it? September '95. I'm thinking. I don't when remember that something out? like that. That was a yeah. big fucking deal. Yeah, I remember my grandpa went to the comic store and bought that issue. Yeah. yeah, I mean there was everybody talking about that, not just the comic go- go- bleh, comic book guys. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. It was huge. I don't know. I'm. I don't know what I'm thinking. I like. I was. I was actually thinking about like Superman, uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice the other day, and like just like really thinking about this movie and like like what they're doing with this film. Mm-hmm. And I started to sit there and think about it and get really angry, like really angry. And this is fucked up because it's just a movie, but I'm getting angry that they cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yeah, it's weird. I got really angry at that. You know, it's like you you read all the comic books, you you watch all the DC animated movies, and in none of those movies do I ever see fucking Jesse Eisenberg playing a part in this fucking universe. No, no. And it, it really makes me mad that they didn't get a, a, I don't know, anybody else but him. Yeah, and it's not even – maybe, just maybe it would be passable if he was actually playing a version of Lex Luthor – that was in some way a version we'd kind of seen right. before, but he's just totally playing Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of what's like when up. they had the Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, news, I was kind of excited. I about was super that. pumped for that. I was um, like, oh my god, something I care about in this movie. Yeah, but of course not. I was really bummed out by the Gal Gadot casting. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily just physical attributes but like the presence i mean i know she's too old to do it now but i would have thought somebody along the caliber of like lucy lawless would have been good yeah you gotta have a this is is terrible gina gina carano they picked the wrong fast and furious babe yeah gina carano man was she in uh, which one was she was the uh she's the ufc fighter isn't she yeah, yeah. yeah. She okay. Used to do some fight. Right. Absolutely. Because when uh, I first heard about the Gal Gadot casting, yeah, I was a little confused, and I thought they were talking the other people one. People will fall back and say that Gal Gadot, she was in the Israeli army and she taught the troops and all this stuff like that. But <laughs> I think, I think if you're looking like for female badassery, man, Gina Carano is fucking Wonder Woman, in my opinion. Yeah. See, my I guess my only problem is I have zero feelings about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I don't know her from nothing. Yeah, th- I'm saying 
Yeah. Me too. I mean, it, when it comes down to like these castings and what really angers me, yeah. what angers me is the fucking Lex Luthor casting. Yeah, that's the worst one. I mean, you know, I, God, my dream choice would have been fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, that'd been great. Oh my God. Let that guy yeah. just go to town with Lex Luthor. Or even fucking Billy Zane. Sometimes Ooh, though yeah, you put, sometimes good. you put a great actor in that role though and it still fizzles. I mean, look at, uh, Fucking Kevin Spacey. I mean, I love Kevin Spacey, but he was terrible in that role. Sure. I, he was not good. So, you know, you just never know, I guess. Yeah. Well, I I don't think there's any way in how Daniel Day-Lewis as Lex Luthor would be bad. If anyone could fuck it up, I'm sure it's Zack Snyder. Well, Daniel Day-Lewis, I mean, just this guy is just amazing. He's out of this world. I think if anybody could actually get in the head of Lex Luthor and be this guy, I think it'd be Daniel Day-Lewis. So. Yeah, and I don't think the age would be radical at all. Bring bring that on. Yeah, That'd be fine. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I know he's a little bit older and up in years, but yeah. Or even Billy Zane. I mean, he'd be, that's, you know. I got all pissed off. You know what was really bothering me was, well, what's his name, uh, Walter White? Uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Well, Brian Cranston should be Lex that Luthor. That was stupid. Because he's bald and Lex Luthor's bald. <laughs> right. And it's a genius move, yo. Yeah, well, it was coming off of Breaking Bad and everything <sighs> like that. And, like, you know, don't typecast the guy. Come yeah. on. Jesus Christ. But then again, don't throw him in Godzilla and kill him off 45 minutes into the fucking movie. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to throw out here real quick for some DC news. Robbie Amell. Uh, he is the cousin of Stephen Amell, who plays uh, Oliver Queen Arrow in the Arrow series, uh, is playing Firestorm on the Flash CW t- TV show. So Robbie Amell, he was the lead character in the CW show uh, called The Tomorrow People that they recently canceled. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Robbie Amell is actually going to be in the uh, in the uh, Flash TV show. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. I read that Tomorrow People was just too over budget and wasn't getting the audience. I, I liked it. I enjoyed the Tomorrow People. Yeah, I read they were fun. just spending too much money on it and it wasn't getting in the viewers for the exactly, money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right, let's move on to some Marvel news. That I told you we didn't have a lot of DC news. Marvel news. Marvel just announced release dates through summer 2019 for their movies. We know that uh, isn't Feige doesn't he actually have like concrete like he knows what they're going to do till 2021, but he also has things written out to 2028. Yeah, exactly. So uh, no titles uh, yet for these movies, but official release dates uh, are the following: There's a movie that's going to come out July 28th, 2017, November 3rd, 2017, July 6th, 2018, November 2nd, 2018. May 3rd, 2019. So we've got five dates there. Are we taking any bets on what any of those movies could be? Oh, that, that's that's hard to do. Oh, man, I wish I could have that list right up. It's Don't say Doctor Strange. He's going to be one of the 2000. He's yeah, going to be in between now and 2016. you got to feel like the easier ones are the first ones and the last ones. Um, I think both Thor movies both had November dates, I want to say. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. So maybe that, um, November 2017 is Thor 3? Thor 3. Um. We gotta think that there's gotta be a Guardian sequel in there somewhere. Yeah, I would imagine that that might possibly be, um, that's gonna be a summer release. Probably another one of the August ones. Well, we've got July 2017. Yeah. Uh, November 3rd, 2017. I'm thinking we got – I think we're getting an Inhumans movie, man. Hmm. I think we're getting an Inhumans movie. I think with uh, Marvel not having access to the X-Men, yeah. this is going to be their answer to the X-Men. 
Um, I'm thinking we're going to see Black Bolt and Medusa here pretty soon, man. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not clamoring for that. I mean, are you? Yeah, I, I, not well. Okay, maybe, maybe a little bit more had Matt Fraction actually been the one writing the Inhumans book now, and it's Charles Soule. But um, yeah, I think that's an indicator that you're right too. Actually, I feel like Matt Fraction wasn't in line with what they had planned for the future with these characters, right? And that could be a sign that you're absolutely correct that we're going to get an Inhuman movie. I think we are going to get an Inhumans movie. So. Um, I don't know which one, which one it's going to be. It's probably going to be like a, one of those November ones. Um, I can't see it being like a July or a May release. Yeah. But, uh, I do think that we are going to get an Inhumans movie. I think May 3rd, 2018 is Avengers 3. But, you know, I want to see, uh, uh, Ad- uh Adelan, you know, I, I want to see that shit on screen. I think it'd be interesting, but I don't know how they're going to work it into their current universe that they have now. Yeah. You know who my favorite Inhuman is? Who? Lockjaw. I knew you were going to say that. I love it. Lockjaw is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I agree. I like Lockjaw, too. He's a fun character. That'll be crazy to see him get the movie treatment. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a CG Lockjaw? Oh, man. Then we got to tie it all together so we can get Rocket and Lockjaw together. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so now I've got no knowledge on this stuff. Is this like the same realm that the Scarlet Witch is in? Um, Inhumans came from Fantastic Four. Okay. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they – they lived on a part of the moon that you couldn't see, that couldn't be detected. And they were right. like, tucked away and hidden away on the moon. Yes. And they had this shit called the Terrigen Mist that when you reach a certain age, they you go into the Terrigen Mist and it gives you some kind of power. That's an absolutely unknown power. Right. Yes. So – and it's it's all from a Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four was really the cornerstone from for almost all of um, the Marvel Universe. Really almost any happening in the Marvel Universe was taking place back in the 60s and 70s in the first 100 issues of Fantastic Four. Well, yeah, it's a Marvel – of course, it's Marvel's first family. And, I mean, they, they took it from, you know, like the uh, Earth 616. And, and then they became more of a cosmic family. Yeah, just you exploration. Know, exploration. Silver Surfer, yeah. Galactus. I am kind of pleased that uh, the those uh, Fantastic Four movies didn't make it into the top nine. They're not considered as they're actually not, They're valid. not Marvel movies. No, they're not they're Marvel. They're 20th Century Fox oh, movies. Fox. Okay, well, that explains a lot. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was going to say something. Oh, and the um, what uh, the Negative Zone came from Fantastic Four. Yes, it did. Um, Annihilus came from the Fantastic Four, and that's huge in Marvel Cosmic and has been for a while. Right. Um, yeah, all that stuff. So. Uh, it's a shame that, like, uh, because they don't have the rights to, to some of these things that, like, you know, the Infinity, if they do, like, Infinity Gauntlet, if we go that way, yeah. which they are. You know, it's it's not going to be as cool without, like, Silver Surfer and Galactus and shit like that. No. I remember – I don't think it's in Gauntlet. I think it's in Infinity War. But I remember the big moment of that being where they blow up the fucking Baxter building. Right. And that being one of the big, like, spread pages. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Thanos just fucking blew the fucking Baxter building up. <laughs> but I think uh, – you think that we're going to get Adam Warlock? Yeah. I think we are. I think maybe – in an earlier podcast, I was leaning towards we wouldn't. Yeah, but with the cocoon and you saying that they've confirmed that that is Adam Warlock's cocoon that was in the end of Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, I really feel like I feel like we're gonna get it, especially yeah. if um, 
all signs point to this Guardians movie being a big hit. Yeah. Uh, the bigger a hit the Guardians movie is, yeah. the more wacky stuff you expect to see. Uh, did you read the Thanos Rising that came out recently? I have read... I am six months behind on comic books because yeah. I'm reading Marvel Unlimited. I just read issue three of it. No, no, no. Oh, Thanos Rising. I read that. No, I'm thinking of Thanos Annual that just came out. It was a four ninety nine book. I've got it. If it's too, if it's that recent, I haven't had. It. I've got it. I still need to read it. I hear it goes through a lot of like Thanos's like past and stuff like that. Oh, I think I heard about that. Didn't Starlin write that himself? Yes, yes, yeah. he did. I, w- I do want to read that really bad. I'll read it and then I'll drop it off maybe like next week or the week after or something like that. Okay. But I do have it. I just haven't gotten around to reading it. I've been reading a lot of like image books and stuff lately not a ton of marvel here lately so if thanos versus uh dark side who do you like better thanos versus dark side now who's gonna win in the fight but okay. which, which character do you without like without the infinity gauntlet or with the infinity gauntlet. A- anything if the infinity gauntlet is something that ties to the character of thanos then it's then it's included you know it's yeah. it's part of the character i'm going with thanos then yeah you I'm just like what he brings to the table more. Yeah. I, I like him more too. I think his storyline isn't as convoluted. Yeah. And like I can explain to Joe Schmo on the street what Thanos and his motives are right. pretty easily. But he asked me to do that for Dark Side and it, it becomes a little bit convoluted in what I'm gonna have to tell Joe Schmo. Yeah. His head may explode by the time I finish trying to explain. Which one came <laughs> first? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure Dark, Dark Side, Side came, came first, first, and, and then, then Thanos, Thanos was their answer. Yeah, Thanos was kind of like the answer to that. Gotcha. So, but yeah, a lot of people think Aquaman came first, but it was actually Namor that came first. When it, when you when you're comparing characters that are like really, isn't Namor the second Marvel character to ever appear? Yeah, it's I mean, Human Torch the Namor, right? Yeah, hmm. he was like one of the uh, the original Marvel characters. From Marvel Comics, the original title, yeah. Marvel Comics. Yeah, he was around the same time when they had like the original Human Torch before it was Johnny Storm. Yes, the robot android. Right. Human wow. Torch. <clears throat> That's back. Human yeah. Torch <laughs> is the first Marvel character. Huh. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, not Johnny Storm. Not Johnny no. Storm. I forget his name. I'm I'm a bad nerd for not knowing his name. Yeah, it's fine. But, and and that's a retcon, I think. Or, no, it wasn't. It had a name, but it's like an android. It's almost like the Vision. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So I think Inhumans will be one of those movies. Um, I don't. From what the news that we've heard, I don't think we're going to get a solo Hulk movie. Yeah. So I don't think that's on the docket at the, all, man. You got those dates <laughs> right on your computer? Let me yeah, peek, I do. Let me peek at that. Um, that, <laughs> that final one is Avengers three. I think it's almost a given. Well, we've got uh, what that comes out in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, but we're talking two thousand nineteen in May. That's yeah, a, that's yeah, Avengers but three. They come out every three years. Yeah. So. I'm thinking it's oh shit! You're right. That May one is I, I would bet some they, money. Yeah, that. we might have an extended Phase Three then. Yeah, I bet money because they they've got stuff to deal with. Um, Whedon's not officially tied on to be director yet for three. They probably wanted to give an extra year for the maybe the creative shift that's going to have to Are happen. Are you sure that Whedon's not on for three? I don't. I don't think he's signed. I don't uh, think he's negotiated for that. I could be wrong. I think he was on for the three. But I could be wrong too. So I, I thought it was a big deal right away getting him on to two. Okay. Okay. So um Doctor Strange is not one of these movies. That's gonna be one of the two thousand sixteen, fifteen movies. Um do you think that maybe do you think that they know what all these movies are gonna be? Yes. 
one of them's got to be a Captain America film, right? Yes. I, are you sure Doctor Strange is gonna is not going to be one of those? I think Doctor Strange is going to be part of uh, like we're looking at 2015. I think Doctor Strange is going to be a 2016 movie since we already have a director. Gotcha. The earliest movie on there is 2017. July 28th, 2017. Gotcha. I, I think we're looking at that one. I think that's probably going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, look for Cap to have a July date. <laughs> yeah, that might be July 6th, 2018. Yeah, look, I would say that's your Cap. Your final one's your Avengers 3. Right. I really think one one of those two Novembers is your Thor 3. Yeah, I, I think that's a shoe in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of them are going to be Iron Man. I don't either. I don't. I don't think we're going to see an Iron Man four yet. No, if ever, if ever. Yeah. Well, we won't. I don't, we may never see another Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man movie. We may still see an Iron Man four. Ant Man two possibility. Oof! I think Ant Man is going to be a one and done with all the troubles they've had. They're just they're just trying to get it, get it fucking out there. They're still saying that this movie they've got a lot of faith in Peyton of, Reed. Of Peyton, course they are. I know they. Are. <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to hit the panic button yet. Yeah. So. Don't see this movie. It's terrible now with these new people. Right. They're they're never going to be saying that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I definitely think Guardians two is going to be in there. I'm trying to think in humans. I'm trying to think of any other characters that they would throw in. You know, but when you think about Marvel characters, like who they could throw in, I mean, you know, of course, like I don't think that they're going to throw a Daredevil movie in here. I don't think they're going to give Charlie Cox his own feature film. No. Well, the Daredevil thing, it's like that's Marvel Studios already on Netflix. So you can almost eliminate all those characters. Yeah, they might show up in a movie as a cameo. Yeah. Just like we've heard that the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are going to show up as a cameo in like Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. They've been seen on set and blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you think? Like, I love Moon Knight, but I don't think that the Marvel is going to pull the trigger on a Moon Knight film, even though that they did mention Moon Knight as a as like a, in Captain America two. Yeah, they did talk about a man in Cairo. I don't know? think it's fantastical enough unless they really go the crazy approach with it. Yeah. What about Black Panther as one of those movies? That's good. Yes, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Black Panther. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one to throw in there. Yeah, I think most of those. I would say all but one of those are probably already established um, franchise sequels, though. Right. All but one or two. Yeah. Two at the most aren't already something part two, something part three, well, something part uh, like the rumor that you hear from Fahey is like they're wanting to go with like, you know, one movie that's like a, a known property and then the other movie is going to be an unknown. But I don't think they can keep doing that all mm. the time. No. And we haven't seen much of that, to yeah. be fair. Right. What was the last part one before Guardians of the Galaxy? It was fucking Avengers, right? Yeah. 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 So, we that was the event. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen that yet. Guardians of the Galaxy is really the first the first brand new franchise. Yeah. Since Captain America. Yeah. So, yeah. it's got a lot riding on its shoulders. It sure does, man. It, <laughs> I think it's going to pay off though. I mean, everything I've seen and not even taking in what you guys have said about it. I mean, just even the um trailers have been amazing for this thing yeah have you seen like the the batista trailers yeah i'm sold on batista as drax now i mean i'm really sold like i saw like one trailer and they showed like a bunch of batista scenes as drax and man i am sold on this guy being drax you know i am um i'm a little bit of a closet wrestling fan uh-huh. I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. Um, they did sucker me in with the uh, pay nine ninety nine a month and get access to every pay per view ever. <laughs> so, right. so I'm getting that, and I watch the pay per views. But Batista, God, he's always been one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. I just hate the guy. Yeah. And 
if you would have told me 10 years ago that the only wrestler that I liked his Facebook page was Batista, I would spit in your face. But that is the case of it now. I, yeah. I am so warmed up to Batista being Drax. Yeah. He looks just like him. Well, they had originally talked about Jason Momoa being approached uh, to be Drax, and then that fell through. Um, Batista's a beast I feel like physically. It, I feel like it's either Batista or CG. Yeah. Is the yeah. Only, like, I don't even see any other human specimen that could look as close to Drax as Batista. Not in the face, but physically, maybe like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But yeah. Batista, even in the face, if you look... Like in the comics, when Robert Downey Jr. started playing Tony Stark, they made Tony Stark look more like Robert Downey Jr. They, Batista already is a dead on ringer for Drax, right. even if you look at the shit from the 80s. Right. It's crazy. Yep. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about, like, how Disney's not doing a really good job of, like, you know, promoting Rocket Raccoon to kids and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's bullshit because I've been watching, uh, what, I've been watching something on Disney XD. I can't remember what it was, but I was watching some cartoon on Disney XD. And they have, like, Guardians of the Galaxy commercials in between TV shows. Oh, I'll tell you what I was watching. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. Anyway. Uh, but, like, they'll show, like, extended Rocket Raccoon scenes in the middle of, like, programming. That's cool. And yeah. so I think that this is going to get kids wanting to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Disney, you're doing a good job promoting Rocket Raccoon. But I'll tell you what I've been watching on Disney XD. Do you remember Boy Meets World? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Girl Meets World has premiered. And so, oh. like, you know, just, like, the curiosity. I saw I the pilot of this. Fucking horrible. It was so terrible. You know what so made it bad. so terrible was they, they kept having to work in the phrase. The world. The world. Oh, come on. And I was like. This is, this is, you know, it's, it's, this is uh, my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not your world anymore. It's my world and I'm meeting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, okay. All right. Okay. We get it. We get it. Yeah. So girl meets world. Toss it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying though. Um, I, I, I think if the rocket and Groot stuff is really great, yeah. then it's going to be a lot in the same way like Avengers when everyone was going into it. All everyone was talking about was, oh, it's Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man in the movie together. Yeah. And then we all walked away saying how great the Hulk was. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there's, there's a little bit of that going on here where yeah. all the yeah. merchandising is, oh, Star-Lord, Star-Lord, Drax, 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 and we're going to walk away just going, oh, my God, Rocket and Groot. Is it I just really me that when you watch these trailers – the one character that I cannot wait to see that gives me chills every time she's on screen. Excuse me, I just gave it away, but Gamora. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Every time she, like, looks, just her look, her demeanor. Yeah. Every time they show her and her badassery, she fucking gives me chills, even more than fucking Drax. I mean, she just looks so fucking badass i think both of the uh female characters um her and nebula yeah i'm really excited to see oh absolutely we haven't really seen any other than like black widow we haven't really seen any um marvel comic female characters <laughs> Shit. Yeah. could that be another fucking movie captain marvel yeah that's could possible. that be another one of the movies that's possible could we see fucking carol danvers that's it's possible now jake you're gonna have to let me know about this um I mean, from what I'm seeing, whereas Drax is like an animal, yeah. uh, uh, Gamora is the exact opposite. She's like cold and calculating. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys saw this in you know one of the many trailers where they're walking out together and she comes around the corner. It looks like she yawns. <laughs> Did yeah. you catch that? Yeah, a little bit. She's the deadliest woman in the galaxy. Yeah, That's it's her like moniker. she's bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. They haven't shown anything of her and I'm excited to see it. 
Yeah, they've they've done a good job of um on all these trailers just kind of repackaging the same shit. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. so excited every time I see one I complain about that. But yeah. the reality of it is is I don't want to see everything in the trailer. Yeah, they're not giving yeah. it away. And I'm glad yeah. about that, not knowing anything going in. I've purposely avoided looking at anything, which normally I like totally geek out and try to get my hands on stuff and I just want to experience it. I want to see these prison scenes that they keep fucking talking about. Are we are we, are we just all out talking guardians now? God I guess <laughs> Yeah. Let, you know what? Yeah, we can talk some Guardians. Uh, do I have any Guardians? I have Guardians stuff that I want to talk about. Talk about it. Bring it on. Well, we've heard um, they, they did press screenings, and so we've heard a little bit leaked out. One thing that we've heard that's interesting is the press screenings did not include the uh, post credit scene. That's that's still being hidden from everyone. That's cool. And no one's seen the post credit scene. But one thing we have seen is that in the credits roll, they're thanking uh, Steve Gerber – um, yes. The creator of Howard the Duck. Yes. Yeah. And so now everyone is going crazy. Did you see tri- I posted that on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. I did see that yeah. you posted it on Facebook. Everyone is going crazy trying to figure out how they're going to work Howard the Duck into this movie, whether it's just going to be simply Peter Quill reading a Howard Duck comic book, having yeah. the movie on in the background, or whether this character is actually going to make a full-fledged appearance in the flesh or in the feathers. It's a, it's a Marvel character. Yeah, Howard the Duck. I would love to see that. And I still have Howard the Duck number one, the comic. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I still have Howard the Duck number one. Spider-Man makes an appearance in that comic book, Sweet. by the way. Uh, of course. They had to, he was on the cover, too. Yeah. Just yeah. to help sell those books. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I was saying to everybody on Facebook, like maybe Howard the Duck is just like they show like, uh, like, uh, Peter Quill, eight year old. The movie supposedly starts out with like an eight year old Peter Quill. Yeah. You know, the night that he gets taken off. Back and, in the eighties. And maybe he's watching Howard the Duck on TV. Okay, that makes sense. Or maybe he's got like a Howard the Duck doll, something like a plush doll, whatever. Or maybe they fucking go out to outer space and then, you know, one of these, he's just kind of like a background character, kind of like the ETs were in Star Wars. Yeah. Do you think, I, I let's say hypothetically Howard the Duck shows up as an actual, you know, character. It's obviously not going to look like it did in the 80s movies, you don't think. I think it's going to be a reimagining. Yeah. Of the way he looks more of the comic form. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. See, the only experience I've got with Howard the Duck is the damn movie. And I kind of, I'm riding the line between CGI and practical effects on that. I'm yeah. not saying I want to see the same, you know, dorky shit from the 80s, but. You oh, know. It was a horrible movie. There's, oh, yeah. I would be fine with a brand new CG Howard the Duck, I you guess, know, is my produ- point. It was produced by uh, uh, Lucas. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that crappy song at the end, Howard the Duck. Oh, I love that song when I was a kid. That movie freaked the fuck out of me when I was a kid. It was um, it scared me of um, cigarette lighters in cars because the guy like charges by like sticking his tongue in the cigarette lighter of the car. <laughs> right. And so oh, I, yeah. I was terrified of um, car cigarette lighters and what they could do to a human body. I, th- I think that movie fucked with me too. That exact same scene. <laughs> it did too. That scene fucked me. Up. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're only six, seven, eight, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that scene got to me. I had weird things bother me about that movie. He took the feather off and gave it to her so she wouldn't get wet in the rain. And I get it, you know, the water off a duck's back. But I guess young me was like, how in the fuck is that one little feather going to keep her dry? If you watch this movie as an adult, too, it's very sexual. Like, how are the duck is like really trying to get it on with this human? Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy, two weeks away, guys. Oh We're going to have a Guardians. Next week is going to be uh, San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to cover all the coverage there. And then after that, Guardians of the Galaxy. So we've got our plate full. Yeah, that's a good deal. I can't wait. Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit more Marvel news. And let, Jake, did you have any more Guardians stuff? I think that's the only Guardian stuff you I know, have. You know, Nathan Fillion is not confirmed as Cosmo the Dog. No, and now he's like some, like, alien yeah, they've whatever. Got him, they've got him as, uh, let's see here. Apparently, uh, Stan Lee has a cameo in Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, and they teased that it would involve Thor and Captain America. Stan Lee himself said, the movies have been great. We have been so lucky. We've got the best directors, the best special effects people, and wonderful actors. People that had not been big stars before, like the fellow who plays Thor. He's wonderful. I was with him yesterday. I did my cameo, of course, for Avengers Age of Ultron. And Chris, who plays Captain America, he's excellent. And then they said uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the cameos. Stan Lee also has a cameo in this one. Uh, this time he's a uh, Xandarian ladies' man. Yeah, I saw that. James Gunn has a cameo. Yes. Uh, and then Nathan Fillion will be dolled up, they said, as m- a monstrous inmate. In that opening scene, I believe. Right. And then Rob Zombie. Yeah, I saw they that. said he lends his voice as the Ravager, Ravager Navigator voice. Yeah, gotcha. I've heard Cosmo is confirmed to be in the movie, though. Yes, but they said something about Cosmo being played by Fred the Dog. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's the name of the actual dog, I assume. Yeah. But Cosmo's got to talk, or it's right. not Cosmo. Right. <laughs> But it's not guaranteed to be Fillion, so. Yeah, okay. I read that too. He's like some weird alien in the prison. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, what's your, uh, what's your favorite Stanley cameo, guys? Um, uh, I love the one in The Incredible Hulk when he drinks the soda. Oh, yeah. When he bleeds yeah. in the soda and yeah. he drinks the soda. I just like assuming that Stanley got powers. Right. <laughs> Frank, what's yours? I like uh his cameo in the Amazing Spider Man. I thought it was silly. That was my that was my favorite as well. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. So uh let's see here. Uh moving on, uh Netflix, the Daredevil series. Deborah Ann Wall, the redhead who plays the young vampire Jessica on True Blood, has now been cast as Karen Page on the Marvel Netflix Daredevil series. Karen Page, uh, the character, she works for Matt Murdock's law firm, and in the comics she even has a, a relationship with him at one point. So. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler warning, um, she probably won't be on that for more than a couple seasons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, Deborah Ann Wall, I like her. Yeah, I'm not, I have never seen two seconds of True Blood, so, so. I have nothing. Yeah, I, I like her on True Blood. Um, very, very, very tall. Yeah. Very tall actress and uh, very pretty. Very gotcha. pretty redhead. And um, um, she's the she's the uh, young girl that uh, Bill is forced to turn to vampire and and uh, very. I don't know. I I'm a big True Blood fan. So that's going to be a huge week for us when. Uh, 12 episodes of Daredevil hit on one day. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to watch them all and go over that. Um, yeah, man, uh, who else are we getting, dude? We're getting fucking Luke Cage. and Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Um, Heroes for Hire at the end of all of it. Yeah, right? and yeah. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I like Deb Ranwall. I think she's very pretty, um, very, very sexy when it comes to the True Blood series. Um, I had a relationship with Ryan Quanton 
who uh, he did a uh, didn't he do a uh, Deadpool? Um, did he do the Deadpool um, movie like the, the the short that was released online? I have never seen that. He did. He did something comic related. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. All right. So there were some uh, possible spoilers about Avengers: Age of Ultron that were given by Entertainment Weekly. Um, They went on to say Ultron was not created, of course, by Hank Pym in this version, like in the original comic books, but instead is now created by none other than Tony Stark, Iron Man himself. Tony Stark creates Ultron. In order to lead an army they call the Iron Legion uh, that will be able to battle villains so that the Avengers don't have to. Lazy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we can assume that Ultron goes sentient at one point or another during the movie. And then he has yeah, – of course, he has daddy issues just like in the comics you know, with Pym. And uh, as for the Vision, another character forever linked to the characters – and played by Paul Bettany, who still will not fucking admit that he is playing the Vision, but we all know he is. They confirmed that in the Entertainment Weekly article. Did they, they finally confirmed? They it. did. They did. Uh, his origin will be more traditional, like in the comics. In the in the film, the Vision will be created by Ultron uh, to show that he has the power to create life too. Um, here's a little bit from the Entertainment Weekly article. The Vision, a synthetic, super-powered human designed by Ultron to show he has the power to create life, too. Um, the Vision will be portrayed by Paul Bettany, like you said, yeah, it's confirmed, who has already been a part of the Marvel movie universe as Jarvis. Uh, yep. With Paul, yeah, Paul Bettany voices Jarvis, uh, the Siri-like artificial intelligence who serves as Tony Stark's laboratory sidekick. Um Guys, I mean, um, is is the casting coincidental, or can we assume that Ultron uses Jarvis' consciousness for spare parts in the visionary uh, experiment? Yeah, they. I was trying to find that quote that you're reading in the article because yeah. they say something really cheeky that kind of leads to thinking like that too. Yeah, like they say, is there a connection between Paul Bettany being Jarvis and also playing the Vision? And of course. Like, yeah, it's like, well, we can't say, but yeah. you know. So yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Uh, I want to see, dude. I, and I was excited when we do, we did talk about like how they were going to make the vision look. Like it sounds like it's going to be straight out of the comic books. Yeah, I mean they show them on this cover and it looks amazing, right? Yeah. Um. Well, man, I mean, that's beautiful. Oh God, that is <laughs> Ultron looks great, oh, and man, I, 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 I love how he does stand out with like the red glowing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to see the red coming out of the dark. I mean, they have to do that. That's oh, that's the Ultron thing to me. Hey, uh, I read an article attached to that, and I really don't know that much about Ultron going in. And I get the idea that he feels that man's greatest threat is man itself, and that that is an awesome concept. I kind of get a little bit – like if anybody's watched uh, Knight Rider, um, <laughs> Car. They made his primary uh, motivation self-preservation. Yeah. And it kind of feels like the same thing, like fuck the humans. Like they're fuck-ups and they don't do anything right anyway. So here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to take you all out and it'll be okay. Then there's peace. Is it just (laughs) me or does Aaron Taylor Johnson look really douchey as Quicksilver? I saw that. See, that's the thing. It's like, guys. Is it because of Days of Future Past and that being so awesome? totally because of Days of Future Past. But he looks so douchey. Look at that facial hair. 
it's because uh, of that and it's because of fucking Godzilla. Like, I think, like, if we would have saw that same picture that you were just showing me, mm-hmm. like, three months ago, we would have been like, oh, my God. And, like, hey, remember how excited we were when we saw that scene from the end of the Thor The Dark World movie? Mm-hmm. No, no, Captain America The Winter Soldier where they showed him, like, in that prison you know, freaking out, and we're like, oh, wow, he looks so good, he moves so good, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm, seriously, he's got big fucking shoes to fill. Uh, Evan Peters killed it. Oh, yeah. Quicksilver, to me, is Evan Peters. I don't think that there's any way that fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson can ever live up to the fun Quicksilver that we we saw in Days of Future Past. I just think it's 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 impossible at this point. I love Whedon. I think the man works magic when he's behind the fucking screen when he's directing, but I don't think that he can direct Aaron Taylor Johnson to be anything close to how amazing Evan Peters was in that movie. That was so good. The yeah. only thing that I'm worried about with Evan Peters is that such a great response from everybody that saw that film. That loved him. That when they do apocalypse, they feel the need to inundate us with that much more quicksilver. Oh, and you know they will. It sucks. So. Spoon feed us this character, yeah, because he's the, he's the kind of character like if you give, you know just give us enough, just what? give yeah. us enough. You don't need to give us too much. Don't give us too much. Just keep us wanting more and no, more and more. No Quicksilver solo movie? No Quicksilver solo movie. I love the character that much in that Days of Future Past film that we don't need a full movie to unravel this character anymore and, like, fuck up the beautiful fucking – you know, those scenes were just amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that they, they, they portrayed him in the film was great. It was funny. It was just – it was perfect. Don't don't ruin that. Just spoon feed the character to us. Just give us just a little bit. Always wanting a little bit more from him. I um I found the the blurb. Like I Beetlejuice, to... Beetlejuice the movie. Yeah. Did you know like Beetlejuice is only in the movie Beetlejuice for a total of like seventeen minutes? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about that movie is that you know you don't get that much Beetlejuice. But when you think about Beetlejuice, that's what you think about is those right. great scenes that you get of Michael Keaton being Beetlejuice. You're so not beat over the head with it. It's so exactly. special. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's what they did in Days of Future Past. They just gave us enough to want us wanting more. And they need to keep doing that. I have the feeling that we're going to get so much Aaron Taylor Johnson like we did in Godzilla. And I didn't want him in Godzilla. <laughs> I wanted more Cranston. Yeah. Just, you know – that's I think that's where Age of Ultron's gonna people are going to be comparing Aaron Taylor Johnson to fucking Evan Peters Quicksilver. Yeah. It is gonna happen now. And oh my god, they have big shoes to fill because like if you had asked me three months ago who I was thinking is gonna come out on top, I would have said Aaron Taylor Johnson, Joss Whedon, all the way. After seeing fucking Days of Future Past, holy fucking shit. Evan Peters, you are fucking Quicksilver. You are the fucking shit. Love that movie. Yeah, and you know what? It's so surprising that it was so good, too, because we even saw Evan Peters in the fucking Carl <laughs> Jr. commercial, <laughs> and nothing could have made me want to hate that character. I, you know what? They said bacon makes everything better. Yeah. I even started to hate bacon after that yeah. fucking commercial. Yeah, right? So, I mean, my... My wanting to hate that performance and character was was through the roof. So <laughs> Absolutely, for to even for us to even talk like this afterwards is it's a, mind blowing, man. Yeah, it really is. Do you got I, something on your? I found that blurb I wanted to talk about Paul yeah. Bettany. Um, 
the the article says is that casting coincidental or can we assume that Ultron uses his uses Jarvis consciousness for spare parts in his visionary experiment? Yes. Whedon takes a deep breath. We're in spoiler territory. It's not coincidence, he says, then declines to elaborate. Elaborate. This marks Bettany's first in the flesh appearance in a Marvel film. By his own admission, Paul's very disappointed that he actually has to show up this time. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. Remember all those uh, rumors that we were going to get uh, Vin Diesel as Vision? Yeah. Yeah. It was Vin Diesel as every fucking character. Vin Diesel as Adam Warlock. Vin Diesel as... Yeah, uh, Black Bolt in yeah. the Inhumans movie. I've heard yeah. that too. And then that could still be. That still could be. So, yeah, because he talked about another project with uh, Marvel. Yeah, he said the Groot thing was just kind of a filler until he did the real thing that he was planning on doing with them. Right, right. All right, Aaron Eckhart, I want to see him as uh, Adam Warlock, just saying. I'm down. I'm still saying that, but you guys want to move on to some Star Wars news? We'll knock out some real quick Star Wars news. I don't have a lot this week. We'll knock that out. We'll take another break. We'll come back, and we'll finish up with listener emails. Copy. Sounds good? Yeah, sure. Okay. All <laughs> right. Unless you you got something else planned? No, I got nothing. All right. Star Wars news. You got what the Misa saying. You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, Star Wars news. Uh, <laughs> what a Misa saying. What's a, what's a Misa saying? He got. I like those are the four most memorable voices in Star Wars right there. Yeah. You got Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, J.J. Abrams announced last year that Star Wars Episode Seven would not be shooting in digital, but would be shooting in film. What were your guys' reactions when he said that? Surprised. Uh, good reaction, bad reaction. Uh, I, 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 you know, he knows what he's doing. Just surprised. Lucas was so proponent with the uh, previous three movies about shooting them all digitally, and he was kind of the the front runner for you know pushing that technology into the filmmakers in the first place yeah the know? big difference there is just how many frames per second is that right no it's it's a difference on the effects when it comes to adding the effects in in post it's like a whole it if you're going to shoot it on film that means you're going to do try to do more practical effects than cg effects because the advantage to shooting in digital is that you can overlay the cg effects right onto the film i like that though I mean, I, I really like the the idea that that's telling us that they could be going more with practical as opposed to the CGI. I see it both ways. I like practical effects and would like to see more practical effects than in the prequels. But it's obvious that this movie is still going to have CG, right? It's right. not. It's not like we're going to have no CG. So is the CG side going to suffer because we're not filming it digitally? Are we sacrificing? the believability of the CG to have more practical effects. Are we serving one side to disservice the other? I think they could balance it out though. Yeah. It could cause the, you know, that balance to take effect instead of them wanting to go more on the CGI side to push them more towards the practical side. What did you lose, Brian? I'm looking for my iPhone. I had an article that I wanted to read that I didn't have uh, in my notes. Oh, gotcha. So, no, you guys keep talking. I'm just going to look for my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I I see it both ways. Um, I, I w- you know, it doesn't really upset me that they're shooting it, and shooting it in film instead of digital 
but it's interesting. I, I'm sure we'll find out the whys after the fact. I'm sure. I mean, they're always pretty extensive about telling us how they made a Star Wars movie and why. Right. They they were. I mean, it's my opinion. I mean, of course. Like again, like we said before, like sex and pizza. Even you know when it's not great, it's still good. Like episode one, because it was the first one, uh, first original story that they had come out with in a long time. I felt like that we were beat over the head with it. I know they use the real physical puppet Yoda still, but how shiny only in the first was. one, right? And, and the now, rest of it was and now CG. that's been disappeared. And if you watch episode one in the newest release. They've turned Practical Yoda into uh, CG Yoda in Episode 1 now. Gotcha. Just, and we got Blinking Ewoks. And Blinking Ewoks. Oh, really? What? And see, man, I, I wasn't a big fan when they went back and redid them in the late 90s prior to the prequels coming out. Yeah. I I wasn't a big fan of that. It was kind of neat to see like some deleted scenes like with Han, Jabba the Hutt, prior to him getting on the Falcon. Oh, that scene made no sense in the context of the film, though. What's, right. the, what's the biggest fallacy in the entire special edition, in your opinion? The the thing that they should have like left out? The thing that they fucked up the most. Han? There's so many of them. It's almost hard to choose. No, at the end of the movie, like at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, when they showed uh, uh, Hayden Christensen Anakin. Oh, that's a, of, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. The, as as a Force ghost instead of the original actor. I agree with that. The one that gets me is um, the Return of the Jedi Jabba's Palace scene. Oh, that that used to be so... Ad- oh, thank you. The music's gone. They did that whole fucking number. Oh, sitting in the dark theater as an eight-year-old, that scene scared the shit out of me. It was so dark and disturbing and just a scummy place to be. And are, now you it's talking big, about, are you talking about the musical number that I, I, they did? It's exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. It has Now it has this, like, Fraggle Rock character. Yeah. And it's this big happy-go-lucky musical number. Boba Fett's fucking tapping his toes to yeah. how fucking happy this song is. Yeah, but we're also leaving out Greedo. I know. Yeah. I, I thought of Greedo. But I still, this, like, ru- that's just one moment, and this ruins an entire fucking scene. This is like 12 minute, minutes right. ruined. Right. That, that, I understand what you're saying, but that's kind of like trying to rewrite history, man. When, yeah. when you try to actually put in there that Han shot first, or, uh, uh dude, Greedo, shot, Greedo first. shot first, right? Cause Han did fucking shoot first. I mean, come on now. And if you're going to change it, at least make it look fucking believable. Right. And not have that herky-jerky shit. Oh, yeah. God. It was horrible. Like, the angle he shot and yeah. everything was just awful. How the fuck are you going to miss at point-blank range? I mean, Stormtrooper, whatever, whatever. I mean, come on. Dude, quit with the bullshit. Just admit it. He he shot first. Yeah. And what's the problem with him shooting first for right. Christ's sake? He's well, fucking Han Solo. The thing is, like, even Lucas has come out and said, like, um, oh no, originally it was supposed to be that Greedo shot first, but like, even during the filming of The Phantom Menace, you can look at some of the pictures that, uh, Lucas is in. He's wearing a t-shirt that said Han shot first. Right. Yeah. That's, that's fucked up. Right. That is fucked up. He's supposed to be the fucking rogue, man. I mean, he's a smuggler. He's not all 100% on the up and up. Don't try to change it and make him be. We he's all fucking know solo. what happened though. Yeah, we all know what happened. Just block it out. Han fucking shot first. It, it's right. almost like George Lucas is like pulling a high stakes Andy Kaufman like joke on the entire world. I think, I think yeah. you're right. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that you're saying that as a joke i think that lucas did this oh i'm not saying that as a joke. i know you're not because i don't think it is a joke i think that lucas did this as, as just a way to get people talking yeah 
You know, you know what I mean. All I, press right. is good press. Absolutely, True. I totally agree with that to, statement, one hundred percent, Jake. To wow. this day, we still talk about it. It's still a controversy, right? Right he now, he created that controversy himself. <laughs> yeah, and we're never going to stop talking about and it. And He's sitting back and he's laughing about it. Yeah, I agree. It's Andy Kaufman all the way. I totally agree. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, the uh, <laughs> recently, we also got an announcement via Twitter that they would be shooting episode seven. Uh, in IMAX film as well. Uh, so that's great news. But I've also read that they will not be filming in 3D, but the film will be post-converted, and that is bad news. Bad. Bad. It's going to look so dark and crappy. But you know what? On the flip side, we are getting a Jurassic Park for Jurassic World that is going to be filmed in 3D. That'd be awesome. That is exciting. That is exciting. I wish Spielberg would come back and direct that bitch. Is he executive producing or anything? I don't know. It doesn't. To me, unless he's in the chair, it's not. I like Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. I like the direction he's taking the franchise, though, from what we've heard. I, I I love the story direction the franchise is. Yeah, but it's just like Spielberg and Jurassic Park. It's like part of Jurassic Park. To oh, me. I agree. Even though the second one is really maligned and people hate on it, it still feels like Jurassic Park. Like it. How fucking brilliant! Jurassic Park, the original movie. How fucking brilliant was that first teaser poster where they just showed the gate? They just showed the gate, Jurassic Park, the gate, the big, you know, we all know that big wooden gate that opened up. Oh, yeah, it was huge. That's all that we got from the fucking teaser poster. And what that made you thought, like, what is behind that gate? What are we going to see? How fucking brilliant was that? Oh, my God. Oh, it was brilliant. Just the whole thing was brilliant. Yeah. I like the idea of holding back, man. I mean, don't you don't have to blow your load all over teaser trailers and trailers in general, man. Sometimes it's it's great to have it all be a surprise. Well, that's what they're doing with uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. We really don't know anything that's going along with the right. story up until a point. Up until a point. See, the, what's you know what I love about this is like you know every week we report all these rumors. Every week we report all these rumors. I think it's still going to be fun for us to sit down and watch this movie. If, if, if things keep going the way they are and we, don't, we still don't know shit about the movie and we sit down and we get to see like what what actually is real and what we thought was going to happen. I'll I have think, plowed through the novel before the movie comes uh, out. You, yeah. See, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away, man. I can't help mess it up. Ah. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Disney XD cartoon Rebels. Uh, it might have a voice, they might have a voice, uh, to their Inquisitor villain. We've talked about the Inquisitor villains. Uh, the rumor comes from Entertainment Weekly and the voice could be none other than Jason Isaacs from the Harry Potter films. Nice. He played, uh, Malfoy's dad. Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, yeah. It's another guy that I thought would have been a great, a fantastic Lex Luthor, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Wow. I could name you 500 guys that would be better yeah. than Jesse Eisenberg. Fucking A. Hey, fucking A. I, can, I know a few girls that would have been better than Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Rebels is set between episodes three and episodes four. 
And the Inquisitor apparently is a lightsaber-wielding Jedi killer. So many are saying that the uh, Inquisitor or the Inquisitors could be these rumored Jedi hunters that they're talking about in Star Wars Episode Seven, which makes sense with the rumors that these Jedi hunters have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is the movie that they're going to, you know, basically be out in the open. <laughs> How many things are going to happen in seven, eight, and nine? That are gonna have to, we're gonna have to go back for the eighth time and add stuff to, uh, one through six. Oh man. <laughs> I'm smelling another special edition. No. Hey, look, the Jedi Hunter was in the cantina scene the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I see him doing that. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. It's off topic, but it's all I could think about when you said they've existed forever. It's like, oh, we can make that happen. Do you think that Disney would, well, yeah, no, never mind. I was going to say, do you think that Disney would do that now that Lucas isn't directly involved? But fuck yeah, they would. It'll sell movies. It'll People sell the will movies buy again. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a lot more to talk about next week with the rebels stuff too no see no 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 disney owns these new movies and the new properties george lucas still owns the rights to the original films okay from what i from what i gather so it's not like disney can say oh let's put out the original movies the way they originally were filmed without the special effects and package them in a blu-ray I still think Lucas himself owns the rights to those films. I don't I don't know the specifics of that, but I think that's not true. I think Disney owns the the whole Schmageger now, much like when they bought the Muppets. Hmm. I mean, it's not like Disney's still putting out the original the Muppet movie. I could be wrong. Yeah, but okay. I I don't think I the reason I think that this is what I what I'm saying could be, you know, true is like if I don't think we're going to see this Star Wars Christmas special coming out. I know. I think Lucas was like, all right, guys. All right. If I'm going to do this, I'll do this. You guys have complete control over this. But you know what? I still, all the original movies that came out, um, no. And, and you're not getting any, you're not going to be able to release the uh, Star Wars Christmas special I don't think, on Blu-ray. I, I agree to, with that. I don't think it needed to be said to the Disney guys not to release the uh, <laughs> Star Wars holiday I, special. I think so. Oh my gosh, that's like, uh, you, you don't want that shit out there. That's like, uh, I don't know, that's like a married man trying to hide his mistress. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wish they would just throw that on a, as a special feature in one of the DVDs. I don't understand why they're, it's funny, we can laugh at it. We can laugh at it now, yeah. I, and it would be nice to see it, like, in all of its glory. <laughs> you know, that's the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah, as, in, in, in an animated form. Animated form, yeah. yeah. That's wild shit. Yeah. Wacky and wild. That is, that is weird one. <laughs> uh, get the fuck back. Yes! yes! <laughs> I, I, did, I did not know that. That is, that is, that is weird wild stuff. Did, did you know that? I want to do a whole podcast like this. Holy yeah. shit. All right, so it looks like uh, the name of uh, one of the uh, trailers filming. I, I'm not going to do this. Yes! Yes! <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is weird, wild stuff. I, I did not know that. Oh, man, I love Phil Hartman. <laughs> uh, yeah, Phil Hartman, Dana Doing Carvey. The, Ed McMahon, yeah. yeah, and Dana Carvey. That's great stuff. All right. Uh, the name on uh, one of the uh, trailers, and I'm not talking about a movie trailer. I'm talking about a uh, physical uh, a trailer. A trailer that you eat in and sleep in. Yes, exactly. Production trailer. A production trailer. The name on one of the trailers filming on a forest set for Episode 7 said... 
uh, Kira, K-I-R-A, Kira. So many are speculating that that could be the name of Daisy Ridley's character in Star Wars Episode Seven. Yep, seen a lot of Kira Solo news going around now after that. Yeah. So, so yep. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. So that might be the name of one of the characters in Star Wars Episode Seven, Kira. So remember that name. You heard it here, uh, probably third, uh, third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> Hopefully, at least yeah. that high. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to point out real quick that um, yeah. it's confirmed that we're going to get a uh, Rebels trailer at Comic Con next week. I, I did not know that. So that's exciting. We're that, gonna. That is weird. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, Rebels trailer. Yeah, we're gonna. That's one of the only things coming out of the Star Wars camp. That's a for sure. Oh wow! Big that's fucking cool. surprise there. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star Wars is not coming out with anything this year. We can all agree. That, you know, we hear that Warner Brothers isn't going to do Batman v Superman Down to Justice. We're going to call bullshit on that. Yeah. But they also said that Lucasfilm is not going to be doing any Star Wars Episode 7. I'm going to say that's concrete. I I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't fuck around. They they do their announcements at their own goddamn shit. Yeah. They do it at fucking Decon and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Decon. (laughs) Kills rats. (laughs) Actress Christina Chong, uh, who was in uh, 24, uh, Live Another Day. Uh, that actually sounds like a Bond movie title, Live Another Day. Yeah. Let's get someone singing that. <laughs> yeah. Not Madonna. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, worst. Don't even get me started. I, I rank that worst, too. Yeah. It's like a dance number. Don't even. <laughs> yeah. Has she even fucking heard a Bond song before? Wow. It was horrible. <sighs> All right, so uh, – but uh, Christina Chong uh, has now been cast in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, the big surprise uh, here is uh, there's no mention as to who or what she'll be playing in the film. Big fucking surprise there. That's the real surprise? Yeah. yeah. That's the – but uh, it's uh, – you know, it's not like this film is shrouded in secrecy, Jake. Yeah. I we- mean they're forthcoming with everything on Star Wars Episode Seven. We know everything that's going to happen in this movie, so it's kind of bizarre that we don't know what Christina Chong's playing. She sounds doesn't she sound like a uh, like a female ice skater, Christina Chong? Christina Chong yeah. is, she, is she Tommy Chong's daughter? Ah, she could be. So yeah, there we yeah. go. No, I'm thinking of uh, what's her uh, Christina Yamaguchi. Oh yeah, ice yeah, 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 yeah. I keep thinking of Tanya Harding and. What's her name? Nancy Kerrigan? Yeah. Do you remember when Na- – that was fucked up, man, yeah. in the 90s. Oh, uh-huh. That whole fucking thing. Do you remember, like, uh, that got so fucking big. Nancy Kerrigan hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. She didn't host it. She, yes, she, she fucking did, did really? host it. Yes, she did fucking host it. I thought she was just on no. the news segment. No, she hosted the whole damn thing. That's crazy. Oh, Jake's looking it up. He thinks I'm full of shit. I believe you. She hosted the show. That's how big of a pop culture news thing that was. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you're like fucking twenty or something. Yeah, all our younger yep. listeners. Yeah, back in the nineties, they had, there was these uh, two female ice skaters that were uh, competing for Olympic gold. Oh my god, who and, was her musical uh, guest? Oh, I don't know, probably like uh, Faith No More. <laughs> uh, but you know, like they were competing for Olympic gold, and it was a whole huge controversy. Nancy Kerrigan, she got done like with her, uh, you know, skating and shit. She went out. Through the, uh, she was gonna leave, going through the exit, and a guy came out and he hit her with one of those fucking police batons right. in the fucking kneecap, and it was like this huge thing, like who, you know, who, who, who hit her? They found out that it was actually uh, Tanya Harding's husband, yeah, that had uh, come out there and set it up, and she 
Tiny Harding acted like, you know, she had nothing to do with it. Her husband was doing it for, uh, you know, you know, like financial gain so that like if she won, like they would be able to, he'd be able to start his own business from the money that she earned. And, and she didn't like even that. do that good. Yeah. And well, I, well, okay. I say she didn't do that good, but I still think she got the bronze. I honestly think that it was fucking, uh, Tanya Harding that actually, she was the one who injured Harrison Ford on set of Star Wars <laughs> episode seven. It was her husband. <laughs> it was I, her yeah. husband. Yeah. I, I looked it up and actually they had her paired with Aretha Franklin. Yeah. I just saw that too. Yeah. And it was, uh, season 19, episode 15 that aired March 12th, 1994. Well, they uh-huh. did the whole sketch like remember nancy kerrigan she was like doing the disney parade yeah and like the whole time she's like saying under her breath and they could like see like she was saying like this is so corny this is so corny they actually did a sketch about that too yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah all right yeah we're talking about fucking nancy kerrigan and tanya harding on pop culture left that's <laughs> how shrouded in mystery star wars news is we, yeah. we, got, we got nothing we, we got, got nancy nothing. kerrigan and we're tanya talking about harding. shit that happened 20 plus years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a break uh we'll come back we'll do uh listener emails email emails i gotta hit stop where is it stop it We're going to do uh, listener emails. I'm going to wrap this bitch up. So, uh, yeah, listener emails. We got a listener email from Matt Smith. Not the uh, not Dr. Not Doctor Who. Who. But, uh, yeah, Matt, our listener, Matt Smith, from Twitter. Uh, he says, hey, Brian, Matt Smith from Twitter here. I was just wondering if you could give me some suggestions of books I could jump into. I've been out of comics for a little while and currently am try- I'm trying to get back into them. Any suggestions would be great. Thanks. So, uh, Jake, you can help me on this one, too. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the best way for Matt Smith to probably get back into reading some comic books? Especially, I mean, you know, there's the Marvel Now initiative, but that's, it's been going on for a couple of years, but they reboot it every September, right? Yeah. But, you know, like, Matt Smith, how can he get back into comics? I don't know. It depends on what you like, I guess. I would pick what you like and then read the last event that happened with what you like. Yeah. Like, if what you like is X-Men... Then start with Battle of the Atom. Yeah, but does it have to be like us, you know, capes and tights and shit? I mean, maybe he, maybe he's into some like image shit. Maybe. I thought we were talking just purely on a Marvel level. For it could a second, be. Though. It could be. I don't see. That's the thing, Matt. You need to let us know like exactly what you're into. Like, yeah, if you're into like you know capes and tights and shit, you know, Marvel and DC. But like, you know, there's image comics, and if you want some really good horror comics, I mean, Dark Horse is the way to go. Um, but yeah, if you want some like really cool, independently creative owned by a creator owned comics, Image is the way to go. Oh yeah, Image is great for that. Every month, there's almost two or more brand new titles that you yeah. can jump on the number one that you need no previous continuity from any other book to get on. Yeah, I mean, top creators, top writers, top artists doing new number ones every month at Image. Scott Snyder's got a new fucking Image book coming out yeah. here in October. Yeah. Oh man, I need to get. I need to start getting previews again. So. Let's Google that shit, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, comicbookresources.com, they have, like, they release, like, um, you know, some of the new, the the, the comic book solicitations. But, uh, you know, I mean, 
You use Marvel Unlimited. That's yeah. a good resource. Oh yeah, for ten bucks a month, you can read anything that Marvel's put out, pretty much, as long as it's um six months ago. Yeah. Which, gosh, I mean, there's so much to read. You're not going to be like, oh, I need to read this whatever right now. Right. I mean, Is there a limit on how far back it goes? No. Really? No. It's everything. Every wow. issue of Fantastic Four, every issue of Avengers, every issue of Spider-Man, every issue of X-Men. That's awesome. I mean, I've heard you guys talk about it, but I guess I just didn't realize how deep it went. Ten bucks a month. You can get that <gasps> shit for a month for free, too. Oh, And I don't wow. work for them. It's, I love it. I and you can have up to 12 of them that you don't have to be on the internet to read. You can download them right to your device and read them. Is there an extra want. fee for that at all? No. Really? It's part of the 9.99 a month. Damn, cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. You get to read I read everything. I'm the guy that wants to read every title and I mean budget-wise, I just can't afford that anymore yeah. to read every Marvel title. I know uh Matt, like if you uh want to start reading some DC, I know that uh you know, uh, Grayson, which is the new, uh, you know, Dick Grayson book, you yeah. know, Robin Nightwing, um, that just came out. There's yeah. a new Teen Titans number one that is coming out soon. Um, Sinestro by Colin Bunn, they're only like on issue three. You could probably find those on the shelves pretty easily. Um, a lot of things DC you can jump in on now, so. Yeah. Uh, but Image, yeah, man, Image, they got a new number one coming out like every other month, dude. Yeah, and their their, their first volume trades are always really cheap, too. Yeah, yeah, they're usually half price. Yeah, so even if it's not a number one, you can usually get caught up pretty fairly cheap with Image. Yeah, I would recommend uh, with Image, uh, some of the books that I'm reading, uh, like I mentioned last week, Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron. Yeah. Um, I would recommend um, uh, Deadly Class by Rick Remender. Yeah. I'd also recommend Black Science by Rick Remender. I wish I was reading Black Science. Fantastic. I'm going to be first trade on that. Um, the Saga image? Yes. Saga's image. Um, yeah, you can get those trades pretty easily. I think the first issue you can get on Comixology for free. Yeah, almost all the image first issues you can get on Comixology for free. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a lot of good books out there, man. I, I You know, follow up with us. Let us know, like, what types of books – that you'd be interested in jumping into. I mean, you know, like Dark Horse does some really good horror comics. If you want to read a really good horror miniseries, read Colder. Oh, yeah. Colder is fantastic. Um, really good horror comic book. Um, it's just a miniseries, but it's fantastic. Um, Whispers uh, by uh, Joshua Luna. It's also a very good image horror comic. Um, I'm reading uh, you know, Alex and Ada by uh, the other Luna brother. Um, and, uh, that's a really good science fiction movie that deals, a book that deals with <laughs> like, um, you know, like artificial intelligence and things like that. Kind of reminds me of that movie, Her. Oh, that gotcha. Came out. So, uh, you know, there's so many books out there, man. Uh, get on, get on, yeah, read the previews. Uh, go, just do a search, Google search. This is what I do. Just do like Google search, you know, look for books that are coming out like in September, October, you know, uh, sep- uh September, Comic book solicitations, uh, image 2014 or Marvel 2014. I mean, S- legendary Star Lord just started up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rocket Raccoon just started up. Oh, they're um, doing individuals on those? Doing some solo books on those. Yeah. Right? Magneto by Colin Bunn just started up here a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so there's tons of books that you can jump in on. Let us know what you decide to do, Matt, yeah. too. We'll be interested in knowing. Maybe you'll find something that we're not reading. Yeah. Send me a follow up email. Let me know what you're into. I, I probably I promise I'll get back to you and let you know what types of books that uh, that you should be reading and checking out. 
Um, Finn Dietz, uh, Finn Dietz Creek. He's a listener of ours. He wrote a screenplay for the episode that Jay and I did that I titled Amish Zombies. That's where we talked about the, uh, Amish zombies. We talked about zombie dong. Like, why in the world on Walking Dead have we not seen one fucking naked zombie? <laughs> or I'll, any Amish zombies? I'll, right. t- I'll tell you why for the first one, because it's on D&D. It's on uh, AMC. Or, or whatever's, yeah. <laughs> So. I get, we saw naked nakedness on uh, the strain, unfortunately. Oh my god! Can you? Hey, Dominion, what's up with the all, all the uh, the ass and Dominion? There's a lot of ass. There's a lot of ass. Yeah, in there Dominion. is. Mm. <laughs> a lot of ass. You guys just want some zombie ass? Is that too much to ask? Well, what's her name? Uh, her zombie little dog. harem. Oh, up dog. until they uh, yeah. did whatever with their fingernails, man. They were their asses were all over the place yeah. after they got uh, in trouble. Yeah, a whole lot of whole lot of angel ass mm-hmm. going on in Dominion. <laughs> but uh, Finn Ditz Finn Ditz, Ditz Creek, man, that is a hard name to say. I think you're just coming off of Vin Diesel. It's kind of kind of yeah tripping you up yeah, or McWeenie. <laughs> Drew McQueen. No, dude, I've made so many people listen to that. It's not funny that to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Finn Dietz Creek. He wrote a screenplay for our episode titled Amish Zombie. That's back when we had Jason on the podcast, and he says it's it's called Amish Zombies, Chapter One: Churn Butter Churn. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and read this. Oh no! All right, I don't know. How should I read this? Should I read it like really dramatic? Is there voices and parts? No, it's me. It's oh. Just me reading it. Okay, gotcha. Should I? Should I? I don't know. I don't know if there's no. There's. No, I could do voices. Yeah. Yeah. The sun beat down on my back. As the sweat dripped down my face, I continued to plow the field with the rest of my remaining strength. Countless hours later, I heard my paw, Jebediah, yell to me from the barn. Timothy, get over here. It's time to head into town. We need to get some twine. (laughs) And I need you to carry the crates. As I loaded up the wagon, I looked up to the sky and prayed to the Lord above. Please let something interesting happen around here. I don't care what it is. Just something. Two hours later, as Pa and I pulled up into town, I noticed that something was not right. The town was being overtaken by a swarm of zombies. As we both stared in horror at the massive riding flash, Pa said, Let the Lord be with us! I took the reins of the wagon and roughly evaded the group of zombies. And as we rode back to our content little village, I saw a large group of naked zombies. Billy told me about those. Something about a leftover cast pod. (laughs) I thought to myself as we rode into the butter-like glow of the horizon. The end. That's that's chapter <laughs> that's chapter one of Churn Butter Churn. Churn Butter Churn. And uh, Finn says, "Hope you guys liked it. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and I really appreciate the long episodes." So I have a question: If you guys could choose one video game to make into a movie, what game and why? I am Finn Scatman ninety nine from Twitter. By the way. Expect more emails soon. Oh, and I wrote this at five in the morning while wasting three hours on nonsensical crap. Thanks. So yeah, I could tell he wrote it at five in the morning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing at five in the morning? 
<laughs> but uh, hey, you had a question there. Uh, if you could choose one video game to make into a movie, what game and why? And I'm going to eat a Twinkie as you guys give your answers because I cannot stay away from this Twinkie any longer. You don't have an answer? I have an answer. Yeah, what you got? Can I eat my fucking Twinkie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got, look, I'm like looking at this Twinkie. <laughs> uh, I got an answer, Halo. Oh, gotcha. Absolutely. There's, I, been, there's been talk of that too. I yeah. know, yeah, but they're doing the Halo TV series. I want to see a Halo movie. I actually don't know if that's going to go through now because uh, as of this week, Microsoft closed their TV entertainment division. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to go down or not. I doubt it. I have two that I've always really wanted to see. Um, the first one's Metal Gear. Um, I, I, Solid Snake and Metal Gear to me is just like I, I don't understand why this hasn't hit the cinemas yet. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to see is Kingdom Hearts. Um, I want to see all the Disney stuff and all the Final Fantasy stuff and one big fucking potpourri jamboree on the fucking screen. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be pretty cool. Um, there, I, I've got two that are tied, and I know we're just supposed to go with one, but um. And they're both uh, parts of a series, uh, Mass Effect, which is already supposedly in production, but that's just rumored. And then the other is Uncharted, which is a Sony property, and that is supposedly in production, though they haven't cast Nathan Drake yet. Yeah, you will see an Uncharted so, movie. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm guys. I'm excited. One of the most popular video games of all time, and you cannot dispute this. But I want you. To, I want. I want to know your theories on how they could make this into a movie. All right. Here we go. Tetris the fucking movie. Go. Tetris the fucking movie. There's these giant blocks coming from space. No one knows where they're coming from. <laughs> right. And the only way to make them go to go away is to get them to land in perfect lines. <laughs> 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 wow the, the, Jake yep it's solved Frank I don't even want to hear your fucking answer Jake, yeah Jake solved it right no there no shit man that's, that's it we'll have to get massive wind machines <laughs> to push them in the right gravitons down. fucking magnets you know I read about a you movie. know who's gonna star in that movie who's that Taylor Kitsch because oh, no. the guy can't catch a fucking break he's gonna star in it <laughs> Another <laughs> shitty film. Oh uh, yeah, that'll bomb so hard, right? Um, I just heard um, something that they're going to be talking about at Comic Con next week is a movie that has um, Adam Sandler, which I know this pixels. This already see a pixels. Yeah, I think the plot. Chris Columbus directs it, so maybe yeah. it's not going to be a total Adam Sandler crap fest. Isn't it based on like a uh, like just like a short film? I don't know. I don't know about that. I thought it, it was based on Pixels, a short film. It's Peter Dinklage, Adam Sandler, yeah. and um, oh gosh, Josh Gad, who's the voice of Olaf in Frozen. Gotcha. And they're like the '80s video game experts that are called in to stop the impending doom of space invaders basically coming to get us right that sounds interesting hmm i was thinking for tetris i was thinking it could be like a just like a like a russian construction team yeah (laughs) i was thinking how epic the score would be and they keep trying to build like a house but every time they get like a row of four blocks together they just fucking disappear (laughs) (laughs) god damn it yeah exactly uh, do you remember the tetris score Hey! I used to Tetris is like the best video game ever, though. It's got the best replay of any game. It's one. It doesn't matter like how long it's been. Did you ever play Disney Tetris? 
Oh, yeah. At the arcade? Yeah. Oh, my God. I fucking loved that. They had huge blocks and pieces that you could work with. I like when they had multiplayer Tetris games where if you cleared blocks, it dumped shit on the other people's screen. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. This is kind of a cool thing with Tetris. If you look up uh, Smooth McGroove on YouTube... Uh, he does acapella songs of like video game music and stuff, and he recorded himself doing different parts, singing an acapella, and he got it synced together. It's fucking amazing. That nice. is funny. Yeah. All right. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Guess who we have uh, an email from? Do, do, is that a rhetorical question? No, I want you to answer. Ryan Drust. We do have a Ryan Drust email. <laughs> we absolutely do. Um, Is it Cameron? We also have a Cameron email. But you know what? I'm going to read an email that I just got today that I didn't even get to put into my notes. I'm going to read that now because I feel bad if I don't. So here we go. Where is that damn email? All right. Let's see here. Where are you? All right. Yeah. First time emailer is the subject. And he says, hi, my name is Bud. So when are you guys coming back? So, yeah, we didn't have an episode last week. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I was he like, says, what? People worry, man. People are like, well, oh, I haven't gotten an episode this week. What's going on with these pop culture leftovers, guys? They left us for three months. You know, like, are they coming back? So he says, hi, my name is Bud. So when are you guys coming back? Looking forward to the next episode. I catch every episode, which helps pass the days at work. I am from a small town in Nova Scotia and don't have too many people to speak geek to. Who would actually listen? I just wanted to suggest to you guys a documentary I just saw called uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. That's that was like a limited theater release. Hmm. It's a documentary about the. I think it's about the making of Dune. I remember hearing the about David Lynch this. movie. And yeah, and I I really wanted to see it, but I don't think it was playing anywhere around here. Um, I don't know where you can watch it. He says, excellent Tupperware documentary on what would have been the ultimate take on Frank Herbert's Dune. Uh, thanks for all your suggestions on things to watch and keep up the great banter. So, yeah, thanks a lot, bud. You know, yeah, that, I've heard a lot about this. I've heard, I've actually heard like another podcast that I'd listened to. They were talking about this and they were talking about seeing it and like, yeah, this is something I definitely want to watch. That movie's legendary for having a million different cuts and yeah. versions of it. And, yeah. And which is the right version, which is the wrong version. I wonder if we can see this on, like, Netflix or something. I want to see it. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, get back with us, bud. Let us know if there's any way we yeah, can watch Yeah, how did that. you see it, bud? And let us know what we can do to see this. Because I would love to see it. Um, that would be pretty, pretty fucking awesome. So, yeah, thanks for the email. I'm glad... You know what? That's no, the thing. Nova Scotia too. Nova Scotia. Yeah, we have a listener in Nova Scotia. You know, like the thing. That's the thing. Like, it's cool how like we took a week off. You know what? We didn't actually take a week off because we were here trying to record last week. But yeah, it you know, happened. We were off, and then like, you know, people worry, and then, like it brings these people out of the woodwork. They come out, and they're like, "Hey, I'm. Hey, where's the show? I miss it." Like people that we didn't even know that listened to this fucking mediocre podcast. We should hold out. We're not coming back until we have. 500 emails saying how much you miss us yeah you know what if i if i if we had as many listeners that liked our facebook page as that download our fucking program yeah. we would have well over 2,000 likes on facebook right? yeah, that's crazy so yeah like us on facebook like us uh follow us on twitter you know at pc leftovers yeah you know give us a rating on itunes 
you know, whatever it may be. Give us a one-star rating for yeah. mispronouncing shit. Mispronouncing shit. Yeah, these guys say Star Trek, and that just that just pisses me off. <laughs> Sensitive people. Same people that don't take their kids to go see fucking planes because of peril scenes. <laughs> um, you know, okay, let's see here. Uh, you guys, okay, let's vote on this. Do we want to go with uh, with a Cameron Wilson email or a Ryan Drost email? Both are equally long. Yeah. You know these guys. Yeah. Let's give them their own podcast. No shit. We'll got to be one of the other. Well, Ryan's already got his. Oh, yeah. yeah he's got a hold on, on our action. Dude, I, I really like Ryan's podcast, though. I listen to Star Joe's every time they put out an episode. So, but so yeah, speaking of Ryan Drost, let's read his email. He says, hey, guys. It's your Coruscant ambassador here. Just finished listening to the 40-hour marathon. That was episode 48. Great stuff as always. You know, like people people say that we have long episodes, but then they ask for it. Yeah. yeah. Like we put out an hour and a half episode and people are like, oh, you know, I worked this really, really long-ass job. And could you guys put out like a four or five-hour episode? And so you're going to get an eight-hour episode here. Is it going to be eight hours? Dude, I don't know. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. I think this is the longest one. Anyway, he says, uh, I realized why Jake likes the character who I shall not name again. It became so clear when he said that he didn't like Nathan Fillion and Firefly in combination with not liking Man of Steel. Jake is what the people of the South like to call touched in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) He says, I kid, of course. And Jake has been a good sport with me picking on him. I owe owe him a beer or whatever he wants to drink if I ever have the pleasure of meeting him one day. I will give Jar Jar the same credit you guys did. From a purely technological perspective, he was a huge move in the right direction. I even like the design of his look. It's just when he opens his mouth and shows his intelligence level that I have a problem. In fact, for me, the rest of the Gungans are perfectly fine. Uh, Before I come across too much as a prequel hater, let me clear the air. I actually like the prequels overall. There are some really awesome stuff in them. There are just a few points that I don't care for, and unfortunately, they are big impact factors. One, obviously, was the dumbing down to create a character like Jar Jar because it's believed that's what kids would want. I don't recall this being done in the original trilogy. Even the Ewoks, who had their silly, ridiculous moments, had their exciting, cool moments. Example, chopping, swinging logs to take down an uh, AT-AT. Uh, the other big factors for me were the Nymodians of the Trade Federation, not only could their design and speech be considered racist to a degree to the Asian culture, but they just never came across as a real threat. Uh, they were weak. And, of course, the other big factor was the midichlorians. I don't need the force explained by science and technology. Lastly, I don't think they should have made Anakin a little kid in the first movie. It would have made more sense if he started as a teen. I think we could all kind of agree with that, I at least I do. I think I think it should have mirrored like the original trilogy, and I think people connect better with like an older character, not some cocky, you know, eight year old, nine year old kid. Yeah, I, I like the Anakin as a kid stuff. I, I think it the symmetry between Episode One and Two is nice because of that, because you get to see Anakin as a kid leave his mom, and then he goes all this time without even seeing her and having these dreams, and then coming back. I don't think. 
the stuff in episode two hits as hard without pa- episode one. Parents watching a TV show. Anytime you watch a movie where a really, really young kid is being a cocky kid, I don't think it really connects with audiences that well. Even like the movie Free Willy, when the kid turns out, when he starts out, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. And you don't connect with him that well. It's because this kid doesn't know what's good for him. Of course, he comes around by the end of the film. But, you know, like, people don't connect well with kids that are rebellious. Um, it just doesn't – you don't want to see a rebellious child or a kid with attitude. I think somebody in their seven, you know, like seven, 16, 17, it's kind of expected that they're going to go through that phase. Yeah. Um, so I think it's better to connect with an, an older character. And I think it would have mirrored the original trilogy just a little bit better to see an older Anakin. I don't think that Anakin was rebellious so much. He was a very well-mannered kid. To the that. council. Yeah, to the council. That's but not with his about. mom and his family. No, no, no. He was a sweet little boy at first. Yeah. yeah. But you saw the way that when they, but when somebody put their foot down and said no, I, he was kind of a dick. That's too council. early for that. Well, kind I mean, of they drug him away from his mom to never see her again so he could be told no. So you're going to be a little upset. I don't think that's being a rebellious kid. I think, I think they should have had episode one be with him with being a child, but for him, instead of being cocky about it, pod racing, whatever, I mean, show him having control of the abilities, but for him, it's second nature. And it's just a part of his personality, not him being so over the top arrogant, like I can do this and nobody else can just have it be a part of him. And it'd be amazing that him at that age can do that without any training. You don't know what you want as a kid anyway. Right. I don't think he was ever over the top arrogant either. I don't get that. It was kind of cheesy. His his performance. I mean, yeah, it was wooden cardboard. The the podcasting stuff. He podcasting or no, pod racing. Pod and, racing. That was a Freudian slip. Yeah, he just said, sorry. Bore, we're boring, cheesy, the podcast. No. Oh, you're talking about us, Frank? No. <laughs> the, you know what? I'm going to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> the pod racing scenes. Uh, I mean, he was good and he knew it. Um, I just, I mean, I didn't connect with him at all as a kid, but it, it just, none of it came off as That's being my organic. Point. That's my point. That's my point, Jake. I get you. I, I can't connect to a fucking eight or nine year old kid. Yeah. I want to see somebody a little bit older. You know, I remember what it was like to be, you know, like eight or nine. Yeah. But I, you know, you're not thinking on a deep level at that point. I, I wanted to see just an older character that I could relate to a little bit more. Somebody in their uh, teens, maybe. Yeah, I really liked it. I can connect with the idea of leaving something you're very comfortable with to doing something you're not quite so sure about. Something that I saw at the end of the first one, well, throughout the first prequel that I wish they would have talked about a little bit more, and I don't know if anybody else feels the same, is how Obi-Wan was against bringing Anakin with them. He was against training him. And then the only reason why he went forward with it was to appease Qui-Gon's dying wish. Well, that's a pretty good reason, though. Well, right, but I always got the – I mean, when I, w- when I was watching him before Episode 2 and 3 came out, I kind of wondered if maybe his reluctance – in being wholeheartedly for it might have had something to do with the training, maybe not being so strict or something about how it might have came off, about that might have played a part, why Anakin turned or was so easily able to be manipulated. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan was just being a strickler about rules at that point in his life and agreeing with the council about the age requirements. 
I think he, that's all that was going on there. No, I, I always got that feeling too that Obi Wan was kind of like more always kind of the company man. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Qui Gon was a little bit more. I don't know, man. You know, I think he had a strong connection with the Force, but I think he was kind of like. Little, rebel- little rebellious. Yeah, Qui-Gon was that cool uncle that you went over to and he'd have, let you have a little sip of his beer while your parents weren't there. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? I agree. That's how Qui-Gon was. I agree. All right. Uh, Ryan goes on to say, uh, let's see here. Some of the things that I loved, and there are many, are the lightsaber duels with Darth Maul, Count Dooku, and General Grievous. I actually like the big Clone War battle in the second movie. The duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan was awesome, and most people hate uh, on the uh, pod race, but I actually enjoyed it. Uh, the list for what I like actually exceeds what I didn't like by a mile. On to some clarification of some of the stuff you guys mentioned on the show. The Jedi that Jake said he liked with the respirator was Plo Koon, and he was very—he was a very cool Jedi. Uh, Ki Adi Mundi is the uh, Syrian species, and you can read a lot more of that character at the very start of the Star Wars Republic comic series that went for the 70-plus issues, not all focused on that Jedi, but he does have multiple story arcs centered around him. The Jedi with the big, long neck and the ball-like head at the top was Yeriel Poof, and he is from the Quirmian species. My favorite Jedis outside of the well-known ones would be uh, Ayla Secura uh, and Quinlan Vos. Ayla was appeared uh, only appeared in Revenge of the Sith. She was a blue Twi'lek like Bib Fortuna, Jabba's assistant. She was only shown being killed when Order 66 was given, but she is fleshed out a lot in the comics. Quinlan Voss only appeared as a background character in the Tatooine Marketplace in The Phantom Menace, and if you blinked, you would also miss him. He also was fleshed out a lot in the comics, most of their stories can be found in that same Star Wars Republic comic series that I mentioned earlier. Hmm, that's interesting. I might check out those trades. Yeah. Um, just to give you a heads up, uh, ah- Ahsoka's fate was never revealed in the last episodes of the Clone Wars animated series. It is believed this was left open to maybe have her make an appearance later in the new Rebels animated show coming soon. The Jedi that was killed that looked like her in Revenge of the Sith was a Jedi named Shakti. Same species, but different act, uh, different character. Yes. So I always assumed that it was Asaka. So. Yeah, um, and Shakti, I believe we see her in the um, Tardinovsky animated cartoons that they had before the CG ones for the first time. Okay. So. Good stuff. Last uh, last item to ponder, and this hit me the other night, was when I was watching one of the Star Wars movies. I got so accustomed to seeing the 20th Century Fox fanfare before every Star Wars movie, and it dawned on me that it won't happen for these new movies. I wonder if we'll even see Lucasfilm show up on the screen. It is possible based on what we have seen in Marvel movies, but it will be so odd to not see the 20th Century Fox come up on the screen before a Star Wars movie. Shows what you get used to. By the way, speaking of the beginning of the movies, if they don't have the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, or the story crawl with the Star Wars theme music, these movies will already be a toss-it for me. I don't see that being different, but you just never know. Well, until Frank is eaten by a rancor, take care, guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I agree with uh, Ryan Drost about... um 
God, they have to have the opening crawl. And I've had the exact same thoughts about how are these movies going to start? Are we going to see the Magic Kingdom at the beginning of these movies? I think movies? we are. I think we are. Um, it'd be nice to see if we saw – if we see the Magic Kingdom, I want to see the – I, I want to see Disney, but I want to see a Death Star. Yeah. And, oh, that'd be cool. And I do think – we're going to see Lucasfilm because they did buy Lucasfilm. Right. Yeah. We are going to see Lucasfilm, but we aren't going to see 20th Century Fox. And that music, it's like that music is the intro to the Star Wars music. The dun dun I mean, that's the, that's the beginning of Star Wars to me, oh, not the 20th wow. Century Fox music. You're right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to be crazy. Right. Yeah. So. Wow. And, uh, and that's gone. Does anyone out there know the origin of that music? Is that a John Williams written theme? I don't know. 20th Century Fox theme? The 20th Century Fox theme. Is that written by John Williams? Because, God, he incorporates it perfectly into Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. I don't know. So, boola, boola, boola. All right. Uh, Matt Acton sends us an email. No, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. God, I love these Ryan Drost emails. They're really good. I love it when he, uh, I mean, yeah, he corrects us sometimes, but he also gives us some really good uh, Star Wars knowledge that, that I didn't even know. So it's it's really cool. So thank you, Ryan. You're like a... You're a plethora of Star Wars knowledge. Plethora. We are fucking Padawans, and you are our Jedi master. I'm just too old to learn. That's why I like Jar Jar. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Acton sends us an email. He says, last night I was able to get into the Guardians of the Galaxy 17-minute sneak peek. You guys remember hearing about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had to drive 40 minutes away for 17 minutes, and I wrestled with whether or not it was worth it. My verdict, definitely worth it. Awesome. My expectations for this movie kept going up and up, and I was concerned it wouldn't live up to them. After last night's sneak peek, I am no longer concerned. This is going to be a great movie. I hope you guys were able to see it where you are. They did not have it anywhere near to us. We had to drive to Chicago. In order to see that. Can't do that. I would have done 40 minutes for 17 minutes. Absolutely. But can't do three hours. Um, Mm. James Woods, though, sent me the uh, poster. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So thank you, James Woods. Hope to have you back on the show sometime, buddy. Uh, He says, I I hope you guys were able to see it where you were. If not, it was an expanded scene when they all are in the prison together. It was amazing. Groot and Rocket Raccoon were clearly the standout characters. Star-Lord, Gamora, and Drax were also awesome. The scene had the clip we've seen in the trailers of Rocket cocking the gun and saying, oh yeah. (laughs) In the context of the scene, that moment gave me chills. I cannot wait to see this movie in its entirety. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go on Twitter and get Jake's HBO Go password. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, hit me up, free HBO Go. All right, final, I think, yeah, this is a final email. No, I've got two more. i got uh, Cameron Wilson. So, yeah, uh, should be another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I love picking on Cameron. He's awesome. He says, guys, haven't written in in a while, so it's about time. I'm about halfway through this last week's episode, the 4.5-hour one. I listen on the way to and from work each day and while I'm running after work, so I usually finish around Thursday. So I'm not totally caught up, but I'm enjoying it so far as always. You guys have hooked me, and I'll be trying to catch up on Dominion. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. You got someone. I, I, yeah, I, you know, not someone. I've actually had quite a few people say 
even Ryan Drost himself, I think, said, because of your show, I've been watching Dominion, and I'm so glad that I'm watching it now. And I've gotten that email from quite a few people, and I'm glad that the show's catching on. So that's really good news, and I'm glad that uh, Cameron's interested in the show. He says, related, are you guys caught up on Helix from Sci-Fi? I watched three episodes and fell off and was wondering if it's worth it to catch back up. No, not me. Man, I watched maybe the first five or six episodes. And, like, the big reason that I watched was because of the 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 Asian actor. He starred in, like, uh, Ronin, uh, uh, 47 Ronin, and he was also in, like, The Last Samurai. I think Last Samurai. Yeah. Ken Watanabe? No, not Ken <laughs> Watanabe. Uh, it's, an, it's another gentleman. Um, but uh, th- th- he's the main reason I watched, but... After about – it was an interesting show. It just wasn't as compelling uh, as something that I just had to watch. And and I think I watched five or six episodes and it was pretty good. But I, it's something I didn't stick with. I think it did get renewed though. But it was something that, uh, that I did not watch. Uh, he says, I'm sure you've seen the news that Brandon Routh from Superman Returns is joining the cast of Arrow to play the Adam slash Ray Palmer. What do you guys think of this? You may cover it this week, but as I said, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet. Did you guys see the Walking Dead teaser? Wow. Loaded. I know. Um, yeah, Brandon Routh. I think it's great. I'm a big fan of Brandon Routh. I've, I've, I've never watched anything Brandon Routh's been in that I didn't like love. I liked him as Superman. Um, I just didn't like the movie. Yeah, yeah it but wasn't I, him I liked that him. It wasn't him that failed. And I, I'll be honest with you. I loved Dylan Dog. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that movie. I saw it in the theater, and I love Dylan Dog. Brandon Routh was on a – I think he, he was on a uh, sitcom. He played a gay man, and he was hilarious. I like Brandon Routh. He was just, funny in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, he was good in Scott Pilgrim. I like Brandon Routh, so I'm happy to see that he's going to be on the cast of Arrow, which is like – you know, seriously, that show is just blowing up. I mean, you got John Barrowman. You've got some great people involved in that show. So Brandon Routh, I think it's a great addition. So, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I did not see the Walking Dead teaser. <laughs> I did not either. Yeah, I, I saw it. It didn't go over very much. Um, did, what did you think? They're holding back big time. I mean, the only people that aren't <clears throat> captured in in the uh, in the train car is uh, oh, what's her name? Damn it, Carol. Carol. Yeah, and well, Carol and uh, Tyrese. Yeah, yeah. They're the and, only uh, that one other and and the baby. Yeah. So that that's it. Everybody else is captured, and they they went over. Uh, they they're walking out, you know, in in the woods. I think they're near the train tracks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're probably trying to follow the same trail, you know, to terminus without knowing what it is. And they hide from a large group of walkers, and they talk about how many there are. How long was the clip? Not very long at all. Less than thirty seconds. Huh. So. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I like Walking Dead, but I really don't care about Walking Dead up until about maybe a week before it premieres. Yeah, I'm totally checked <clears throat> out of Walking Dead. It's I don't know. It's going to be hard for me to get back in. I watch it. I watch it, and I still enjoy it for the most part. I do wish that in the uh, final episode of last season that uh, that Rick would have used the line from the comic book and said. You know, you're fucking with the wrong people or whatever. Yeah. You know, What's he say? He said you're like screwing. screwing with the wrong people. AMC can use the F bomb one time. Yeah. In the series, uh, every season. They can drop 
one F-bomb if they want to. And that would have been the time to do it, too, because yeah. in mm-hmm. the comic, his actual quote is, motherfuckers, they're going to feel really stupid when they find out. And then, uh, I think it's Abraham that asks, find out what? And he says that they're fucking with the wrong people. Yeah. And this is, I mean, they, they're kind of heading towards the comic Rick because, uh. They are, finally. Yeah. They're finally, yeah, we saw comic Rick this last, that last episode, which was pretty badass, honestly. Oh, yeah. They pulled a lot. Scott Gimple pulled a lot. Their new showrunner pulled a lot from the actual comic book series. There was a lot of visual stuff from the comic book. And uh, a lot of scenes, even though they use different characters in different scenes, it was straight out of the comic book. And it, yeah. it, was, it was fantastic. Let me get one of them Twinkies. I got to eat one now, too. <laughs> I... they, uh... There you go, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, man. Now, what, are, what do Twinkies and zombies have in common? <laughs> Zombie they never land. die. Oh, Zombie fuck land. yeah. I hate snowballs. It's not the taste, it's a consistency. I love, you know, yeah, who would have thought that fucking sponge cake and fucking cream would have been such an amazing <laughs> dessert? Mm, mm. All uh, right, now walking down. Yeah, so uh, if you've read the comics or something, uh, we're going to not go over this week, but sometime soon here, there's a book series uh, that covers some of the same time period that the last two seasons did, uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, they... They kind of tripped themselves up a little bit at the beginning of this last season with three kind of boring filler episodes where they really didn't do much the first three episodes of the season. And then it, you know, started to move forward from there. Uh, it's, I think that can be attributed to having so many episodes a season. Yeah. It it just got bloated. Yeah. But, uh, 16 episode seasons, a little too long for the show, like the walking dead. They need to cut it back to 13. Yeah. They, uh, they kind of pulled something similar to like days of future past the movie here recently where they didn't really fix anything, but they, they got back on track with the comics, uh, how the, everything at the prison ended. Not everything was the same as it was in the comics, but, you know, that we're finally moving forward a little bit with some story. There's so much content there that they could pick it up a little bit if they're going to insist on having that many episodes a season. I mean, I'm all for character development, but, there, there's a lot of fluff and unnecessary crap going on. Yeah. I just don't understand if there's so much content and why there's so much fluff. Advertising. They got the talking dead that yeah. spawned because of that and another way to milk more money out of it. And people will watch it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We haven't heard much news about it, but they got like the supplemental show. Yeah. Another show that's going to be coming out that's going to be showing a different group going through different things. It's not supposed to cross over with this group, but another. But it will. Yeah. (sighs) Sometimes that can be done well and sometimes it can't. There's a video game series, The Walking Dead from Telltale Games. Uh, not to be confused with the one that, uh, Michael Rooker and, um, Norman Reedus provided their voices for the first-person shooter. Yeah. That Walking Dead survival instinct was terrible. The Telltale Games is great. Those are good, yeah. I mean, they're kind of point-and-click, but it also involves the same same region of people, and there are a few character crossovers, but they're not involved with the story very long, and they don't really have a whole lot of uh, uh, weight to what happens. But new characters, new storylines, similar themes, it's it's great. And I've purposely waited on jumping in on season two. You know what? I want – I want – you know, they got the talking dad. Yeah. I want somebody to start a fucking 
talking pop culture leftovers, talking leftovers. I would listen, I would listen to that <laughs> I would every week. fucking listen to that. Somebody – one of our listeners needs to start. Like Cameron Wilson <laughs> needs to get with like fucking like uh, Gus Hoontite and Andrew Peck and fucking uh, – uh, David Isaac. They, these guys need to, Danny Murphy. These guys need to get together, start a podcast called Talking Left. <laughs> I got a, I got a name where they talk about our shitty episodes. <laughs> I got after the fact. They go, they break down each fucking segment that we do, and then they bitch about us and how fucked up and our opinions are bullshit. I'm going to call the podcast Leftover Army Afterthoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Leftover Army Afterthoughts. Yeah. Whatever. Leftover Army Afterthoughts. Yeah. Part of the PCL network. Yeah. La. <laughs> Are you guys ready for la? Yeah. It's the leftover army afterthoughts. Yeah, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah. Somebody start that shit. So, yeah, I'm going to finish with Cameron. He says, okay, last but definitely not least. I could totally cut you off, Frank. I feel like a dick. Nah, I don't care. Nobody's probably interested in what I was saying anyway. He says, okay, last but definitely not least. This is probably more directed towards Jake because I've picked up that you are big into Harry Potter. I am as well. I have read the entire series about eight times, own all the movies, etc. Thoughts on the series, question mark. Favorite book, question mark. Movie, question mark. Character, question mark. Do you consider the sixth book, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, to be the finale? Or do you consider the last book of the Harry oh, Potter fuck. and the Deathly <laughs> to be the finale? You son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and, and thoughts on the Rita Skeeter article released this week detailing the older Harry, Hermione, and Ron with their families at the World Cup. Would you want to see more books in the series or are you happy with what we have? All right. First question. God, there's so many questions there. There's time. Let's talk about this. Thoughts on the series and your favorite book, movie, and character. Mm. Now, when you say the series, you mean the novels, not the movies, the novel series, right? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, that's, he's talking about before that. He said, you know, uh, I read the entire series about eight times, own all the movies, thoughts on the series. Just, I, I guess, thought, yeah, thoughts on uh, Harry Potter in general. Yeah, I mean, I love Harry Potter. Huge fan. Um, I got in on it when there was three books, and so from book four, five, six, and seven, I was at the the midnight thing. See, I started reading after I started reading after there were four books, so I started reading uh, with with book five, six, seven, and then eight. Order of the Phoenix. That's or, where I got in on it too. This is five, six, and seven, and yeah. then they made another book. So yeah, there was a seven books, eight movies because yeah. they made that last That's book right. into two That's movies. Right. Yeah. Um, my favorite book is the third one, um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. I really think that's the one that really turned it up another notch. Um, the mystery was really solid in that one with the, um, oh, the worm tail reveal. Yeah. Um, that was the one where it got really adult for the first time with, uh, Sirius oh, Black oh, being yeah, a mass yeah, murderer. Yeah. I, yeah. I, when they introduced Sirius Black, I loved that character. It, exactly. And I, that's the first one where it really hit me. Oh, no wonder everyone is reading this series and enjoying it. Yeah. That was the one. I mean, the first two were good, and I like them. And, and in retrospect, I love them. But I remember reading them for the first time and just thinking they were fun reads. And then the third ones were the mythology just really just fall in love with it. Yeah. The third book is really where it felt like they all the rest that followed were connected. The first two were almost kind of felt like standalone kind of things mm -hmm. where he encountered the big bad and then got rid of it and then just moved on. But everything from book three on is connected. It yeah. felt like, you know, like uh, each book got longer for the most part oh, yeah, you know and uh 
it felt like the longer the books got, the more things that they had to leave out yeah. of the film. So the books, in my opinion, are way better than the movies because it's like I still liked hearing about, you know, like uh, uh, what is it uh, – um, what is it, Headless Nick or whatever? Yeah, Nearly Headless Nick. Nearly Headless Nick. You know, I loved hearing about that character, and you really only got to see him, like, in the first movie, two movies, and then after that, he was gone. At least you even got to see him. I mean, there was Peeves, the other ghost, that right. they never even yeah, show. Yeah, true. You never got to see Peeves. So, you know, you know, I love the books because it fills in all the gaps that the movies couldn't do because, I mean, you know, like, you got up to, like, uh, the, what was it, like, the fifth book, and you're looking at 700, 800 pages, and they couldn't, they couldn't do it, like, in Azkaban, which was, like, 300-something pages. Ages, maybe yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that um i like the books more than the movies but i i think the movies did a pretty good job oh i'm not i'm not yeah. disputing that but there was like you know being like a big fan of like uh the books themselves like all the things that they did leave out i started to miss those because like i i really liked uh you know all the stuff that rowling put into those books and 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 because the books got longer and longer and longer which i had no problem with yeah there were things that had to be sacrificed in the films yeah, for sure. And it was nice that they did the whole uh, two-movie for the last book thing so they could be a little bit more faithful and yeah. get a little bit more time to the yeah. end of it. Yeah. There was a lot. I think uh, the Half-Blood Prince is probably what cut out most of the important little tidbits that you probably wouldn't have got you know, if uh, if you hadn't read the books. Yeah. There's lots of things that they, they skipped out on and readers got to miss out. Jake, who's your favorite character? Oh, my favorite character, Snape. Professor Snape. Professor Snape is my favorite. He was the most fun for the whole series, deciding whether or not he was going to be a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. Whether he was a double agent or a double double agent. Yeah, that was the most intriguing. And then, like, every book, it was like, is he going to, you know, he was always like the potions guy. Yeah, yeah. And what class did he want to actually take? Defense on? Against the Dark Arts. Yeah, yeah. So I, I th always thought that was fun. And th he was the perfect actor for it. Like, as I was reading the books, like, it was his, it was his face. Yeah. That I did see when I was reading the books. Oh, yeah. Of the three, of the main three, I would say uh, Hermione is my favorite. If if I'm going to pick between just Ron, Harry, and her. Right. I would say she's my favorite. The know-it-all, you know. Yeah. She was the most fun of the three for me. Um, let's see here. What else does he have to ask? Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm not going to go over the finale. Uh, <laughs> What's about the other oh, finale? Yeah. yeah, he said. Anto I liked Deathly Hallows Part Two as a finale better than Deathly Hallows Part One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He says. And thoughts on the Rita Skeeter article released this week, detailing yeah. the older Harry, Hermione, and Ron with their families at the World Cup. Yeah, the Rita Skeeter thing was really neat. Um, I've been reading a lot of buzz that this year is the um, seventh anniversary of Deathly Hallows, the last book in the series, mm -hmm. and that's this month. And if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know there's a much to do around the uh, number seven. It's a very magical number. And I've heard a lot of people thinking that J.K. Rowling may make a big announcement coming up here real soon about um, some more Harry Potter stuff. That follows with this next question. Would you want to see more books in this series? Are you happy with what we have? I... I, I go both ways. If she has more stories to tell. If she has more stories to tell, I'm reading them. Yeah. And I'm showing back up at midnight for them. Yeah. And, and I'm excited for them. Until I read one that's a total crap fest, I'm good to go. If she never does another one again, I'm fine with that too. 
would something along the lines like a, a prequel of sorts dealing with the First Order of the Phoenix be well, appealing to we're you? we're getting a prequel in the form of um, a trilogy of movies that J.K. Rowling herself is writing. Yeah, that's true. Oh, fuck. I didn't even know about that. So, yeah. Um, the Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them movies. Yeah. Which is all going to take place before Harry Potter 1 and follow, um, oh, Jesus, Newt Scamander or some Newt cr- Scamander. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to learn all about him and everything and how he uh, discovered all these creatures and found out all about them. It's going to take place it in the It was 20s. like a supplemental book that came out. Well, it, it's not that it was a supplemental book. The textbook that he writes was put out as a supplemental yeah. book. Yeah. But not the story. They're not adapting that into sure. the movie. Yeah. Sure. So and that'll be interesting. Um, if there's more Harry Potter books, I'm, I'd like to know about Harry Potter's kids. I'm fine starting right where they left us off after they jumped forward at the end of the seventh book. Right. He says, uh, P.S. Jake, maybe this is kind of fan fiction, but at the end of the sixth book, spoiler alert, when Dumbledore dies before the seventh book was out, I had this crazy hunch that the potion that Dumbledore drank in the cave in order to get the Horcrux uh, locket out of the basin was a Horcrux itself. Was a Horcrux itself. itself. Jeez. Explaining why Dumbledore seemed to be in so much agony while he was drinking it. He was ingesting a piece of a truly evil soul. Considering that Voldemort would only consider the person who could find his Horcrux to be the one who would attempt to bring him down and somewhat equal footing intellectually. This would basically make that person a Horcrux as well and that person would have to die in order for Voldemort to ultimately be defeated. I had this notion that Dumbledore knew this and wouldn't let Harry drink it. And this gave more weight to the end when he said, please, to Snape, and that Snape killed him on the floor, on the tower. I don't know. Seems like that would have been pretty interesting. Now, not that I would change the way it played out in the end. This is just one of those things I thought long and hard about. Would have been pretty cool, I think, especially considering in the seventh book, a lot of guesswork was put into what the last couple of Horcruxes could be. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I thought in between book six and seven, it was hard not to think about that scene a lot. Um, I I don't think it was a Horcrux, the liquid. I just think it was some dastardly liquid that Voldemort put in there. Um, to go back to the number seven stuff, um, a big importance was put on the fact that Voldemort split his soul into seven pieces and yeah. seven Horcruxes. Yeah. So there's not going to be any more or less than the seven because that would take away from the power. I think the way he wrote that, though, was after the sixth one came out, before the seventh one came out, when they explained it all, that that's what he was theorizing. Oh, yeah. I agree. And he said that he realized that it wouldn't have gone that way. I thought about that, that maybe it was a Horcrux. I think I think we were all pretty smart, and we all kind of knew that Harry Potter was going to be the seventh Horcrux. Yeah. Right? We were all on that page. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Really? No, I didn't get that. I was more interested at that point in trying to figure <laughs> I, out who RAB was. I got it. Yeah. I was a big I was big under the internet when um Harry Potter was in it's like when it was just thriving. Like I was listening to like Mugglecast every week and shit and on the forums and shit. I was a big Harry Potter freak. I just want to say PS Cameron, that was the longest PS in fucking history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like PSs are usually like a one sentence thing. Cameron's got a whole fucking other paragraph and shit. <laughs> That's what PS stands for. Paragraph and shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Cameron. I keep sending those emails. We love them. Yeah, I love it. I love um, it, Cameron. I, I can't wait till those Harry Potter movies come out so we get to talk a shit ton of Harry Potter. Last email comes from Sean LaHosett. I wanted to read this. I like this one. He says, hey, guys. So I fall victim to uh, what I – so I – yeah, so I fall victim to what I considered a public geek shaming this past weekend and wanted to share my story. I was hoping maybe you guys would be willing to share any stories of when you found yourselves in similar situations. I feel this type of thing happens less often now that so many geek properties are part of mainstream entertainment. But every now and then, you run into a person who tries to make you feel embarrassed for being a fan of one thing or another. My wife and I are in a volleyball league with a few good friends due to needing more players. Some of our friends invited their co-workers to join us. These ended up being two girls who are practical strangers to the rest of us. Following our game, we went to a hookah bar to hang out, and everyone started talking about movies and television. The new girls got onto the topic of the HBO show Girls when one blurted out that one of the actors, Adam Driver, was going to be in the new Star Trek movie. <laughs> she said this with a tone oh. expecting everyone to be impressed at her scoop. As a hardcore Star Wars fan, I corrected her saying, actually, he's cast in Star Wars, not Star Trek. The girl then rolled her eyes and said, what's the difference? They're the oh. same thing. I didn't geek rage or anything, but calmly replied that the two franchises are actually very different, and that the only thing they really have in common is they involve space. <laughs> she snapped back at me that they're both science fiction, to which I countered and said, technically, while Star Trek could be considered more science fiction, when Star Wars is really much more of a fantasy genre. Before I could elaborate on what I meant by this statement, she sticks her hand in my face and proclaims, you're not going to convince me to like either of them, so just give up. I was actually kind of speechless after that, because she totally lost me. I was answering her initial question on what the difference between the two were. By the way, her tone sounded genuine when she asked that, not like she was being rhetorical. In no way could I see my words being seen as trying to recruit her, and I felt embarrassed by trying to paint me. I felt embarrassed by her trying to paint me as some guy trying to pathetically convince her to watch the properties. It sounds like she just got butt hurt and her pride got wounded a bit. Yeah, I don't think you should be the one that that should be embarrassed. Hell no. Um, especially if, if you're describing her and her friend as two people that don't really know the other people that much anyway. I mean, these things aren't really like under the radar, you know. I mean, you should be able to know that Star Trek and Star Wars are different. I mean, what kind of fucking rock are you living under if you don't get that? Yeah. It sounds like you were talking to like Kim and Khloe Kardashian. And Something know, the like fuck that. They're talking about maybe you know maybe they could school you in the uh, the uh, the housewives of Orange County or the housewives <laughs> or whatever. Right. But they they don't know shit about fucking Star Trek and they don't know shit about Star Wars. You had every right to say what you said. Absolutely. And it's not like you were trying to recruit anybody. I totally agree with you. But, but you know there is a huge difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. But trying to convince these ignorant bitches about it, that's, you know, fuck that. Fuck them. You're just trying to have a conversation, trying to educate somebody on something. Because, yeah, Star Trek is more science-based. Star Wars is more of a fantasy adventure. 
And you know, there's two different properties, two different properties. And you know what? She just sounds like seriously. It's like talking to fucking these bitches sound like you're trying to talk to like Hillary Duff or fucking Lindsay Lohan. So they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Fuck these bitches. Sean, you were just trying to start a conversation and talk about something that you enjoy and that you love. That she brought up in the first place. That she brought up. And she was fucking wrong. Adam Driver's not in Star Trek. He's in Star Wars, you dumb bitch. I wouldn't have been able to bite my tongue either. No, me either. And that's not even geeky to say that, well, you know, there is a difference. I mean, that's like saying Ford and Chevy are the same thing because they both make cars or Coke and Pepsi are the same because they both make soda. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's dumb. Dumb, the dumb, dumb, (laughs) dumb. Yeah. So, you know, hey, have you guys ever been public shamed for this fucking, you know, for like uh, talking about geek shit? No. I, not, I'm sure I have, but no incident that I can think of. I can't. I was at the gym one time and I was talking about, oh, like, you know, Transformers movie hadn't come out yet and I was looking forward to it. And I was talking about Transformers and I was just like, man, I can't wait to see the Transformers movies. And these guys at the fucking gym had something to say about Transformers. Oh, the Transformers is stupid, blah, 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 blah. And they were more, looking more forward to the G.I. Joe movie. Oh, wow. oh geez. So, yeah. I brought up one time that I was um, a big Simpsons fan to a group of people. And I got a response from a couple of the guys. We don't watch any cartoons. Cartoons are only for kids. And we don't, you know, that's not even real television and blah, blah, blah. That's and it's part like, of the reason why I don't like people. I usually surround myself only by people I'm comfortable with. Yeah, but I that, wasn't ashamed. Well, right. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's been a couple of times where, and I know for a fact, actually, uh, a couple of years ago before I met my wife, I was at uh, a bar, a local bar, talking uh, with a cousin of mine and the girl that forced herself to come out with us so she could hang out with me uh she was sitting there doing something similar rolling her eyes telling us that we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about and i told her go fuck herself and we got up and left yeah i mean those people they're just not worth your time no no need to be embarrassed you you were not in the wrong at all no i mean he could have sparked a really cool conversation where people could have started talking about star wars star trek and this girl kind of shut him out if she didn't want to fucking talk about it, she shouldn't have brought it up. Right. Yeah. Too bad that you got corrected for being ignorant and not knowing that he was in the, you know, the, the, and you know what? That's fine. She screwed up. She said Star Trek, whatever, you know, but he was just trying to make a point that no, he's in Star Wars. Yeah. It's what's, really an innocent. What's the difference? They're both in space. It's an innocent mistake that she made and she, you know, she's not yeah, really but a she bitch until to, her comment. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, deep down, she's got to know the fucking difference, whether she wants to admit it or not. She's got to. I mean, well, really? Do you think there's somebody that Sean, doesn't? It's not like Sean tried to make her feel stupid or embarrass her, like you know. But she, after that, like she got all butt hurt and fucking tried to make him feel like he was the right. Idiot. Yeah, they're both science fiction. Yeah, and they're both in space. Yeah, they both have star in the title. They're the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh. Is Dancing with the Stars the same thing as Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, it is because uh, they both deal with stars, right? Yeah. Dancing so with Wolves is the same as that too. And Star oh. Search is the same thing as the Hubble Telescope, right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm with it. Yeah. One searches out stars in the galaxy and the other one's looking for stars right here on our planet for talented people. They both deal with stars, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. If it has the same name, it's the same thing. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Too many people anymore try try to defend bullshit. I uh 
I hate that. I mean, the internet's accessible to everyone. If someone proves you wrong, just admit it. Suck it up. Well, it's not like he was trying to prove it wrong. He was just saying, like, well, yeah. like, you know, oh, no, no, he's in the Star Wars movie. And then maybe spark a cool conversation about, you know, like, Adam Driver. You know, yeah, like, him being in Girls. Maybe they could have talked about, you know, the uh, Inside Llewellyn, Llewyn Davis movie that he was in recently. And, and then talked about, you know, Star Wars and stuff like that. Right. But, no, she had to put his – she put her hand in his face and said, you're not going to convince me to like either of them so just give up yeah. right there she wow. pretty well just admitted what she was she just was dropping a piece of info she thought she came across that people would like she didn't know anything about the subject matter <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, so. or at least didn't want to admit that she fucked up when he pointed it out and I know he didn't do it on purpose but still man I hate that some people some and people. next time if you ever see this uh, chick again Sean she starts giving you shit I'll give you my number. Like fuck, put out her Twitter handle if you got it and give public shaming. Yeah, we'll 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 me, Frank and uh Jake will be on speakerphone and we'll we'll have it out with her. Oh shit, um, by the time I love the Twitter handle idea. Find out her Twitter handle and let us know her Twitter handle. I'll tweet her personally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Throw a hashtag on there. Yeah. Or like it may not be as funny for her, but like her phone number and she could get random texts from everybody. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll get start getting uh links to what the difference is between Star Wars and Star Trek. Yep. Uh, you guys, uh it's been a long episode. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, it's gonna be Friday when he finishes that episode this week. Yeah, so um just like uh all good uh leftovers say on their doggy bag. Thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, for sure. And the week after, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We do anything with Lucy? Huh? We do anything with Lucy? That's the 25th, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it. We'll probably uh, review it really quickly, but uh, it's not going. I don't think it's going to be an entire episode. I think San Diego Comic Con is going to take precedent. Right. right. Yeah. Well, good pop, bad pop, and that'll be Lucy Hercules. If anyone saw it, I'll see both of them. And so. then we'll news, and that'll just be a huge San Diego chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, real quick, I saw James Gandolfini's last film. I think it was his last film. Yeah. Enough said with uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. Was that good? Give it a taste, it man. It's a good movie. Definitely taste check that it out. Shit. So yeah. All right. Hey, we'll see you guys next week, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, we're not going to be in Hall H, but you know what? Uh, that's fine because we're going to be following on the internet and we're going to be uh, going over everything, all the big news that's released at Hall H. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to this mediocre piece of shit podcast. Yeah, narf. Later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. 
Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Couldn't toss it, couldn't taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers Understand why you can't just disconnect us? Because my job is to, ha- is to have a conversation with you about having about this. I mean, keeping your service, about finding out why it is that you're looking to cancel the service. I don't understand. Is this, is this if, if for you don't want to like? To me, you can definitely go into the Comcast store and disconnect your service there. Okay. We, we are just the, asking for you to. Birds, I mean, kill two birds with one stone. You got to return that cable card to the store anyways. We're actually going to just mail okay. the cable card in, but if you can just please cancel our service, that would be great. That's okay. all. We that is all we want. We're actually not able to return a cable card by mail. Then I will send and someone like a task rabbit to go return the cable card for us. I don't personally intend to go okay. return the cable card. That's why we're probably not going to be canceling in store. So that's why I need you to cancel by phone. So can you cancel okay. us by phone? Oh. But the answer is yes, correct? I mean, it sounds like you don't want to go over this information with me. I mean, if you're not wanting to go over that information, okay, then that's the easiest way to get your, your account disconnected. Uh, I, I am declining to state why we are leaving Comcast because I don't owe you an explanation. So if you can please well, just go to, one, proceed to the next question. If you have to fill out your form, that's fine. Please proceed to the next question, and we'll attempt to answer that if possible. Okay. So, I mean, being that we are the number one provider 
banned TV service in the entire country. Why is it that you're not wanting to have the number one rated internet service, number one rated TV service available? I'm declining to state we're switching providers. Can you please go to the next question? Okay. So, so what is it about a scound that's making you want to change to them? I'm declining to state. Can you please go to the next question so we can cancel our service? This phone call is a really, actually, amazing representative example of why I don't want to stay with Comcast. So, can you please cancel okay. our service? So, so from, from, okay, but I'm trying to help you. Okay, okay. You can, the way that you can help me right now. The way that you can help me is by disconnecting our service. That's how you but can how help me. How is that helping you, though? Because that's what I want. That's what I want. Okay, so why is that what you want? Because that's what I want. Because that's what we want. Okay. I mean, you've been with us since, I don't know, 2005. Nine years, you've been a Comcast customer. Okay. After a decade, okay, clearly the service was working great for you. You weren't having any problems. So now all of a sudden you're moving. Okay. You've kept this service in multiple addresses. All of a sudden you're moving and something's making you want to change. What is it that's making you want to change that? Because that's what we want to do. Okay. Why is that what you want to do? That's none of your business. Your business is to as, disconnect us. As, as a company that is that is a cable and internet provider, primarily, okay, that is our business, to know why our customers are leaving. Okay? If we don't know why our customers are leaving, how are we supposed to make it a better experience for you next time? Okay? When a sound turns out to have... That's a fantastic question and something that you can hire a firm to go figure out. For right now, I'm just a customer calling in, attempting to disconnect service. That is something that you okay. can do, right? You okay. said that you can disconnect service. Yes? Okay. Yes? Well, I mean, I just don't want to you the customer. Is I, that something I, I you can do? greatly from transferring your service to your new address. You is that something you can do? Offers. Can you okay. disconnect us by phone? So, can you disconnect our service? But, yes or no? Okay. So, okay. What I'm trying to find out is why yes don't you or no, can you disconnect our service? Faster than anyone can provide you. Why don't you want those services? Because I'm not interested in your services any longer. Can okay, you? So you're not interested in the fastest internet in the country? Nope, not interested. Okay, why is that? Can you disconnect us by phone? Can you, are you capable in your system of disconnecting our service? Yes or no? Well, I'm just trying to get some information to find please, out why please it is answer, that we're Please answer my question. Are you capable by phone of disconnect, con- disconnecting okay, our service? It's something we can do. I mean... Okay. Rarely do we do it. That's something okay. you can do. I would appreciate so, you now doing that. Okay. So, but, Please proceed in disconnecting our service. So, so but what is it about this other internet provider, this other TV provider, that's, that's making it sound so much better than the number one TV service available? I don't know. It's totally arbitrary decision. Okay. So, so why not keep what you know works? What because... You know is a good because we're not doing okay. that. So please proceed okay, so, and disconnect so you don't want a good service? You don't want something that works? No, I don't. I guess I don't want okay. something that works. So, so, so why don't you want something that's, that's a good service and something that works? I, I mean, is this like a joke? Do we, do we like call, do we like call, is this like, are you punking us right now? I, I'm, I'm trying to get information, okay? I'm trying 
trying to help our company be better. That's my job. Okay. I, I can guarantee you right now you are doing you an, an incredibly good job at helping your company be worse. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I'm terribly sorry that, that, that it feels like I'm... I'm I mean, it, it sounds to you like, like it feels like I'm trying to argue. I'm just trying to help you out get some information. We'll just bypass all this information. I'll go ahead and disconnect this service. Okay. Fantastic. I mean, it's Thank really you. a shame to see you go to something that can't give you what we can. Okay. Well, I if mean, that winds that, up being the case, trying, then we will call I'm, you guys back up and we'll reconnect. I mean, you're not going to get the 100,000 free on-demand titles. You're not going to get 105 megabits per second for your internet. Guaranteed speed at 105. Okay. I mean, no one else can guarantee their speed like we can, okay? So, I mean, we can definitely transfer this over to your new address and get you a lower rate. I could save you almost 100 actually more than $100 per month. I could save you more than $100 per month, okay, doing that transfer, okay? Get you internet that's five, six times faster than anything any other company can provide you. Are you, are you done? Okay, get you the number one TV service available, okay? And, I mean, so... I mean, what about those savings, those services? Are you not wanting? Are you, are you done? Because you don't want that service. You, you literally just a moment ago said that you would go ahead and disconnect our service, and that's okay. what we're going to need to do. So can you go okay. ahead and so do I'm, that? I'm, I'm working on that process. Okay. Great. Okay. How much so longer is that process going to take? I'm asking some questions. How, can you tell me how much longer? I'm doing. Can you tell me how much okay. longer it's going to take? I, I understand. Can, okay. can you tell me how much longer? Can you tell me how much longer? Okay. Okay. A couple more minutes here. Okay. Just, okay. Well, a couple well, more minutes. Thank you. Okay. So, I mean, so what about the service? I mean, is it that, that's causing you to want to change? What about, I, I'm, what about I'm, the I'm, offers that we have available to you? I'm good. I'm just going to wait until you can confirm that we've canceled service. So I'm just going to hang okay, out here. Well, you're all set. You know what? It's disconnected. I'm, I'm really sorry to see you go to something that can't give you what we can. But I'd like to thank you very much for being a great part of Comcast. Have a wonderful day. Uh, can you give me a confirmation number for the cancellation I, of service? I don't have a confirmation number. Well, how do I how do I have confirmation okay. that we've got well, you'll service receive canceled? A final statement in about three weeks. A final statement in three weeks. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. But again, I want to thank you very much for being a great part of Comcast. Have a wonderful day. Um, and just so I can confirm, you said that uh, your name is correct. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, you're very welcome. Have a great day. You too.